don't don't worry about me. Don't you guys worry. We got more. We got more stuff where that came from. But um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is a little bit funny, but also a little bit mean. Like, <laughs> I don't want to leak everything because, like, what what will be what will be left over for surprises. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe me and Jeff can agree to an armist, uh, a leaking armistice or something. <laughs> um, oh, but, but yeah, there's, uh, there's tons of stuff going on at Xbox and I suppose because like, that's such a big company, it's, maybe it's a little bit hard to keep things, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, keep a lid on things sometimes? I don't know. But, We'll see. We'll you, see. Do, you know what you need to get? You need to get the, the, the Bethesda info. That's <sighs> the thing that's missing. You got all this information about Xbox Game Studios and Xbox Global Publishing. You can paint a picture of basically everything they're doing. But we're blinded. We don't know Bethesda, Jazz. You need to get that Yeah, mm, Yeah, true. I, I don't have much about Bethesda, admittedly. Um, but, you know, it, that's, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, I've got so much stuff in sort of like... In the, I don't know what you call it, in the arsenal with regards to leaks about Xbox, but I know next to nothing about Zenimax. So just think of all the stuff we know about that's coming on the Xbox side, whether it's Project Dragon or Indus or Cobalt or whatever, and then just think about how much stuff Bethesda's got in, in the works. Because a lot of those companies are multi-studio companies as well, right? So they've got to have, like, multiple projects clocking off at the same time. So yeah. I don't know. It's a cool time to be an Xbox fan. It is. Uh, Jacqueline says, hey, good evening, gents. Rand, how about a quick rundown on your recent reads? Also, have you tried your Amber Combi yet? I have not tried your Amber Combi, but I am probably going to buy the first Law Trilogy, I believe, is, is his book series. So, uh, really quickly, I finished The Wheel of Time. I'm waiting for the 19th oh. for the show to actually begin. I also bought uh, all the books in the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Haven't read them yet. I did read uh, the first Mistborn trilogy, which I really liked, and I'm currently reading through right now um, uh, the uh, Fitz uh, Robin Hobbs um, Elderlings uh, saga uh, with uh, Fitz Farseer. Um, was a uh, book I a series I'd read previously, but I didn't finish. So that's basically yeah. where I'm at with my my reading now. But uh, yeah, loving it because I usually will play and then I'll I'll read for a little bit. So Flame says, "Hey Jez, I hope you feel better soon. Who will run the Xbox Two without you?" But anyways, have a great show, fellas. Gonna vroom vroom in Mexico now. Yeah, that's right. If you were to step away from Xbox Two, I don't even know if I could still do the show anymore. It would have to just end. You okay. know what I mean? I, I would never. I will never. I'll do the show till I'm dead in the ground. Mm. And, like, can you imagine if we're, like, you know, like 60, 70, 80 years old doing this? Well, I suppose that's not too far away for you, but, yeah. you know, it's it's fun to think about for me. Yeah. Because I'm so young and sprightly, you know? And thank you to <laughs> CR Wimpy for the $20 Super Chat, but with no message. Um, yeah, we appreciate everyone being here. On Friday, it's it's good to be here on a Friday. Uh, Robert says, thank you for the great discount with your sponsor. My junk looks so good, I can't call it junk anymore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ashes Ash says, hoping for a quick recovery, Jazz, as we need you around for the long haul. Looking forward to another great show, as there's a ton happening right now. There definitely is a ton happening. Um, and we got one in from Adam who says, hey, guys, is it a year that Microsoft gets a couple of Game of the Year contenders for the Game Awards? Also, do you think Forza is a chance to be in the game of the year? 
So that was the topic I kind of had, but we can talk about it now, Jez, because we were talking about it pre-show, um, sure. where we were talking, and I guess we'll just say, like, so the reviews are out for Forza Horizon. I'm sure everybody here knows, right? They're out. And it's the highest-rated AAA game of the year. In fact, I think it might be just the highest-rated game, period, come out this year. It's a 91 on Metacritic. I don't think it'll drop any lower. Maybe it drops to 90. Maybe it goes up to 92, but it's right there. It's higher than pretty much everything. Um, And I told you that I felt, not that I wouldn't put Forza Horizon in my top five games of the year, but when you think about the Keeleys, right, which everybody kind of views as, you know, the video game industry's game awards. Um, trying to think wh- who the media would vote for, I don't think the media would put Forza Horizon 5 up for game of the year. I think it'll be in this category for, like, racing sports, and it'll win that. But mm. I don't think the media would put Forza Horizon 5 as a contender for game of the year. And you had it... You kind of said that was at least bullshit uh, when we were talking, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree with me? Do you think, <sighs> do you, or do you think a little bit differently? I think it's video game journalists are supposed to be professional. They should look past the fact that a game doesn't have a story and think about, like, how does this play? How does it flow? Look at the technical aspects of it, the performance, the graphics, gameplay, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think just... Just because a game doesn't have a, like, just because a game doesn't have, like, a deep, mature story doesn't, doesn't mean it's not deserving of Game of the Year award. I think a lot of, a lot of games journalists, in my opinion, they, they hope and they wish on some level that their profession, being a games media, would be as respected as being a movie journalist, right? Because if, if you're a, if you're a movie reviewer, you get like a TV show, you get like, you get loads of respect, you get to go to the Oscars and stuff like that. If you're, if you're a video game reviewer, you're basically the scum of the earth, right? Mm. You are the bottom rung of journalism. <laughs> if you're a video game reviewer, you are at the bottom of the pile when it comes to journalism. So a lot of them, I think, think like, you know what? I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna rate games that come as close as possible to a Hollywood movie because that's all they can think of in terms of criticism. They look at like what movie criticism is doing and they think, man, I, I think like games should be like this so people will respect my profession more. But I think that is utter bullshit. I think video games are completely different medium to movies. They can make you feel emotional like a movie, but not every game has to serve the same purpose as a movie. And I think Forza is, exemplifies that, and Forza definitely at least deserves to be nominated. Like, it wouldn't be like, I'm not a racing game fan, but like, analytically, just looking at Forza, how can you deny that it's one of the best games that launched this year? You just can't deny it. And thankfully, Metacritic, like, gives us some empirical evidence as such, right? So, that's my take rant. That's my rant, my rant about such things. Hmm. I never got into this profession thinking, I want to be a respected, respected professional, blah, blah, blah. I just love video games at the end of the day. I don't give, I don't give a crap about, you know, being video game journalism, being respected or whatever. Obviously, like, I want to be a good journalist and I want to, and that kind of stuff. But I don't care about, you know, feeling, feeling like my profession is on the same level as other types of journalism. It's not. I'm not, I'm not going into a war zone. 
with a, with a flak jacket on and risking my life to bring people news, important news. I'm not breaking, you know, political corruption stories and risking my life. I'm literally writing about video games. And I think, like, you know, people need to put the fun back into video games when they come to criticizing it to some degree. If every game has to be dark and serious to have, like, a good review score, I think there's something desperately wrong with the it's way... Not, see, it's not that... I just think reviewers can see that Forza Horizon 5 is an objectively a phenomenal game, which is why you see the reviews that you get. But when they talk about their favorite game of the year or a game that's up for game of the year contender, they overlook it and they'll say to themselves, it's just a racing game. How can a racing game be game of the year when you have something like Psychonauts or Deathloop or Returnal or whatever else, right? Uh, these games that actually have some resemblance of a narrative or a story. So I would love to see Forza Horizon nominated for Game of the Year. Um, I think it's one of the best games of the year, like in my top three. Uh, But I don't think it will be, because when I look at the Game of the Year, if there's six nominees and the media votes for the nominees, I think you're going to see Psychonauts 2 nominated. I think you'll see Deathloop nominated. I think you'll see Metroid Dread nominated. So that's three of the six. And then yeah, I don't, I don't think Metroid Dread deserves to be nominated at all. Well, it's going to be. It's Nintendo, and it's almost as highly rated as Forza. So well, that's again, it's that's that's nostalgic. That's nostalgic. I, I'm I just saying it's going uh, to be nominated. Returnal is going to be nominated. Ratchet and Clank is going to be nominated. So there's your five games plus. Uh, you know, a throw-in indie nomination, whether it's for Death Store or whether it's for It Takes Two or something like that. Those would be your nominations. Um, well, that that's the problem, though. The fact that you can predict that so easily, that is the problem. It's not, it, it's not that you can predict it. It's just that you know that these media outlets vote on it. You can look at what the media outlets voted and how they rated certain games, and then you can be like, well... I, these are the games that I think those media outlets who already rated these games really highly are going to put in their ballots for Game of the Year. I, it's, it's, well, not, I, it's not really that it, like, complicated. Yeah. yeah, I know, but like, uh, it's just it's just funny. Like the the, the um, I don't know what you call it, the delta, the difference between what you know will get a high rating with the media is, and what actually constitutes a good video game. There's like there's like a gap there, you know, um, and how do you solve that gap? Like even game publishers know it too. They like they they make a game they want to make that they think is fun, but they know the media is not going to rate it highly because it doesn't hit those key those key things that the media like, which is dark narrative, whatever you know, movie style, cinematic Hollywood, blah blah blah. Because they only think in terms of Hollywood, you know, they're chasing that that sort of framework for criticism of a game. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair. But that's enough about that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, IR Reverend Gunn says, got my first OLED LG C1 absolutely blown away. Finally able to leverage all the power of my Series X. PS, love the show. Thank you for the support. Enjoy that LG uh, C1. I did see that those are on sale right now at Amazon. They're selling the 48-inch LG C1 for $1,000. 
That's a lot of dollars. It is, but it's also pretty damn cheap. I believe, like, uh, the 65-inch is going for, like, 1800 which is such an amazing price. And the 77-inch is going for, like, 2700 which is ridiculous considering I paid, like, 2400 for a 65-inch last year. How much? 2400 I think it was. Yeah, no, I've, I've never paid more than... 700 pounds for a TV, but I, I've paid like over 1500 for a phone, so maybe my priorities are wrong. Yeah, yeah your priorities <laughs> are definitely all wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> you should definitely. No, so if anybody's on the market for the holiday for new TV, you should probably go to Amazon and check it out. I was even considering buying the 48 for uh, to use as a new computer monitor because. You know, I haven't really upgraded uh, my computer setup, but I was like, hey, you know, I could use this 48-inch one as a computer monitor, but I don't know about that. Uh, AXN says, it's very difficult for me to catch you live, but uh, so this time I wanted to say thank you for all the hours of entertainment. Cheers from Italy. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Italy, huh? That's that's pretty damn amazing. Does the – straight Duval asked, does the 48-inch have 120 – uh, support. It does have 120 support. Uh, it's HDMI 2.1, I believe. So I think all the information is there on the Amazon page. But if you're in the uh, market for a new TV, you might want to go check that out. Um, so, yeah. So, Jez, um, what, do you, what have you been playing, man? What have you been playing? I've been playing quite a lot this week um, because I've been ill. Some days I've been in so much pain that I haven't been able to work. So I've been sort of like, I've been sort of like just, playing games and lying in bed feeling sorry for myself, <laughs> basically. So um, I've been playing Metroid Dread. Um, you know, we you mentioned that it's probably going to be nominated for Game of the Year. I really love the game, but I'm, I can't help but think, like, how much of this is nostalgia. Like, it doesn't feel like a significant step up for me from the games like Shadow Complex. You know, it doesn't really do anything vastly different for the Metroidvania formula. And also, Ran... I find it to be quite linear. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sort of, it takes you exactly where you need to go with that teleport system. And I, I, I kind of don't want that from Metroidvania. I want to backtrack and stuff. I want to go back to areas. I want to have to go back through areas I've been through to get secrets and stuff. Because the game's constantly letting me just teleport to where I need to go. That kind of undermines the point of a Metroidvania for me. Um, but, that being said... I haven't played a Metroid game since Super Metroid, and I have a lot of love for that franchise because um, I played Super Metroid when I was in hospital, when I was a little kid, and I had uh, uh, sepsis. And um, I was in hospital for weeks, and all I did was play Super Metroid and Star Fox and Mario and stuff in hospital. So I've got a lot of love for that franchise, but I don't think it does anything spectacularly new for the genre, but whatever. Um also, I've been playing. I've been playing Call of Duty Vanguard because my game Game Share Buddy bought it. Um, you know, I was pretty pretty scathing about it before, and uh, it's still. You know, they haven't done a huge amount to improve my opinion of the game since the beta three weeks ago. Have you tried it at all, Call of Duty Vanguard? I've not. I've not played it yet. I wasn't going yeah. to play it, and then suddenly my Game Share partner texted me today. Just bought Vanguard, so yeah, I have Vanguard. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 how I got it. So, um, it's it's just silly seeing like laser dot sites in World War Two setting and stuff. And like my my feelings on it are, if you're doing an alternative World War Two history, go all in on it. 
like Wolfenstein do. Don't just like use it as an excuse to reskin your your unlocks and stuff. Either do World War Two properly or go all in on the sci-fi World War Two like Wolfenstein. This just feels half assed. Like the UI is the same as Black Ops Cold War. Like everything's basically the same. It's just a reskin. And I think Call of Duty is getting to a point where it's just becoming so blatant year in, year out that they're just half arsing half arsing it every year. But at the same time, as long as people keep buying it, like my game share buddy, it's still gonna sell and they're still gonna do use the business model that way. So maybe I'm just you know maybe it's just wishful thinking, but that's Call of Duty Vanguard for me so far. Also I've been playing um I played a bit of Forza, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge racing game guy, but I really have enjoyed, like, just try- checking out Forza, just for the technical stuff. I don't think I'm going to stick with Forza, because, like, like I say, I'm not a big racing game fan. I'm just not, for whatever reason. But I just love, like, the graphics, the, the way a game feels. You know, you just feel how much love has gone into that game. When you play, like, Call of Duty, which is like a reskin, and then you play Forza Horizon, which is, like... You can just feel how much love and attention to detail has gone into building that open world. It's crazy. So, um, I, this this was on a two year dev cycle, right? No, this is on three years. Well, Horizon Five, three years. Yeah, three years. Well, you know, it kind of shows, right? Um, I wish more devs that are making these kind of franchises would would be allowed to go longer on them. I guess. I often wonder what would it be like if Call of Duty was on a two-year franchise, two-year, a two-year sort of cycle instead of like crapping out a well, skin every year. At one point, I know there's a lot of studios working on it. But. Well, at one point they were shifting. It was uh, they were doing it every three years. Like Sledgehammer would do 2017, and then 2018 would be Treyarch, and then 2019 would be Infinity Ward, right? So then Sledgehammer would come back in 2020. So each studio would technically have three years to make their game. But then uh, last year screwed everything up. Uh, like, Treyarch had, like, come in and, like, salvage that game. And then because of that, like, Sledgehammer didn't have a lot of time to make this game. So, like, yeah, it was just kind of, you can kind of tell. Like, the, the hype around this Call of Duty was definitely way more muted uh, yeah. than than previous ones. So, yeah. um, Legendary Nick says, hey, Overwatch won Game of the Year with no story. That's true. Overwatch did win 2016. Um, I think more than... 2016, kind of anemic for game release. Yeah, and also, like, at that time, like, you know, hero shooters were just coming into their own, and Overwatch, it was like... And and people still loved Blizzard at that point in time. Um, Unlike now, where... (laughs) Yeah, well, you know... (laughs) Poor Blizzard, right? Um, They just can't do anything right. Uh, And I remember that that was a big... People weren't happy with that because it won over Uncharted 4 um, and a couple other games as well. (laughs) Um, uh, So, like, yeah, people were like, well, Overwatch, how could Overwatch win and it doesn't have a story? And and then we sit here and say Forza is not going to be nominated. It's like, I think Forza should be nominated for Game of the Year. I just think the outlets aren't going to nominate it. I would love to be wrong, though, because I do think Playground Games should be, you know, Recognized for the hard work they they're like the most consistent devs out there like look at look at their track their last three games like ninety ninety one on metacritic ninety two ninety one like you know yeah. like it it speaks for itself right so 
Uh, Oseman says, cheers, lads, great show. Looking forward to side-swiping side your, dra- your Dravatar in Forza Horizon, just as I, my, dra- my Dravatar is pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so Yeah, your Dravatar was, like, at the back when I was writing earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dravatar is really cool, like, seeing all your friends driving around with you and stuff. I think I like as though, as though says, oh, no, 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 Rand uses Rewind on Forza. Sometimes. I, I try not to use Rewind, uh, but if I screw up badly enough, I will use it. Like, I'm not, like... Oh, wait. You're not supposed to use Rewind? Well, some people say you aren't supposed to if you're, like, a true racer, you know, it's a crutch or whatever. But, like, I'm not racing on, like, the hardest difficulty or whatever. Like, I play Forza to have fun and... You know what's not fun to me? When you get to the end of the race and you hit something and you screw up and you lose. So that's, you know, that's when I use Rewind. I, I try not to use it that much, but I, I, I do use it when I have to. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline Branch says, gentlemen, does the Sega Alliance put the nail in the coffin on anything happening with Warner Brothers? I feel before the show no. is over that this will lead to bringing Sega into the family. So does this kill any WB talk going forward? What do you think, Jeff? I don't I don't think so. Microsoft, like, Microsoft's goal, they're looking at Tencent right now as um, their main sort of competition in terms of footprint. And when I say footprint, what I mean is, like, engagement and stuff. So Tencent is League of Legends, uh, some of the biggest mobile games in the world, stuff like that. Um, Huge in Asia, obviously, which does help them um, because American companies, you know, kind of like, I don't know, they're kind of at a disadvantage in China because of all the regulation. So Microsoft has its work cut out. If it wants to, like, compete with the cash flow of Tencent, they really sort of, they need to make these kind of deals to grow its sort of service platform, which is, you know, Xbox Game Pass. Tencent does this by buying minority stakes in companies that have, like, service games. So even games like Path of Exile, Fortnite, whatever, Tencent has, like, a, a minority share in all of those games, and that that helps them, like, it counts towards their KPIs, which are, you know, engagement and stuff like that. So I don't think Microsoft doing this kind of deal with Sega has any bearing on what they could do with Warner Brothers, potentially, because all of Microsoft's investments right now are going towards partnering with studios, buying studios, getting more content for Game Pass, whatever. I'm sure Microsoft... In, in a perfect world for Microsoft, they would have the, the Sega deal with every company. Hell, they'd even do that deal with Sony if they, if they could. I honestly genuinely believe that. Microsoft probably has thought about what it would take to get PlayStation Studios exclusives into Xbox Game Pass on PC. I'm sure they've thought about that. So I don't, I don't think it, it stops Warner Brothers deals happening at all. Um, Microsoft are in a they're in a growth mindset right now. Their share price just keeps going up and up and up and up with no sign of slowing down. So I don't think you'll I don't think say the Sega deal stops that at all. Right, they're investing tons right now, and we'll talk about the Sega stuff in a bit. Uh, Atheist says, Rand, your theory about Crystal Dynamics makes much more sense after the recent news between Square blaming Crystal Dynamics for Avengers failure. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a topic, too. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Richard says, any news on Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to Xbox? Um, mm, I mean, I got nothing. I haven't heard anything recently. Like, All I knew was that Sony had kind of re-upped their exclusivity deal. We weren't going to see it this year. But that 
it was going to come to PC and potentially Xbox perhaps next year, but I don't know. I, I don't know, like, how I, – I still think it'll come, but it does seem like like PlayStation is very much of the mindset of if you want to play an RPG from Square or Final Fantasy, it's it's on our system. You know, they locked up for Spoken for two years, it seems like. They've locked up Final Fantasy 16. They've locked up Final Fantasy VII Remake for at least two years. So I would imagine they probably didn't lock it up permanently. Um, but, I mean, two years is might as well be permanent in the video game industry, right? Most people move on. Like, that's why a lot of these things are, you know, for one-year deals, most people are like, oh, my God, it's a year. A year is a long time to wait, and that's why these, these companies do it. But, like, two years is an eternity, so I, I think there's I think there's a good chance we'll see Final Fantasy next year on Xbox. It probably launches right alongside the PC version, if I had to guess. So yeah, I think like the the deal with I mean we're going to talk about it in a bit, I guess. But you can look at like the deal Microsoft made with Sega is similar to the minority stake that Sony owns in Square Enix, right? It sort of gives them the clout to have preferential treatment on some of those kind of deals. I think. Um, obviously, I don't know if Microsoft has, like, a minority stake in Sega. I'm, you know, I don't know if it's gone that far, but this kind of deal does give them sort of, I don't know, a sort of leverage over things like, you know, Football Manager, which is still not on PlayStation after, like, however long. And Football Manager 2022, which isn't coming to PlayStation, announced for PlayStation at all yet. So it's that kind of stuff, and we'll talk about it in more depth in a minute. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jez, I've been playing, uh, I played a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, mm-hmm. which... Oh, yeah, that, that was getting good reviews, right? Yeah, 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 it's actually, it's actually surprisingly well done. Like, I wasn't expecting much from this game, um, when, like, I saw the initial trailers, right? And then I started playing it for myself, and it's, it's quite good. Like, the combat isn't... The greatest right now, I'm, I'm still in, like, Chapter 4, but it's got a, the writing is on point. Uh, the characterization is really good. The acting's great. Story seems really interesting. It looks phenomenal. But it's it's funny because people were praising how Guardians looked, right? You, it has the quality mode and performance mode. The performance mode, it runs at 60 frames. And everybody mm-hmm. was saying how great it looked. And then Digital Foundry did a deep dive and said, hey, performance mode is 1080p. And then suddenly Guardians of the Galaxy no longer was a good-looking game. <laughs> it was it was just really weird how uh, a lot of people can't think for themselves and are just kind of sheep being herded by other talking heads online. Like, I... Yeah. It's just weird to see it flip. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, it's 10 And they didn't even say it looked bad. It was just, oh, my God, this game's 1080p. It's horrible or whatever. It's just... <laughs> so I, I'll probably be able to finish that up this 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 week and be able to talk about it more at, um, at length. But for the most part, this week, I've been spending pretty much all my time playing Forza Horizon 5 because I got a review code from Xbox. Um Nice. And I put around a little bit over 20 hours into it. I'm like level 100 in the game. I have beaten the campaign, uh, so I'm in the Hall of Fame, quote unquote. And I was a little bit wary going into this chess because 
I love Forza Horizon, but with 4, even though I thought 4 was a, a great game, I was starting to get a little bit tired of the formula, right? Oh. Um, and the UK map wasn't as interesting as Australia in Forza what? Horizon 3. It just, it Are just you wasn't. dissing my country? I'm not dissing your country, and people say that in the comments sometimes, like, Rand's dissing the UK, unsubscribe. I'm not dissing the UK. Dude, I'm, I'm unsubscribing right no, now, no. man. But there is just something to the Australia map in 3 that, I don't know, like, it was so good. It had all these different biomes. And when you compared it to 4, I just didn't like it enough. Like, so when I say the UK map was a bit boring, right? Wow. Um, but Mexico, I'm going to write to the Queen right now. Mexico, man. Oh, my Lord. Like, they could not have chosen a better location for this game. Because the the Mexico map combined with the changes they've done, it like rein, reinvigorated my love for this franchise. Um, you know, like I think every Forza Horizon I have over 100 hours played. I think I got like 240 hours in two, and like I think 150 in both like three and four. So I played this game a lot. But when you play it a lot, like you start to get maybe like the 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 you start to get tired of the same sort of experience over and over again. And I thought, like, well, you know, how are they going to make this a fresh thing for me for five? And it starts with the map, because the map, I'm just constantly blown away every time I play it. Like, every time I'm racing, whether it's with, like, Dealer or Cold Eastwood, we were playing together, screwing around in a convoy racing, and, you know, Dealer would be like, oh, my God, look at this, and we'd be in the jungle, and you can see, like, the the light streaming through the jungle trees as it hits like the water and it's like oh my god right um <laughs> and the map is just it's so it's so cool there's so many different spots that I haven't really like just you, you see as you're driving through it's 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 just a, I don't know it's like much more colorful there's many different places that are just like stand out right rather over the UK where it's just like Damn, this looks that good. It looks like a painting. Um, and you combine it with, like, the graphics itself on the Series X. Uh, actually putting in work with how fast the loading is with the SSD when you fast travel or load the game up. And, man, it's just, it's just an, such an incredible game. And, like, Playground Games are just the masters of, of the racing genre. Like, nobody does racing as good as them. I'm sorry. Like, I've played... All the different racing games. They all want to be Forza Horizon. Like, Dirt wants to be Forza Horizon. They're just, you know, I, I hear that complaint. Like, well, how could Forza get such good reviews? Like, it's just a racing game. Well, if it was that easy, then every single racing game out there would be as highly rated. But they aren't. Yeah. Like, Dirt 5 isn't a 90 on Metacritic. Like, making racing games and making them as fun and enjoyable and engaging that you want to come back to time and time again is hard to do, because if it was easy, everybody would do it, and every single racing game would be as highly rated as Forza. Um, but they're not, you know? So it's like, I, I play all these other racing games, and I just, and they're, they, it's just, they want to be Forza Horizon, and it's so apparent. Um, yeah. But the big the big thing for me, Jez, was the accolade system and the campaign. So in this one, you know, like in, in 4, Jez, I don't know how much you played a 4, You'd basically no, race. <laughs> you, you you would basically race. You earn XP. 
and you would unlock a bunch of di- a bunch of different races, like a bunch of new races, and it would give you a showcase race, and you would rinse and repeat, right? The progression wasn't really satisfying because it's just like I'm racing to then earn more races, and okay, here's a cool, you know, oh, I'm in the I'm in the Halo Warthog, and I'm doing this this Halo race, and it just wasn't satisfying, right? Um, and because of the way it was structured in four. You know, you would always kind of pick the cars that you were currently using or the ones you had upgraded, right? So you had your favorite car for the road races or um, you had your favorite car for the off-road, right? Um, So, like, and whatever, like, points you would earn in the skill points, like, you would be locked to those cars you were using. So for me, I'd always be like, well, I'm going to use this Lamborghini because, this is the one I like to use in the road racing, and it's the one I have the most points for the car masteries in, and I want to keep building toward that. So it would prevent me from, like, using and experiencing other cars simply because of, like, well, I want to use this one because I'm investing in it, right? But the way the accolade system works in this one is you get progress for doing anything. Like, there's accolades for completing the races in different types of cars and, and different types of setups and different types of tuning, and you're always progressing to the next thing. And then on top of the change of the skill system, where any skill points you earn can be used on any car that you own. So you're not forced to use it on the car that you earned it in. You can just, if you earned 10 points on this car because you were using it, you can put those 10 points in any other car that you want. So I found myself starting a race, and Forza would recommend like 10 different cars, I found myself every single race choosing a different car, cars I never would have used before. And because of that, I was having such a great time. Like, I I would be playing nonstop. Like, I, initially when I got the code, I was like, all right, I'll play it for a couple hours. And that couple hours turned into, like, five or six. And it was like that every yeah. single night because I would be like, all right, I'm going to use this Bentley. All right, I'm going to use this Jaguar. I'm going to use this Lamborghini. Now I'm going to use this this truck, I'm going to use this Jeep. And you're just constantly earning the accolades, and you're not bogged down by always using the points on the same car. And then you unlock the races in the order that you want to do it. So when you fill the accolade system out, when you actually get like a token, you can choose where to go. You can choose to maybe like, I want to focus on the dirt racing or the street racing. And you do an expedition like you're actually exploring Mexico to like found a new festival there and then you got like once you found the street races you can do all the street races etc etc and they have the showcases tied to that like it's such a um it's such a it, it gives the player choice in in a way that they didn't in the previous ones and because of that it made it more satisfying for me to play so instead of instead of being like I'm tired of the formula, now I'm like I'm reinvigorated by the changes they've made to this. So I only just want to keep on playing and and play with other cars that I didn't even know I I wanted to. So like I don't know, like it's it's such a feature complete game too. Like they got all the multiplayer. You can do everything in co-op if you want. They've got the battle royale at launch if you want to play that. Like it literally has everything. So and, but but then you think to yourself, it's like, man, what do they do for the next game, right? It's like, how do, how do they top yeah. this, right? Because even in some of the reviews, you kind of see it like, this game doesn't do anything different. It's awesome. 
But what do they what do they do for the next one? It's like, well, is it finally time to go to Japan? Yeah, you know, like, I think people what, would love that. How right? would how would like I don't know, like it's interesting to think about. It. It's it's I thought it was it was funny that you mentioned the fact that um they meant you mentioned the fact that uh every racing game tries to be Forza because I, I noticed that the crew mm-hmm. the crew got an update this week. I got a I got an email about it. Which I thought was funny because it's almost like who plays the crew? Like I don't know anyone that plays the crew, but maybe that's just me. Maybe it's popular. Maybe it's more popular than I realize. I don't know. But, um, anyway, um, I suppose it is the thing. But I think Microsoft has shown that they they're not going to force the devs to um, constantly make one every year. And they will give them the time to go back and try and sort of figure out how to change the formula and stuff like that. Because the next Forza game, you've got to assume, is most motorsport, right? Probably won't be Horizon, um, unless there's some kind of huge problem. Because like you said, um, Playground is the most consistent dev in the business. So like, could there be a scenario where Turn 10 Forza gets delayed and then, and then Playground has to come and step in? <laughs> no, because I think you're... At, at, at minimum, three years away from Forza Horizon Six, and I would imagine yeah. Motorsport is out by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, so I just my point being, I guess, is that they'll give them the time to take it back and see what they can do to make it new. I suppose like Japan is the one that everyone keeps constantly asking for, and it makes sense if Japan is Microsoft's like they Microsoft calls calls Japan their biggest growth, um, <laughs> their biggest growth market. Making point fours are in Japan is sort of almost a no-brainer at some point, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe they could make it like stunt-heavy or drift-heavy. I don't know the whole Tokyo drift thing. I don't know. But it's interesting to think about it either way, especially like as someone who isn't a racing fan. I often think like, what can they do to entice me? Because there's a lot of people like me out there who just don't get racing, or they're just sort of ignorant of what makes it cool and fun. It always bugs me that you can't really smash the cars up. Like, I get a lot out of that in some racing games where, like, you can, you know, really smash the cars and create pileups and stuff like that. I realize it's not that kind of game, but, and I know that they can't do, they can't do impact to, to make it too impact heavy because of licensing and, and vendors don't want people to think their cars are made of paper if they crash. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do wonder what they could do to pull people like me because, I just can't get into racing games, man. It's a, it's definitely a me problem because I can see how beautiful it is. Oh yeah, it's, it's a stunning game, and to think it's a cross-gen game as well. Like what 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 is going to be like when you know Turn Ten finishes updating their engine for next gen, and because they share technology, you know, like the next Forza Horizon will be on the updated, uh, you know. Uh, for the tech engine, how that's going to look when it's not be you know when there is no cross yeah. anymore because it's like you play the game have... and it's just like sorry it's stunning this game is literally stunning. Um, did did uh, did Foundry do um yes a look at how it runs on the Xbox One? Um, they I believe they did. Uh, I didn't watch it for myself, uh, but uh, John I know John did a video talking about the Series X version and he was like pretty much blown away. Um. It'd be interesting for anybody playing the game now. So, like, there's this debate going on. (laughs) What is the release date for Forza? Because Microsoft claims that 
all their games are day one in Game Pass. But Forza is out right now. But you can only play it if you buy the $100 version or the premium add-on bundle. So you can spend $100, own the game, get all the DLCs and everything, and get four days early access. Or you can download the game from Game Pass, pay the $50 to get all the premium add-ons, and it'll give you four-day early access. So you can play it right now if you want to, or you can wait till Tuesday. So I guess the question then becomes, Jez, is what is truly the release date for this game? People are playing it now, so wouldn't now be the release date? And not Tuesday? Uh, you know, like, it, mm. you, you see the, the debate going on that I see some people have on social media, like, like... My question is, does it matter? Probably not. Probably not. Does it matter? Like, Microsoft, I spoke to some people on Twitter about this the other day, because, like, this is a debate, right? Like, because they did it differently for Gears 5. Yes. Gears where, 5, if, if, you had the, if you had Game Pass Ultimate, you got to play the game four days early. Yeah. Yes. So, they did, they did it very differently for Gears 5, because they also released the DLC straight into Game Pass, which is something they generally don't do. They didn't do that for Minecraft Dungeons, if I remember right. Um... I think Gears 5 is the only, High Busters is the only one to ever do that, where, like, the DLC came in and it was free, because normally, yeah. like, they want people to pay for that. So, yeah. is Microsoft just experimenting with it? Does does the individual studios have more control over it? Like, was the coalition like, no, we want to do this, and Playground Games is like, no, we don't want to do this? Like, how how does that play out? Like, what what why is why was Gears 5 included as part of Game Pass Ultimate? And the DLC included, but then stuff like Forza Horizon isn't. Like, what, what do you what, what do you think that comes down to? It's an interesting debate, but I think it probably ultimately comes down to. I think it does come down to comes down to experimentation. I think like they they do want Game Pass to grow, and they're trying to see like is is Game Pass perks like this early access is that going to help us. Um, to grow the platform, ultimately, will people will people join Game Pass Ultimate if they feel like they're getting definitive, definitive, um, definitive uh, value out of it? And um, Isaac Robinson says in chat, Gears War Five DLC did not include in Game Pass only in Ultimate. Yeah, that, that's what I mean though. Like it, it got included in Ultimate, but then there's like Minecraft Dungeons DLC, which doesn't even get included in Ultimate. Because the business model of that game seems to be like, yeah, we'll give away the base game and then try and make some money on the DLC. Like, every game has a different business model, a different goal they're trying to achieve when it comes to engagement and stuff. But I do think they are they are trying to create added value for Game Pass Ultimate. And probably the fact that they've been working with EA, and EA has been doing the whole subscription model for longer. And EA, EA um, what's it called? EA Play, right? Yeah. Uh, EA Play yeah. has been doing sort of the early access thing for EA Play for a while, and maybe EA shared with Microsoft that yeah, early access does seem to have this effect. You know, what bothers me about it, Rand, is the inconsistency, like the fact that it's on a game by game basis. You don't know what to expect game by game. Like, I don't know to expect are, are all the game are all Microsoft games games going to be in Game Pass. Like when it comes to DLC, are some are all of them going to be early access? Like, what is what is the model here? Like, we're basically the guinea pigs for Game Pass right now, right? Game Pass hasn't has nowhere near hit critical mass. 
it's still only got about like 25 million subscribers, people think, ish, in that sort of region. Um, and we don't know what this is going to look like when it's sort of like, I don't know, 50 million. Let's just assume they get 50 million one day. No idea if they will, but let's just assume that. Um, the thing that I really like about Netflix is that I know exactly um, what I'm getting with Netflix. Like, every time in Netflix, you know what you're getting because they have a very consistent model. Everything they make goes into Netflix as soon as it's ready and the whole show is up live. I don't think they've ever done anything differently on that, sh- that level. I could be wrong, but I don't think they have. Um, if I have, someone can correct me, but I want the consistency. That's my issue with it. That's my only issue with it. Like, give me a consistent sort of ex- set of expectations for it, because right now I don't think there is one. It changes every day. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Something tells me that we're not going to see the Gears thing happen very often. So, um, and there might be even something to do with Halo because there is an early access thing that was spotted, which we'll talk about when we talk about Halo. So we'll see how that all kind of uh, comes together. But yeah, yeah, I mean to finish it up on the Forza Horizon stuff. Like, I went in thinking like, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the formula, but like the way the game looks on the Series X and the map itself combined with the changes to the campaign and the accolade system make it, for me, the most satisfying, rewarding Forza Horizon to play. Now, I'm an arcade racer guy. I know a lot of people love Forza Motorsport. Um, I'm not a sim racer, so uh, Gran Turismo and Motorsport don't really appeal to me. Uh, So I understand that for those of you out there who are the hardcore sim, like, you may not care for Forza, or when I say nobody does racing better, like, you know, that's you know, me being maybe more hyperbolic, right? But I have noticed a lot of developers, when they make their racing games, are chasing after playground games because, you know, they are the leaders when it comes to open-world racing. They're the leaders when it comes to the racing genre because when you think about it, you know, we mentioned before, Jazz, not to bring the topic back up, but really quickly, we talked about the the game of the years, right, or the, what we thought the game of the, cont- game of the year contenders would be, Psychonauts, Deathloop, Returnal, Ratchet, you know, it takes two potentially, you know, and some indie game. The thing is, more people are going to play Forza Horizon than all those games combined. You know, like Forza Horizon 4 has been played by 25 million people. Forza Horizon 5 is probably going to be played by just as many. And I know, do you you find that interesting at all? That basically not only is Forza Horizon – going to be the highest rate reviewed game of the year is probably also going to be one of the most popular games of the year outside of like Halo Infinite and Call of Duty and stuff. Like but that doesn't make it like a game of the year nominee. I don't know what does. Like what the hell what the hell do people want, you know? I don't know. But it comes it comes back to that emotional attachment sort of thing. Like I can't form an emotional attachment to a car. But some people do. You know, some people like they form an emotional attachment to the to the game. They they you know they they like building up their car collection and stuff. Like, how is that any different from you know cognitively than like some super story driven game? It might not be for everyone, but you know, I think it definitely should. And I think if it's not, it calls into question 
the it call, it, honestly for me if it's not nominated for game of the year it calls into question the validity and the authority that the Keeleys has mm. if was it and I'll, I'll write that editorial if it's not nominated i will literally write that editorial that the the game awards has no authority because they're not serious about giving games that deserve the praise they deserve a good rating based on complete bullshit so i'm watching you guys game awards yeah, is watching you i'm watching you guys <laughs> uh, so Don says, will developers think twice about making content platform exclusive as Spider-Man being PlayStation exclusive did nothing but harm the game? Um, I don't think Spider-Man being PlayStation exclusive did nothing but harm the game. It's one Which of the... Game? Off I, Avengers? I mean, if you're talking about Marvel Avengers, maybe. If you're talking about Spider-Man by Insomniac, I, I, I completely disagree. Um... But yeah, if you're talking about Marvel, I don't know the event. That whole you remember how many how up in arms people were about the whole Spider-Man thing in Avengers, and then like, but now nobody cares about Avengers. And finally, I think Spider-Man yeah. is launching this year, and it's like, you know, like trying to get an audience to come back, but now it's like one character is only going to be on that one platform, and it's just like, man, they really they really screwed the pooch with Avengers. Like, not really, only did they screw the pooch, but Square Enix screwing the dev. What is that? What's that about? Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll talk about here in a second. Achievement says Japan is Xbox's fast-growing market, and Japan is the most requested Horizon. It's a no-brainer. Uh, hopefully, do it the next year. Sajid says, "How are you not a fan of the limited Rand?" Um, when I played it during the preview, when I played it during uh, when I had access this week, not many people were playing because. Or at least in one thing. So, like, most of the matches I had were, like, 30 people. And it just wasn't that engaging. Like, I was just driving around uh, kind of just whatever. Like, I didn't really even challenge many people. So, maybe it's going to – maybe it would be a lot better. Because um, I, didn't, I didn't play the Eliminator in Forza Horizon 4, but I did here, and it was just – it probably just had, didn't have enough people because I think it can hold up to 64 people, and I was playing it with, like, 30 and it just, I don't know, it just wasn't very engaging with that small amount. So I'll try it again now that the game is officially out, and maybe I'll have a better time with it. Um, that was the other thing. Like, I don't know how Seasons are going to impact this for, this version of Forza Horizon. Uh, you know, because Seasons were very apparent, right, in, in UK. You had winter, you had autumn, you had spring, and you had summer. And you could see the impact that the Seasons yeah. had. But this one's a little bit different, like, we only really know of spring and summer, and it's like wet versus dry. I don't really know if there's a winter season, so to speak, because I'm not. I don't think Mexico really has that really hardcore winter that the UK does, right? But they did say there's four seasons. There's like going to be an autumn season, which is like storm season, and with four, you were able to experience the seasons right away. They let you play through the beginning in like the prologue. And you got to experience each one of the seasons, so you kind of could see for yourself, oh, yeah, this is how winter changes it compared to spring. But in this one, it didn't. Like, you, you didn't get – so I don't, I don't know how the seasons are Maybe going to like affect. like a wet season or whatever? Well, yeah, but, season? but but like, what I'm saying is I didn't get to experience all four, so I don't know how the yeah. weather is going to impact everything. Like, I didn't see a dust storm in the game outside of, like, specific scenarios. You know, so there was one in the prologue, wasn't there? Was, no. But yeah, the, a specific scenario in the prologue, and in one of the Horizon stories. Like I, I was, I've never been driving around the map, and then all of a sudden, 
oh, shit, there's a dust storm rolling in. You know what I mean? Uh, that yeah. That's never happened to me. So, um, uh, Flame says it won't get nominated because it doesn't have a PS5 or Nintendo logo attached to it. Watch Gran Turismo get nominated when it releases. Well, I mean, if that were to happen, yeah, there. <laughs> if somehow Forza doesn't get nominated, but then Gran Turismo gets nominated the following year, that, that would be uh, that would be some bullshit. I'll be the first one to call that out. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, how many? So let us know how many people are playing Forza Horizon right now. Did you off? Did you go for the uh, premium or ultimate edition? Did you use the New Zealand trick to play it early? Jess, you know about the New Zealand trick, right? Yeah, yeah. Games always launch first in New Zealand, right? Well, unless there's like unless there's like a synchronized global launch, right? Uh, right. Yeah. But yeah, if anybody doesn't know, you can basically set your console if you have the game pre-ordered from the store, and if you set your console to like New Zealand, you can pretty much always play games like well before. Um, what is it like? Twelve hours before they launch here in the states, maybe even more. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. And as far as I know, you don't get in trouble with it, but don't take my word for it. Um, I've never heard anybody getting in trouble, but um, I've done it a few times myself. So um, sometimes I just couldn't wait to play a game, and I'm like, I'm taking a quick trip to New Zealand, you know. So. Um. Hargit Chaney says, do you think any Xbox game will actually be nominated for Game of the Year? I still don't think it'll happen. Um, yeah, I, I feel pretty confident Psychonauts 2 will get nominated. Um, Deathloop, I think, has a good chance as well. I mean, I think, I mean, that's an Xbox game, right? So, I think Psychonauts 2, I, I would have, I would go as far as to say Psychonauts 2 is a lock to be nominated. Um, yeah, so yeah, Psychonauts 2, uh, Deathloop. Um, I mean, they have a real-time strategy thing, Jez, because Age of Empires 4 probably get nominated. Forza over Forza? I don't think it'll a get real nominated over Forza, surely. I mean, I mean, like a real-time strategy category. Oh, in the re- yeah. I mean, there's pretty much what what are the real-time strategy launch this year? Like Iron Harvest was that this year? Or was that last year? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't. Th- I think Forza's pretty much cut that down. I think Xbox is going to clean up. Like even if Forza's not nominated for Game of the Year, I think they're going to clean up with the categories. Um, you know, you've got Psychonauts, you've got Age of Empires, you've got Forza. They've had a, a really diverse year. You know, loads of loads of major updates to existing games, loads of DLC, DLC for Minecraft Dungeons, DLC for Grounded, DLC for Wasteland. Um, They've had a, just a really good year. Like, I don't think anyone could take that away from Microsoft now, to be fair. I don't know. People will. That's true. Uh, Wolf, who's uh, been a member of the channel for five months, says, hey, guys, anyone else want to know about Fable or Hellblade 2 like me? Loving the stream. I want to know about Fable. Uh, I, I know some about Hellblade 2, but I don't know sh- anything about Fable. you know anything about Fable, Jazz? you got all the info. you know anything about Fable? I know nothing. I know, I know literally nothing about it. I really do know nothing. And it, it sucks because I'm, that's the one game that I'm super intrigued about. Like, someone at, someone at Playground, just, you know, slip into my DMs. Just, just tell me stuff, man. And the stuff you know no. about Hellblade 2 makes you drool with excitement? I do know, I do know some, I know, I know a little bit about Hellblade 2. I know a little bit about it. Um, that took me from, uh, that took me from intrigue to oh my god, I really need this game. So I'm I know a little bit about Hellblade. 
But I know nothing about Bethesda. I know nothing about Playgrounds. I know nothing about, you know, a lot of the games that I am super interested in. So, alas. Paul says, Paul says, would you like to see an Xbox version of Super Smash Brothers? Um... I mean, for all my no. Super Smash Brothers out there, sure, but like, I'm not a fan of Super Smash Brothers. You're so. not a fan of platform fires? No, you know, really, no, I actually, um, it's funny. I actually spoke to someone at Xbox about this not long ago. I said, wouldn't it be cool if like Xbox had its own platform fighter, you know, with all the different characters you've got across Bethesda and Zenimax and Xbox Game Studios and stuff? Now, like, we don't think we've earned that yet. They literally said that. They, they don't think they've earned it. I don't think they've earned the right to sort of make a game that celebrates everything because they've still, they, they believe they've still got work to do, you know. Which I thought was an incredibly humble opinion to have about it, considering how good they've been doing. But that was, you know, that was some of the sentiment there. Because clearly they have the IP to do something like that. They could easily make a car, a Forza Kart game, you know, with Doom Guy, you know, shooting people off their cars and stuff like that. Why not? I think that'd be rad, but. I think they want to they want to wait a bit and build up build up to a point where they've sort of you know solidified that they're back at capacity before they start diving down that road. Maybe I don't know. I like I like the idea though, and I do think Killer Instinct could do it. Everyone's saying Killer Instinct is chat. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, our buddy Nick is saying uh, Killer Instinct's in active development again, Jez. Yeah, I. Certainly haven't heard anything to suggest that's true, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe it is true. Cross our fingers. Uh, Lucy Cross says, fingers. what if a Sony Director's Cut game wins Game of the Year instead of any of the Xbox or Bethesda games? Uh, I don't think any of the Director's Cut games can be nominated for Game of the Year. So, like, the Death Stranding or Ghost of Tsushima ones, I don't think are able to. I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't really... And if, I, if they can be nominated, I doubt they will be. So, yeah. Uh, DB Cooper says 1,100 people watching and only 350 likes. If you're old enough to use Manscaped, hit that button and help the guys out. Yeah, so uh, I guess we have over 1,100 people watching on this great Friday. Uh, make sure you guys do us a favor and hit that like button and share this out. It helps out uh, the channel more than you can know because YouTube sometimes can be horrible at the algorithm and getting the podcasts and videos in front of people. It's Definitely be a problem uh, yeah. quite often. Um, so we were talking about uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square, right? About how basically Square blamed Crystal Dynamics for not being the right studio to work on Avengers. Jazz, did you did you hear about that? I did hear about that, and I actually I actually agree. But the way that comes across is like, yeah, no shit. You guys gave them that. And the thing is, Square Enix, this isn't the first time you've done something like this. Deus Ex Mankind Divided, you forced a service mode into that game, multiplayer, which detracted from the single player, because you, you know, allocated budget there, you allocated devs there. Um, so, you know, it's not as if, it's not the first time Square Enix has done some kind of bullshit like this. So that comment really irritated me. It's like, it's like, we're like, oh yeah, we're so, we're so shocked. We are so shocked that given a studio that only knows how to make single-player games, a service game to make would not work properly. Like, that is the that is the height of hypocrisy and also passing the buck, I think. 
So I think Square Enix can go do one, because that's a load of crap. And I think it's such a crappy thing to say about one of your devs. How demoralizing would you be? You know, how would you feel hearing that, the CEO saying that? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you really would feel pretty crappy about your boss throwing you under the bus and your team under the bus, that you weren't the right fit for Avengers, yeah. a, a service-based game, which, yeah, like, I could have told you that. Like, if it was just going to be Avengers as a single-player game and nothing else, Crystal Dynamics is a perfect fit. Because a lot of the single-player stuff in the game is actually really good. It's the service stuff that falls flat on its face. Didn't, um, Eidos, mate, isn't Guardians of the Galaxy a single-player game? Yes, through and through. A single-player game through and through, and it's really well, good so that far. that goes to show, doesn't it? Eidos Montreal, or whatever, made a single-player game, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, what does that say about Square Enix's you know, brain, brain cells. How, how many brain cells did Square Enix need to sort of conjure up to come to the conclusion that a single-player dev should make a single-player game? How many brain cells did it need? How many brain cells did Square Enix need? I have no idea. I think, like, it goes back to what we've said previously on other podcasts here, where I was saying that, you know, I, I, was, I was theorizing that Bethesda... Bethesda was struggling the last few years to find its identity in a world that is moving towards engagement. And that's why we got games like Wolfenstein Youngblood and Fallout 76, which are like service games that nobody asked for. Like, literally nobody on Earth asked for Wolfenstein Youngblood. I'm sorry, like, literally nobody in the world asked for that game. A bunch of people did ask for multiplayer Fallout, though, but nobody asked for a multiplayer Wolfenstein, especially not, like, a loot shooter sort of weird Diablo FPS thing without loot that doesn't really work. Man, Wolfstein Youngblood, what a mess. Mm-hmm, what awesome, a mess indeed. <laughs> awesome calamity that that is. But um, I think Square Enix is going through the same transition. They're trying to figure out, like, where where they fit in in a world where service games are God, you know. And, like, I, we're going to talk about this as well, but, like, you even heard Ubisoft and EA talking about NFTs and blockchain this week, Ugh. which just makes me makes me want to punch myself in the face repeatedly about how, you know, how how much how much greed, you know, that, that can possibly... There's not enough greed, possibly be in the industry. Like, not enough. Seriously. It's not enough. Yeah. It's never enough for these people. Yeah. Uh, AI had its biggest quarter ever, but it's not enough. It's never, never enough for these people. Perpetual growth. That's what investors want, remember? Yeah. Perpetual, never-ending growth. I don't know. It's just... This news about... Crystal Dynamics comes hot on the heels of, of them working with, with Xbox and Perfect Dark, which is just surprising in its own right. Because it's like, why aren't they working on a game for Square Enix? Like, well, you know, why are they going to spend the next couple years working on Perfect Dark? That seems odd. And yeah. now it's like, you know, Square Enix president throws them on their bus. It's like, maybe, maybe this is all just going to leave. Like, what we've been speculating, or at least what I thought might happen, was, it's probably just going to end up with just Xbox buying Crystal Dynamics from Square Enix after yeah. they get some time together on Perfect Dark. Square I Enix can wash their hands of them and just be like, we tried, we got money for it or whatever. It's just like, here you go. And I think they'd be a great pickup for Xbox. So, yeah. I genuinely believe that is what's going to happen. And, like, that is that, that was totally your thing. That was your analysis. You should be a game blogger, Brand. Mm-hmm. You should be a blogger. What do, you, what do you think? Randall, journalist. Uh, I, like yeah. I mean, I got the hair like Jeff Grubgrub. 
You know, I got, I got the nice, long, luxurious hair like Grub. I just don't have the leaks like you guys do, you know? Oh, yeah, you just pretend you don't. <laughs> oh, this this is my guess about what's going to happen. Microsoft's going to buy Crystal Dynamics. Oh, yeah, that was just totally a guess, guys. That was totally a guess. That's you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wolf Assassin says, question to Jazz. When you appeared on, on, when you appeared on Unlocked a couple weeks back, you told them that you want to watch the Xbox 20th anniversary stream, that that you would want to watch the Xbox 20th anniversary stream. Can you please explain? Updates on already yeah. announced games? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't think I we got to mention that here. You were on an episode of Podcast Unlocked with Dustin McGarry oh, and um, I think Miranda Sanchez or maybe, maybe it was somebody else. I'm not sure. And you and Miles were there. And you were rocking it, Podcast Unlocked. Um, yeah, but you did say Xbox fans would want to tune in. So do you know anything going on about the 20th anniversary? Like, like he says here, like, what do you, can you explain by what you meant? You know, I can't, I can't like, I'll, I'll just be honest. You know, I basically, I was told by someone I trust that I'll definitely want to watch it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to be announced there. Um, Microsoft has like downplayed it a little bit. They've said things like, uh, don't expect new game announcements or whatever, which I, I think is fair, you know, to give people a heads up. But I was told by someone that I trust that people are going to want to watch it, and I will want to watch it. So um, this person who told me this is not the kind of person who would lie or overhype something. So I believe them, and I'm going to watch it because this person told me that we should watch it. So that that's basically it. I'm not going to tease anything because I, I honestly don't know what's going to be there. I have no idea. No, I, you know, nobody I spoke to knows. I was just told that we should watch it. So, uh, Drew, Drew says Jez is cheating on Rand and other podcast guests. Well, he did podcast unlock, and I was invited on kind of funny X cast. So, you know, yeah, yeah, we got, we got that going for us. Um, <sighs> man, we got a whole bunch of different stuff to talk about here. All right, let's talk about this because you sort of mentioned it before more information came out. Banner Saga devs are working on Project Belfry. Do you have any more information about this? Because I think you wrote an article about it. Um, so we haven't talked about Project Belfry on the podcast. So you wanna, do you want to mention a little bit more about this Xbox Global Publishing game, uh, Project yeah, Belfry sure. from Banner Saga? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it was sort of like, it was Jeff Grubb who posted about it first. I think I teased it on the podcast by saying that a popular indie, indie studio is working on exclusive for Microsoft. Uh, a little while ago, um, but I, I wasn't I wasn't planning on leaking that. But you know, the, the leaks the arms race as it is. Jeff Grubb posted about it, um, but he didn't say the studio, so I said the studio. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, no, like it's basically out there. That Stoic who made the Banner Saga, which is a sort of, it's a sort of, it's a tactics, it's a turn-based tactics game with a sort of RPG elements and like a really good sort of. Unique art style. It's sort yeah, of um, very unique. Like, it's got a very unique art style, I'll say. Yeah, it's it's like like a painting almost. Um, so they're working on an exclusive for Microsoft. I have no idea when it's coming out. I think Jeff said 2022, if I remember right. Um, honestly, don't know a huge amount about the game except for what Jeff Grubb said. Um, so. You know, what What exactly did Jeff Grubb say? That it kind of resembles, like, Dragon's Crown, and it's, like, more of a 2D oh, yeah. side-scroller side- brawler-ish or something was what he yeah, said. Yeah, okay. So, um, 
President Balfour was, well, this is from my article, um, just because it was easy to find, but this information does come from Jeff Grubb's Grub Snacks podcast, which is a premium podcast on giantbomb.com, I believe, if I've got that right. Are we a premium um, podcast? You guys consider us a premium podcast? I mean premium because you have to pay. To I know it. what premium means, just God. We're a Manscaped podcast. Use the code XB2 to get 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. But, um... I have to pay yeah. double because you did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Project Belfry. So this is what Jeff Grubb said. He said, Project Belfry will sport similar art styles to those found in the Banner Saga depicted above, sporting side-scrolling, brawling combat similar to the likes of uh, old PlayStation exclusive called Dragon's Crown. Um, Grubb specifically linked the art style to the anime movie Princess Mononoke... Sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. And, um, and yeah, so it sounds like it's going to have co-op and the belfry. A belfry is the part of the church which has the bell in it, like a, like a church tower kind of thing. Apparently the belfry is going to be, is going to be, uh, sort of base that you do upgrades in and upgrade your equipment and you can also upgrade your base and stuff like that. So I'm thinking it's going to be castle crashes-ish, but maybe more serious in tone. Sounds really cool, in my opinion. I think it'd be like it'd be like a Game Pass game of the month, maybe you know, one of those months, kind of like Death Door was, maybe near the summer, something like that. I think that's probably where that's going to fall. But it sounds pretty cool to me. Like I haven't played the Banner Saga. Have you played it? Uh, I have not played the Banner Saga, so I know a lot of people really love it, though. Yeah, it's it's, it's sort of cult classic. It's got like seven out of ten on Metacritic, which um you know is not the highest score in the world, but it seems like. There, it does have a lot of love behind it, and it does seem that Stoic is quite close to Microsoft as a studio. Um, so I think that's going to end up being like a game that sort of, it sort of drops into Game Pass, and it'll be like Death Store, it'll be that game of the month. And, uh, you know, it sounds pretty cool, but that's all we pretty much know about it so far. I don't think there's a huge amount left to say about it beyond that. But, but yeah. And what about, uh, what about Josh Shore's Project Missouri? Do you have any information yeah, about that? Yeah, Project Missouri. So um, this is another another leak from ye old Mr. Grubb. Um, Jeff Grubb leaked on, again, I think it was the Grubb Snacks podcast again on JohnBomb.com, uh, just to give proper sourcing there. He leaked that Josh Sawyer's game, which is supposedly coming out next year, and uh, I previously teased on this podcast actually as well, um, that is a sort of, it's like a murder mystery narrative adventure game with a, a sort of set in 16th century Europe. I, actually, did he leak that part? I don't know. But um, I'm leaking that part. It's, uh, it's set in 16th century Europe. <laughs> and it's a murder mystery game with like very deep um, interactive elements. So like the consequences of your actions will, basically the consequences of your actions are going to weigh heavily on that game, more heavily than perhaps some other games with branching narratives. So, like, you, you'll be able to, like, make accusations and accuse people, and, you know, if those accusations are wrong, that'll have, like, a cascading effect on your story and stuff like that. So that's um, Josh Sawyer's game, and I, I'll, I'll reveal the name of it, because uh, I don't think Jeff did. It's The code name is Missouri, but the game itself is called Pentiment, which... um. Uh, which is a word I'd never heard before I saw this, this information, but uh, apparently, Rand, a pentiment is, comes from the Latin pentimento, and it, it refers to a painting 
the presence or emergence of earlier images, forms, or strokes that have been changed or painted over. So basically, it refers to the fact that, like, the murder mystery, you'll be peeling back layers of the mystery, like the, the pentimenti, like in a painting. You know, sometimes, like, with those classical paintings, they, they scan the painting, and then underneath that you see, like, older paintings that are sort of hidden beneath. I think, like, Leonardo DiCaprio had a bunch. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio? No, Leonardo DiCaprio. The famous classical painter, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, Leonardo da Vinci, sorry. I believe his paintings had a lot of, like, pentimenti going on, where it was like he paint, painted over them and left hidden messages inside his paintings. I don't know. I'm sure there's like there's like an art degree person here rolling his eyes and cringing at my lack of classical doesn't art. doesn't matter. Degree. Whatever you said, this, this is already an article. Someone's already typing this up right now. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, the info's already out there. Jeff got pretty out there. I didn't actually know very many details about the game. I just know the, I named, I knew the name of the title, but it was a small dev team. Microsoft describes it as an indie darling. Um, so it's kind of like, it's going to be like a unique indie style sort of game, heading to Game Pass, no doubt. From Obsidian, from Josh Sawyer, who's like a master of, master of the art of the branching narrative. So it's a, for me, that sounds pretty cool. Um, it doesn't have combat or anything, from what I understand. And, um, and yeah, so that's, uh, that's Josh Sawyer. I think Josh Sawyer said his inspiration for his game is Disco Elysium, by the way. So, yeah, so Disco Elysium. Kind of, that kind of fits, right? Yeah, that does fit. Disco Elysium is, is a murder mystery too, but it's like a cyberpunk murder mystery yeah. right? or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds really cool. Like, I'm really interested in it. I have like, I have a, I have a sort of concept art for the game as well. It looks like, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, straying back into classical art history. It kind of, it kind of looks like a tapestry. It's not like the Bay Earth tapestry, if you know what that is. Or, um, or uh, you know, what's it called? The Magna Carta and, and all that sort of stuff. It's 16th century Europe, so take from that what you will. Um, but it sounds really cool. I'm interested in it. And, um, yeah, pentiment. Pentiment is a very, very weird word that I've never heard before until this. So. Yes. Pentiment. Pentiment. Anyways, so, the, so that's that's all the so is that all the leaks we have on, on on new games? You know, you 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 gave out information about Project Typhoon, which was Contraband, and Project Dragon, which is Ion Interactive. Uh, you gave out stuff about Project Shaolin, which is the Wu Tang RPG. Uh, Project yep. Belfry, which is from the Banner Saga devs. Now we got Project Missouri, which is supposedly, as you said, Pentiment, at least in the doc right stuff you saw or whatever. Um, do you, do you, is there other, are you still sitting on more info that you just, you just don't want to, don't want to say right now? Honestly, I'm not sure. I need to look at my, I need to look at my notes. I'm like, it's, it's ridiculous, man. I've, there's so, there's just so much activity at Xbox Game Studios right now. Um, there's so much stuff on the way and it's really exciting, you know, but off the top of my head, I think... I might be coming to the end of how much information I've got, but I'll probably remember something that I've forgotten a bit. Who knows? Right. Uh, Wolf says, last question before I head out. What's this Alpha? What's this about Alpha Protocol, the espionage RPG from Obsidian, published by Sega, being teased? Do you know anything about this? Mm. Is Sega so, teasing an Alpha Protocol, a return to Alpha Protocol? I think what 
maybe that person's referring to is the fact that, um, I don't know, there was a, there was a 27 2017 tweet from, um, a 2017 tweet from Obsidian where they were like talking about Alpha Protocol or something. I can't remember. Like, do you, do you have Wolf Assassin? Do you have any more context on that? Because I, I, I'm not sure I've seen anything about it. Yeah. Navi, right. Navi says Jez's comments on the 20th anniversary stream is already on Reddit. <laughs> what was that, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago? Yeah, something like that. And, and tell, would... tell Reddit to uh, use our Manscaped code, XB2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I, I, I can always tell exactly what's going to get articles written. According to X- Xbox's two podcast hosts, Jez Corden and some other guy, uh, you want to watch out for the Xbox 20th anniversary. <laughs> he says you want to tune in to watch. And why do you want to tune in? Because someone he trusts said you won't want to miss it. <laughs> okay. Hey, but, you know, at least nobody told you to watch the Gamescom or TGS stream. So, you know, if that same person had told you, you know what, you should check out TGS and Gamescom. You'd, and they would have told you to watch out for this. You'd, you'd know. It'd be like, well, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think I will. I don't think so because oh, there's wow. nothing tuning in there for the Gamescom stuff. That is true. Um, that is true. So, yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, I figure, you know what, now would be a good time to uh, talk about the Sega stuff, Jez. And you definitely... That that info really kind of spread far and wide. On, I believe it was Monday, right? Uh, Monday when that uh, deal broke up between Sega and Xbox, correct? Yes, it was uh, Monday. Yes, uh, Sega Sega PR posted about it. It wasn't um, Microsoft PR, which I thought was interesting. Um, well, people are saying but, um, that you posted on Twitter about Alpha Protocol, Jazz. You yourself did. Oh no, I was just. Um, Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I misread. I misread that. I'm sorry, but um, no. I was just, I was just wishful thinking from me. I was just, I was just imagining like, what, what could they do? Like now that now that I've got this partnership, maybe like, because I, I've been told that, um, oh well, I've, I've, I've heard, shall I say, that I've, um, Obsidian is gunning for one game, one game launch for the next seven years. Like they have, they have, they have plans for their multi-team. Their multi-team studio to make games for the next seven years, and I was wondering, like, maybe one of them is a pitch for an Alpha Protocol remake or something like that along those lines. I have no idea, but I, I was just thinking, like, it'd be really cool if if that was if that was something that could be a thing. But no, I don't, I definitely don't have information on that. I was purely wishful thinking, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Purely wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah it was. It mm-hmm. was wishful thinking. Well, anyways. Oh so the Sega thing. So Sega they announced it on their corporate website, and there was uh, some little snippets of uh, some quotes from Sarah Bond, right? Yeah. And I sent the. I remember when it happened. I sent it to you. I'm like, Jazz, you might want to take a look at this. And you know what he said to me <laughs> oh, immediately, yeah. chat? You know what he? Resp- so look, look. I'm the type of person, and this is why maybe Twitter isn't for me and why I really don't do, like, I always kind of wait. I don't do the hot takes, right? So you saw everybody, when they saw that Sega Xbox news, 
immediately everybody's rushing to Twitter, typing in, like, oh, my God, what could it be, you know? Does this mean Xbox is acquiring Sega? Does this mean all games are coming to Game Pass Day 1, right? Um, or this means absolutely nothing. This is just like the Sony deal, right? Like, everybody's literally getting on the Twitter within two minutes, dropping their hot takes without basically any sort of investigation. So <laughs> I saw I saw it pop out, and I you know I retweeted. And I'm like, interesting. Why, right? why do I, why do I feel criticized right now? Well, because you should be criticized because you <laughs> you're someone who do who who has avenues open to you where you can investigate these sort of things. You have the resources to ask people and who know about these things. So I, I didn't say anything, right, on Twitter because <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ask some people for myself before I put my foot in my mouth like other people have. So I sent it to Jez, and the first thing Jez says to me is, this is a complete nothing burger. Nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. And I'm like, okay, okay. It's a, I, I, Jez thinks it's absolutely nothing. Fine, whatever, right? And then what happens 24 hours later, Jez? I get a DM from Jazz and being like, talk to some people. It's actually not nothing. It's actually, it's actually kind of quite significant. And anybody on, anybody on, uh, online saying that the Xbox Sega deal means nothing is completely wrong. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Wow, what's Ron calling me out for? But, um, <laughs> But yeah, I did say I did say it was probably nothing to start with, and no, you didn't, you didn't, there was no probably, Jazz. You were lit, like I look at the DMs and you were like, "It's a complete nah, nothing fuck. burger." Yeah, I I always give you hyperbole in DMs, man. Yeah, you, you do. But but um, but I was sort of like I was my my thought process was Sega announced it, not Microsoft. They talk about Azure and 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 stuff like that, and I was thinking like, okay, well. This is probably just an Azure thing, whatever. And um, and then, like, I actually read the copy, which I hadn't done when I said that. And, uh, you know, I saw that Sarah Bond was – Sarah Bond gave a quote at the bottom of the email. And, um, and I thought, oh, it was actually broken by Sarah Bond, not, like, the Azure team or whatever. Um, and it's actually sort of – there might actually be something to this. So then I spoke to a few people at Xbox to get some extra clarification – because my boss had said to me, you're going to have to write about that. And, um, you know, and I was like, well, okay, well, I'll try and get some extra context before I start, I start, um, you know, making assumptions and stuff. Cause I don't, I don't want to overhype or overplay something if there, if there, if there really is nothing there, if there is really not going to be any benefits for Xbox gamers, cause that's, that's what the name of the game is, right? But, Turns out that we've already seen some of the benefits, Rand. Mm, I mean, have we seen you know, some of the benefits already? Are, is some of this stuff already flying under people's radars, Jez? No, I mean, well, literally, a few hours after the announcement, really, um, uh, the developers of Rome Total, not Rome Total War, Total War Warhammer announced months in advance of the game's launch, which is going to affect pre-order sales, I would have thought, um, but the game is dropping straight into Game Pass for PC. Now, if that isn't evidence right there of what this partnership means, I think, like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's but, a pretty obvious one, but right? But, Jez, people aren't putting two and two together here. They they think those are two completely separate things. They're, oh, they're, a lot of people aren't thinking that the Sega deal and then all of a sudden Total Warhammer 3 coming to Game Pass on PC 
day one, they're, they're not thinking they're, they're linked. They're thinking mm-hmm. that they're completely separate. You know? Well, unfortunately, they're wrong because they are obviously linked. And I think anyone with half a brain cell rattling around in their skull will probably realize that, of course, they're bloody well linked. Um, like, this, this is a... Total War is a pretty big franchise, right? Not only is Total War a big franchise, it's tied to another big franchise, Warhammer. And Total War Warhammer is just generally a big RTS franchise, you know. It's like, it's up there with, like, Dawn of War and stuff as, like, one of the, one of the preferred Total War games, um, um, preferred Warhammer games. Like, a lot of Warhammer games are not good. But Total War Warhammer is, like, Total War and Warhammer is, you know, pretty, pretty surefire gonna be at least pretty decent. But for that to launch straight into Game Pass is pretty strange, you know, for it to just be a random thing. This is, this is totally part of the deal, you know, and we're gonna see more of this. Like, you're gonna see a lot more of this over the, over the months and years ahead where Sega has seen the benefits for Game Pass on its games. Games like Two Point Hospital, which launched into Game Pass and like, you know, a bunch of other games. It sees it as a, it sees Game Pass as a vehicle to rapidly scale interest in a game, which then leads to, like, ambient sales and ongoing interest in a game. You know, Two Point Hospital has had a load of DLC for the game, which wasn't in Game Pass, which obviously would have sold probably on the back of people trying the game out for themselves in Game Pass. So, you know, there's, there's like, an obvious strategy play here. Like, they're looking at it and thinking, like, you know, we can we can put our games in here, like our service-type games, we can sell the DLC on the back of the user base that we get as a result of Game Pass. And, you know, Microsoft really wants to grow its Game Pass to PC offering, because they're competing with the Steam experience here, and they've got a long way to go before they can compete with Steam realistically. A long, long way to go. Not just in the quality of the content, but the, co- the quality of the delivery. The Game Pass app for PC is absolute garbage. And I hope anyone listening to Microsoft who works on that stuff, please hear my pleas and fix that app. Because until you do, Game Pass for PC doesn't stand a chance, my friend. Does not stand a chance. So, um, I digress. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a good thing. And it's going to lead to a lot of preferential treatment. We talked earlier about Square Enix getting preferential treatment out from Sony. Um, oh, no, the other way around. Sony getting preferential treatment from Square Enix because they're closely aligned with, um, with stuff, you know, the they've got a minority stake in Square Enix or whatever. So that does lead to preferential treatment. And that's why we see, like, Final Fantasy skip the platform. And that's why we see, you know, other games skip the platform. Uh, that's why we see Nero Automata skip the platform for ages. Because, you know, Microsoft doesn't have that kind of relationship. But because Microsoft is going in deep with their relationship with Sega, we're going to see that preferential treatment. But not only that, Rand, there's, mm-hmm. there's an economy play here as well. Oh, economy, because okay. Because this means... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell, like, me, tell me about it. Well, like, uh, sort of the economy of Japan, basically. So what this means is that Microsoft gets, like, more cash flow in Japan specifically, which means they can invest more in hiring people specifically to help the Japanese market. I've seen, like, they've got a huge amount of positions open for, like, ad- admin-level jobs in Japan, producers and staff and growing out that studio. To cash flow that, they need money in Japan you know, to cash flow that. And these kind of deals will get the money into Japan to help, you know, get to where they want to be in terms of growing their Japanese 
um, dev developer base, Japanese exclusive games, and, you know, growing the Japanese audience. Like, I wrote an article not long ago. If Microsoft was ever serious about taking the Japanese market, now's the right time. Sony's moved its HQ out of Japan. They've alienated Japanese gamers with, like, a, hu- a massive, massive console that's, like, literally huge and, you know, and is less powerful than the Xbox Series X, objectively speaking, um, before people get annoyed about that comment. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, and also, uh, PlayStation also swapped, did you, did you see anything about this, Rand? PlayStation swapped the, cause in, in Japan, um, circle is the activation button, like on Nintendo consoles. Okay. You know this, the circle and X. They, yeah. they are reversed in Japan. Are they? Until this gen. Until this gen. So like this generation, uh, Sony reversed them to the American style, where it's like A's activation button or X, whatever. They swapped them around. And that really annoyed a lot of people in Japan as well. So Sony haven't won themselves any, any like, goodwill in Japan lately. And also there's a lot of games getting censored in Japan for American audiences because we all know Americans are very sensitive people. And um, and that annoys people as well. Uh, you know, when, when a Japanese game gets censored for American audience, that sort of says, that sort of says like, you know, uh, do you actually still care about this audience? You know, you've moved your HQ out of Japan. You're doing all this stuff, you know. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of cogwheels at play, and this is sort of like Microsoft putting more money into Japan so they can grow into Japan, you know. Okay. So that's where my thinking on that is, and um, I think like it'll benefit gamers in Japan, it'll benefit gamers in the West. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun times, man. It's gonna be fun times. I love the fact that, you know, it's just funny because I love the fact that people speak without knowing the facts of something, you know? Not you, because me and you always just bullshit in our DMs anyways, right? So, (laughs) but like, there's so many people out there that are basically staking the claim that this deal means nothing, and it's just going to, over time, just prove them wrong, you know? I'm not, no, I don't think me or you are saying it's going to lead to an acquisition of Sega. Uh, I no, don't think me and you were not, saying that, not, but no. I think you're going to see Xbox and Sega work much closely together. I think you'll see more games come to Game Pass day and date. And, yeah. um, you know, I know a lot of people, in, especially in chat, are asking about Persona. Could we? Maybe that's where people will notice, hey, maybe this Sega deal means something if Persona finally does make its way to Xbox. You know, because people yeah. look at Total Warhammer 3 and they're like, whatever, it's a separate thing. They're not really going to believe it until something something big happens. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, you know, because I was at, when I saw that, I'm like, that's odd that Sarah Bond's the one doing it. Like, that's got to mean a little bit more than just you know, like the the Sony, like when PlayStation or when Sony did the deal with Satya, right? Which we haven't seen anything about. We don't even know if it's going on or whatever for the Azure servers. This one seems a little bit different. Um, yes. And you know this because you talk to people who would know. Yes, it is. Um, you know, you can do that as a journalist. Like you can get, you can get, you can talk to PR and get background information on certain things and get their opinions on stuff and stuff. Um, and uh, just, just you know, it just gives you extra context and stuff because Sega did. Obviously, Sega led the um, Sega led the PR on this. So. Uh, 
there was a lot of questions about what this actually means for Xbox. And I see people in chat asking about Atlas games and like Shin Megami Tensei and Persona and does that mean we'll finally get those games on Xbox? And I think like, I don't know if this is true just in general or if it's specific to the Japanese market or whatever, but um, it's definitely a thing that I know, I know from speaking again to people in the industry that Square Enix and uh, Sega as well, a lot of their dev teams are sort of like, they don't operate independently of each other, but they do operate with a lot of independence, more so than um, Western studios often do. And um, you have to think about it this way. It took, it took several years for Activision to fully politically absorb Blizzard. Like, it's only been in the last couple of years that Blizzard no longer has a separate CEO. Um, so politically, Josh, uh, not Josh Morham, Mike Morham had a lot of clout at Blizzard, and he had, like, political clout, and the, it's, sort of, it's sort of almost like a military thing. Like, Mike Morham was founder of Blizzard, one of the OGs, very popular at the studio. He could, like, he had a lot of clout, and he had a lot of political will. And Activision knew that for the best, for the, for the, um, for the studio to operate effectively and efficiently, that they needed to keep Mike Morham happy because if he wasn't happy, then it sort of it passed that disgruntled, the sense of being disgruntled down to, the you know through the games and stuff. So there is a sort of there's a political aspect to this, and it's only been this year that you know, or the last couple of years or three years or whatever, Mike Morham left, which meant Blizzard no longer had a CEO. It was no longer a separate CEO. It was then it was like someone was just in charge of Blizzard. And then, like, and then, like, we lost all the Blizzard founders completely. Um, all the OG Blizzard people are completely gone now. And now our old old pal Mikey Barra runs yeah. all of Blizzard by himself. Um, so, but basically, because Mikey Barra is a newcomer, he answers the ready to to Activision. Like, there is no there is no political there is no political independence at Blizzard anymore. It is now Activision's way or the highway. So you can think of you can think of Blizzard now as completely absorbed by Activision, because you know Mike isn't an OG Blizzard guy. Mike isn't Mike isn't going to bat for Blizzard OG people over over the guy paying his checks. You know he, he's gonna he's gonna want to do what Activision tell him to do at the end of the day. So he's kind of like a steward, and really Bobby Kotick is the the head honcho there. There's no CEO of Blizzard anymore. It's just you know the steward in charge or whatever. And it's similar. It's similar. I expect to some studios like Atlas, which have like a huge amount of clout at Sega, they have a huge fan base, and they probably have a huge lot, a huge amount of operational independence where it's kind of like, well, but well, we don't want to put it on Xbox, you know? So I think Microsoft probably needs to develop a relationship maybe directly with Atlas to sort of chip away at that. But obviously this deal with Sega won't hurt, you know? It won't hurt, it won't hurt them to, get closer to Atlas and be like, you know, this is how Game Pass can potentially benefit you guys. This is what we can do in terms of servers. You know, this is what we can do in terms of, I don't know, giving you cutbacks on office licenses. This is what we can do with engines and cloud streaming and all this stuff. It gives, it gives Microsoft, like, you know, a pass to get to the backstage, basically. So it's all, some of it's political. Some things cannot be solved with money. Some things have to be sort of, engineered politically over time and this deal certainly won't hurt the effort to get Atlas games onto Xbox. But there is a lot of politics in the industry. 
And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that it isn't just money sometimes. Sometimes it is politics. Right. Well, I mean, you're 100% true. There's a lot of politics involved in everything, so. Um, but we got a couple super chats here. Just wanted to say, Judge. We got one from Cameron Mitchell, who is my sister's fiance, who says, Hi, Matt. It's your sister, Sarah. I love and miss you. Keep up the good work. So proud. Thank you, Sarah. And I miss you as well. So, Sarah just moved with Cameron to, and she's going to kill me if I get this wrong, believe Virginia. Or maybe it's North Carolina. Or, you don't remember where she I'm not, moved? It's one of those states. No, it's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. Okay, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Tennessee. Um, wow. So she, she moved to Tennessee with, with her fiancé. And then I think in a year they're going to be going out to uh, Washington to like Seattle. Um, so I don't get to I don't get to see my baby sister anymore. So I, you know it makes me depressed. But it's, it's how many siblings do you have? I got two sisters. I got two sisters and one brother. All younger. I'm the oldest. Oh wow. Yeah, she's gonna yeah. Be like Virginia. I'm not surprised. You 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 generally are the oldest. And yes, that that that's true. So. Um, Andy Hart says, can't wait for Forza Horizon 5. What I've seen from GTA Trilogy, remastered, really exciting me. Also, would like yours and Jez's opinion on the Series S. Well, I haven't really played much on the Series S, but I think you have, right, Jez? You've used the Series S a bit? Yeah, I had to, like, I had to do a load of testing on the Series S, and also, when I first moved to Germany, I could not get a Series X. So, I kind of, like, I was kind of stuck on a Series, Series S for a while. Um... A Series S is a good machine. Like, it's not, it's not gonna blow anyone's minds. And as more games get optimized for it, I'm starting to appreciate it more and more. Like, um, for example, when I first got the Series S, I was playing Chivalry 2 a lot. And Chivalry 2 was not optimized for the Series S and Series X. And that really, that really bummed me out because if it's, if the game isn't optimized, you get the worst of all worlds. You get like the Xbox, you get the Xbox One S version of the game which is oftentimes locked to a um, really terrible frame rate, as you know, and it's locked to a really terrible resolution. But more and more games are being enhanced for next-gen, so, like, now you can get, like, Chivalry, the full-blown next-gen version, which is great. And um, because of that, it started to come into its own a bit. And I think next year we're going to see even more games start skipping uh, Xbox One generation entirely, which means more, even more games will be optimized for it. So the Series S is a console, really, that gets better over time um, compared to, like, maybe the Series X, which is already, you know, you're going to get all the backwards compatible Xbox One X games and all the all the enhanced Series X games. So, like, you sort of get, you get more backwards compatibility at the Series X. But as we move further and further away from backwards compatibility, uh, the Series S will be, like, get better and better. So, yeah, I think it's a really great console, and it was a really smart play at Microsoft to go for that. Because the silicon's much easier to get for it. Um, maybe Microsoft, did Microsoft have like inside information or something about the fact that they weren't going to be able to get chips for next gen system? I don't know, but. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, Edward King says, didn't Sony sell their Square Enix shares in 2014? Um, I uh, thought maybe they, they did. Sold some of them. Or maybe they did then, I don't know. But I'm not. But I'm again, not... If, they, if they did, then it, it comes down purely to politics. Um, because I have heard again that Square Enix operates on a very, quite a devolved model where like a lot of their independent studios have a lot of autonomy to choose their priorities and stuff. So, you know, Microsoft can throw all the money they want at corporate level, but 
they also need to get the, the individual studios online and, you know, cut, cut through that corporate bureaucracy, which, again, needs bodies. They need people in Japan to evangelize the Xbox platform and to get people into Japan to evangelize the Xbox platform. They need cash flow, which is what this Sega deal solves. So it's, it's just a good thing all around. You know what's a good thing, Jens? What? Halo Infinite. Infinite. Oh, oh, yeah. So, well, you know, it's one, it's one of my it's one of my absolute pleasures to hear you come around on Halo as much as you have since we've been doing this show. You know, it's funny because we've been doing this show for four years now, over four years, and during that whole time, you've just been talking smack about Halo, and finally, yeah, and finally, you know, we're going to be playing it soon. Uh, they did the re-reveal of the campaign overview last Monday, so this is our first chance to really get to talk to it. I haven't actually spoken to you about what you what you thought of the campaign reveal, so what do you think, Jez? Does uh, what you saw, that six minutes overview, make you excited to play through the campaign, or are you once again being like, nah, man, Halo's not good? Like, it definitely helps, I would say. Like, I'm sort of, I'm someone who's super fatigued with the whole open world, go to this outpost, kill all the mobs and unlock thing. I'm really fatigued with that formula. I just really am. Especially after playing review in Far Cry 6, I was just like, I'm so fed up with this. Um, you know, even watching the Elden Ring footage, which was incredible, by the way, um, on, a, on an artistic level, I couldn't help just be like, does every game have to be open world now? Is that is that just a thing now? Um but that being said, I, the, some of the the fact that it isn't going to be sort of like a whole thing where you have to grind to unlock stuff, and it's going to sort of like it's going to reward you more directly for expo- exploration and stuff. Maybe that helps to, helps me, you know, overcome some of my I don't know what you call it skepticism about open world fatigue. But at least like the combat looks really great, and the way that it flows with the different abilities. The fact that it's sort of, it's more dynamic from an engine perspective. Like, you can make different weapons interact with each other. Like, you can use a grappling hook to pick up weapons. And, you know, you can, you know, use vehicles and attach things to things. I suppose um, that gives me more hope that it would be more interesting. Like, it gives you a, a degree of creativity that I feel you don't get in Far Cry, which is often very scripted in its weapons and systems, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued by it, and obviously I'm going to play it. I'm not reviewing it for us; someone else is. But um, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic for it. Campaign. I'm already on lock with the multiplayer. I know the multiplayer is going to be my go-to this year. But but yeah, what do you think, man? Because you're you're like the big fan, right? What? And also, chat. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Um. So Sonic Monkey just said, just wanted to say hi, Renage. I've been listening for years, so I wanted to show my support by becoming a channel member. Love your work. Sydney, Australia. It always makes me smile when I see everybody, like, where they say they're listening from, whether it's from, like, Australia or from Italy or from any one of the states. I think it's Tennessee that the one my sister moved to, although (laughs) (laughs) you don't know where your sister moved to. Um, India, I think we have people listening from all over the world. It's always great. Um, Yeah, chat, let us know what what you think of the Halo campaign. So, you know, Jez, I don't know how many times I've said this, like, Halo, my favorite franchise. 
the question I did have about Halo Infinite was the campaign. And a lot of it was answered. Like, I think it looks better. And this also goes to, you know, people were like, hey, the game looks better now. And then Alex from Digital Foundry says it doesn't really look better. And now everybody's like, it looks like trash on social media. It's like, <laughs> of course, of course. This always happens. Of course. Uh, as uh, Lanzo says in chat, it looked great till D- Digital Foundry said it didn't. Now it's trash. That's 100% how all this works. <laughs> um, um, so I like how cinematic it looks with when the, the camera is detached and it's Final Master Chief around. It really gives me that God of War vibe, that one-shot camera that we had all heard they were going for. So it definitely looks like a very cinematic campaign. Uh you know, playing the multiplayer, you knew it was going to play Sublime. It's, 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 just, it's Halo, man. It, like, you can't really screw that up. But the additions of, like, the grapple shot and the repulsor and all the equipment, it's going to make, the you know, playing through the campaign a blast because you can do so many different things with it, right? Um, yeah. My only question now is, like, is are those still equipment pickups in the campaign? Like, can you only use one or the other? And I'm not really sure. I've seen some people say that it looks like you can use all those at any point in time. They're just on, like, countdown timers, which would be really cool. Like, if you're playing through the campaign and you always have the uh, grapple shot to use, that's really cool because, you you know, you basically have <laughs> a bungee cord that you can use to fling yourself around at any point in time if you want. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, like, I did the upgrades thing where you can make yourself better. Um, the story, like, I'm I'm interested in what happening to Cortana, like, what's going on with everything there. Is the flood going to return, all that stuff? Um, the what? The flood, that bad return. I mean, they'll probably return at the end if they – I could totally see a scenario, Jez, where, like, the flood returns at the end. Like, you, you finish off the story, right, but the tease for season two is the return of the flood. You know what I mean? Mm, the, yeah, oh, maybe. Uh, Opie says in chat, yeah, the equip is on cooldown, which is cool. Um, so you can basically swap through the equipment. You don't have to choose. You can just kind of use whichever one you want, which is which is awesome. Because um, you mentioned before that you had heard that, like, Halo Infinite was going to kind of be like Master Chief for, like, here's this campaign, and then maybe a couple years later, boom, here's, like, the sequel. And it'll just, like, show up. So yeah, I would have... that, was, that was just speculation. Like I don't, I don't know exactly how they're handling that story, that story model. But I don't know. I suppose this one of the one of the things they're trying to trying to look at is how do you make a single player game in a sort of service driven world? Like how do you do that? And I suppose Halo Infinite is the first game that's going to really try to do this in any sort of big budget kind of way. Halo Infinite's budget has been absolutely astronomical. So like they're going to need to like get that money back somehow and halo being a platform is how they're going to do that adding adding value to um adding value to xbox game pass you know selling stuff through the game cosmetics whatever like this this halo infinite's not going away we're getting this for like at least a decade i would say Uh, probably for the rest of the gen we're going to be halo infinite i would think um it's going to be an interesting ride but they're you know they're also looking at like they're also looking at games like Destiny. They're looking at games like uh, Fortnite, even with the the whole you know in-game events thing for single player. Like, can you imagine like if they do sort of in-game event that's a single player thing? Like that, those are the kind of creative cloud 
synchronous things they're looking at Battle of Infinite. Like, it could be terrible. Like, it could just completely flop. But it also could just be, like, totally amazing. Like, I remember, Rand, because the whole, like, it's funny, because everyone credits Fortnite with being the sort of, the first company that did in-game events. But that's utter bullshit. Like, games have been doing (laughs) it for decades. And I, like, I distinctly remember being, like, a little kid, well, I say little kid. I suppose like a teenager, you would say. I remember being a teenager playing World of Warcraft. And, like, there was stuff that had happened in that game, which was like a eureka moment for the industry. Like, universities still study this event to to this day because there was a bug. There was a bug in World of Warcraft which created a real-life, well, it created a disease in-game that spread like a real-life disease would spread. And this bug became like an in-game event by accident. Um, it was just crazy. And I remember being there when that happened to this day. It was like such a cool experience because what happened was Blizzard added a boss to World of Warcraft. Like, man, it's got to be about 16, 15 years ago now. They added a boss to World of Warcraft that had this, they had this ability which gave you a disease. And, um, but unfortunately, they didn't, they made it so like the disease stayed with your character even if you teleported back to a home city. So when people left the dungeon, they spread the disease to other players and the disease just started spreading around the whole, the whole like city where everyone was standing around. And like, if you were a low level player, you just get one shotted by this disease. And when people, when players die in World of Warcraft, they leave a little skeleton behind. And the cities were just full of skeletons, like there was just bodies everywhere. It looked, it looked like, it was, yeah, it was like COVID. <laughs> like real life, you know, well, real life COVID? Man, I'm, I'm getting mm. confused between real life and in-game now. But it, it was like, it was like, it was like, you know, a real pandemic. And like, a university studied it. They were like, man, this is like, this is crazy. Like, this would happen in a game. Yeah. Flame says it's called the corrupted blood. That was, that was the disease. It gave, it gave you like a, it pulsed and every pulse you infected someone else that was near, standing near to you. Just like COVID. And, um, and that was like an in-game event, but it was by accident, you know. And for years, Blizzard tried to do events that were that cool, that dynamic. And they did sort of, they sort of emulated that when they released, uh, Wrath of the Lich King. Like the Lich King came and he, he added, he added like a disease to players which, infected other players and turned them into zombies and stuff. So Blizzard Blizzard were a bit of a pioneer in that space. But then even then, studios have done it even before Blizzard, so oh. um but I, I kinda see them going that direction for Halo Infinite. Like they're gonna have like in game events that aren't just like P V things. They'll probably do story beats like something crazy's gonna happen. Like they'll they'll announce it like they'll announce it. Um They'll announce it, like, on Twitter and start teasing it with somebody. This is just what I'm imagining, by the way. I have no idea if they're going to do this. They'll start ima- They'll start teasing it on Twitter. They'll do, like, the whole ARG thing, like, saying, like, spreading around, like, I don't know, like, uh, radio comms or something. And then, and then there'll be an event where on this day or this weekend, there'll be a boss fight. There'll be a boss fight in inside Halo Infinite's campaign, which you can play. You can kill with four friends. And then, like, you get you get some, like, skins or something that you only get if you're there for that event, you know. I think they're going to do things like that with Halo Infinite. And, like, it could be terrible. It could fall on its face and it could be lame. Or it could be really awesome. 
kind of like how I remember, you know, some of the events in World of Warcraft, like even like a decade later, as being awesome. Like Rand, you you remember like if you if you if there's this epic boss fight and the only time you can do this boss fight is this specific weekend, say for example, mm-hmm. the only time you can get this skin. Everyone who sees you in the next ten years with that skin or that that accessory or whatever, they'll know you were there. That was you were there but, at the start. But Jazz, yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't it be so much better if it was that skin was an NFT? So it was mine and <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's too. Oh Jesus! Yeah, no, don't give him any Please, ideas. No. Uh, Chris, oh Chris R says some people were upset that didn't show the same area, but those same people would be mad if they didn't show a comparison. Can't win. That is true. I mean, we most of the only yeah. thing we've seen from the campaign has basically been that Pacific Northwest looking area with with the trees. People want to see if there's a a desert area or a snow level or different biomes, right? Um, yeah. And they're a little bit worried that they're only showing off, you know, what looks like the same area. So we'll find out eventually. And uh, look at we got we got Sika Mechanico from Xbox Era saying I'm sending some what is that pounds because Rand had the audacity to claim I wasn't supportive and it hurt my feelings. Like, ah. Love you guys. Yeah, I want I want well yeah. So Xbox Era I think two weeks ago um, they had they had Jeffrey Grub Grub on and I was just like listen. <laughs> Like, why is it I always support Xbox Era with my super chats, but Nick and Nick and John never do? You know, and I was like, oh, by the way, thanks for stopping by the show, Grub. Make, please leak something I care about, because he had leaked the the that MMO game or whatever or from that company. Um, uh, but yeah, so the mainframe game. The mainframe game, yes. So yeah, um, it might not be. It, it might be a another cloud PV game like Halo Infinite. You don't know yet. Darnell Hill said. Darnell Hill says there are more than one biome. Stop the lies. Uh, did I? I didn't. What did I lie? I'm just saying people want to see them. I'm not saying there's one biome. I'm saying people want to see the the biome. It makes it seem like there's just one. You know. Uh-huh. Dave says I've heard the word biome more this year than I've ever heard before. Eh, that's the new buzzword, man. Biomes. Yeah. Biome. Vancurian Devil says, so just on camera for Unlocked, but not for Xbox 2? Hmm. Yeah, we got a no uh, camera. It'd be, weird. It'd, it'd it'd be ca- weird if only I was on camera. You'd yeah. be on camera too. I'd have to also change how everything's set up too. If you, if you only, yeah, so we both have to be on camera, but. We can totally do that. Like, I'm down to go on camera. Yeah. Now that I've lost 90 pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't before, but now I am. <laughs> it's because now, uh, now, yeah. now you're, Sexy looking, so you want. But you, if, you want it, if it was you, it, well, it was you originally who inspired me to lose weight because you lost all that weight during yeah. the year, and then I was like, "Well, I'm going to lose weight too." Then, so, so it's, it's thanks to you, really. Mm. Um, um, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the other thing about the trailer is obviously the stuff that's a little bit more open worldish. About uh, um, like the strongholds and the keeps, uh, you know, some people liken that to like the forts or whatever in Far Cry, and they wonder how much is in the game. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. We don't got that much longer to wait for Halo Infinite. I'm super excited. We know the campaign's going to be a blast. Uh, the questions about the multi or the camp. We know the multiplayer's going to be a blast. Hopefully the campaign's going to be really good. But, Jez, there's also 
uh, you know, those those accounts that kind of look at like the I don't know, like Walking Cat, right? He kind of like I don't know what exactly he does, but he finds stuff on the Xbox Store, right? Um, yeah, there there is there is a method to find things that have just hit the Xbox Store. Um, I don't know exactly what the method is, but some people on Windows Central know how to do it. Um, the one and it. only Pong Soul says, "Hey, when can we expect hashtag the Xbox Two Metaverse with NFT currency, and how many biomes will it have?" <laughs> 50 biomes. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? What was I just talking about, Jazz? I completely just blanked. I'm talking about Walking Cat. Walking Cat's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So they discovered a bundle called, like, Early, Ac- Early Access Halo Infinite. And it was a bundle that came with the multiplayer. So there's been some discussion about what that could potentially mean, right? Um, so it seems like there's at least something that will give you early access to just the multiplayer. So, Jazz. Interesting. So, you tell me what you think this is, and I'll tell you what I think it is. What, what's, what's your guess? Well, an early yeah, access bundle that gives you, like, some DLC and what presumably is early access to the multiplayer. I mean, looking at looking at what they've done with Forza... I can see it being like an Xbox Game Pass thing. Game Pass Ultimate gives you early access, something like that. Um, that would be my take on it. What would be your take on it, Rand? See, I've, I've thought I've thought about that, like you. Like we, we we've seen how oh. successful oh. early access can be. Like everybody's posting screenshots of playing Forza right now. Everybody's having a blast. You know, some people put a hundred dollars down for the Ultimate Edition and play it early. Some people probably just bought the $50 premium add-on and are playing it through Game Pass and they're having a blast. And it's like, okay, we know Halo Infinite's got free-to-play multiplayer. And I'm sure Microsoft's like, how can we get people to pay to play the free-to-play multiplayer? And what better way to do that than by offering some sort of form of early access where then people can pay whatever amount of money to play a free-to-play multiplayer early? The question is, it's like, I, 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 I'm just not sure how it's going to be implemented, right? So the game comes out on the eighth, which is a Wednesday. How long? How how how? Like how? Are we talking like four days? So would that be Tuesday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday? So like, if it was like Forza, if you spent, I don't know, a hundred dollars, you got early access, right? Like because. Presumably, they'd be like, if you want to play Halo, $60 for the campaign, it's free to play, but this is like the ultimate version, and it comes with early access. So if you give us 100 bucks, you can play multiplayer four days early, even though it's free, but you still you still get access to the campaign. Or maybe it's something that you can just cheat by itself. It's like, hey, it's just a campaign, or it's just a multiplayer. You can throw us $30. You can play it four days early. It definitely seems like when it's grouped in something called, like, the Early Access Digital Bundle, that it's something you have to pay for, right? Um, but then I thought, like, what if Xbox just surprises everybody? And at the end of the 20th anniversary stream, they're just like, by the way, if you have Game Pass, you can play Halo Infinite's multiplayer right now. All you got to do is just download the Early Access Bundle if you're a Game Pass member, and you can play Halo Infinite right now today. 
That would be very interesting if that was true, wouldn't it, Rand? It would be, but I'm, <laughs> like, that's like pie-in-the-sky thinking, though, Jez. Hmm. I, yeah, I could see that being synced. Um. <laughs> can you see <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Like, yeah, like, there's a part of me that is like, would they really do that and launch the multiplayer three weeks before the game actually comes out when they've always said from the beginning they weren't going to split it? Would people view that as splitting? They certainly couldn't charge people to play it that early. Like, hey, by the way, you know, this 20th anniversary is all about Halo and Xbox, and we got a surprise for you. You can play Halo Infinite today. And by the way, give us 30 bucks and you can do it. Like, it wouldn't really feel good if they were charging for it. Um, Maybe it makes more sense if it was like, hey, if you're a Game Pass member, you can play. But it's like, I don't know, three weeks is a long lead time. So then there's part of me that's like, ah, that can't really be true. Um, But, I mean, like, the listing for the, you know, that listing is real, so there is some sort of early access. So maybe it's like two days. Maybe, Maybe the game comes out on the 8th and early access begins on the 6th, that Monday. But then it's like, well, what's two days early access worth? I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of looking through all the scenarios, and I kind of want to see what other people think. Um, Chad, what do you think? What, what, is, what are you expecting from this early access? Are we going to get multiplayer access a couple days, four days, like, like Forza, or is there potential for a big surprise reveal at the 20th anniversary? You know, that would be a pretty hype moment if they were just like, by the way, you can play Halo today, right now. Here's the multiplayer. Go have fun. And the campaign would have to wait to the 8th. I just don't know how people would react to that. But I totally see that happening. I totally see that happening. They just shadow drop it. I believe that. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it might, it might just be like, maybe they'll call it a beta or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there'll be um, another, like, like open uh, beta, maybe? Flight or something they'll do, but yeah. Uh, Andy Hart says, will there ever, will there ever be VR on Xbox? The market is there. What do you think, Jez? VR ever nope. on Xbox? Nope. The market is not there. I don't believe the market is there, personally. Nah, like, uh, VR is just like, people always say there's a market for VR. There, there really isn't. Like, if you look, if you look at the, if you look at the, the actual, if you look at the actual numbers, the only, the only company that's made any money from VR is Beat Saber. They're the only, that's the only game that's made serious money from VR because they can sell the music packs. Everyone gets a VR headset and all they play is Beat Saber because all the other games just make you sick. Like, I, I doubt Half-Life Alex broke even, personally. I don't, think, I don't think there is a market there. I don't think there will be VR on Xbox, and I think VR will fade into obscurity like the fad it is in a few years. It's, the, it's, the, it's 3D TV all over again, I think. So I don't think you will see VR on Xbox, personally. It's a very small market. It's a tiny market. Yeah. Until, until, they can, until they can figure out a way where you... Until they can figure out a type of VR that A, doesn't make people feel sick, B, you don't even need to wear a headset, no one's ever going to... That's never going to see any serious uptake, you know? If single-player games are a difficult market to crack, VR is even ten times harder. So if you want if you want console VR, you've got to get a PlayStation because it's never come to Xbox, I don't think. It's super niche. And like as long as Facebook, you know, as long as Facebook 
exists, Facebook decides the, the narrative on VR, it's going to be even harder for it to grow because everyone hates Facebook. <laughs> so, you know, when, when it comes to enthusiasts who don't want to be involved in Facebook in any way, shape, or form, that also limits the market, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll see it if they are on Xbox, basically. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Supernova says, do you see, do you see that not adding ray tracing technology to Halo Infinite after your delay is kind of poor care for a product from Studio 343? I know a lot of people are upset that mm-hmm. ray tracing's not there, and they think like, it wasn't gonna be there at launch, so then it got delayed, then it should be there. Um, I, I like, I'm of the opinion that maybe they're waiting for the implementation of an update to the Xbox, the Xbox platform. Because there is like some new APIs coming for AM, from AMD to help with ray tracing. So I'm of the opinion that, I mean, I don't know this, this is speculation. I'm of the opinion that to delay something like that may be tied up to a platform update. That's my personal belief. Don't know if it's true, but I don't know. I suppose I could ask around and see what people say. Yeah. Nathaniel says, Halo Sandbox is way more versatile than Far Cry, so it shouldn't be boring. I'm hoping the enemy encampments don't take up the good portion of the game. I mean, yeah, me too. Oh, and Jez, I just got an uh, an update about uh, the early access thing. Oh. Basically, guys telling me that uh, it means nothing, so... Yeah, it's just, it means, it's not what you think it means, essentially. Okay. So. Okay. No early access for Halo, for Halo, so enjoy it on December 8th, you know? That's why, like, when when people are like, oh, Ryan's predictions quote, like, it's just a prediction. Like, I, I, I thought, like, oh, well, they called it early access, that means that's what it is. But, yeah, I guess uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not what it is, so, you know. Well, it's fun to speculate. I do think that would be awesome, though, if, if it did, like, drop in early, or if there was an open beta or something, because, you know, I'm playing, I've been playing Call of Duty Vanguard through the podcast, and I just keep thinking, man, I wish this was Halo, because Call of Duty Vanguard is not good. It is yeah. super laggy, and it feels like I'm playing, you know, actually, it literally feels like I'm playing a game from 10 years ago, and you know why? Because the maps from Call of Duty World of War are here. Yeah, so I literally am playing a game from 10 years ago. That is hilarious. Mm. Uh, Space Dovacan says, Call of Duty is looking weak. Maybe Halo can launch early. I mean, I think Halo probably still needs a little bit more time, you know. Well, it probably doesn't. Well, they haven't they haven't announced it's gold yet, so, right? They haven't announced that's gold, so they're maybe still working on it. Yeah, um, maybe. You know, they, they gave it its launch date December 8th, so I would imagine a month from now, people will be tired of this Call of Duty, and it'll be all about Halo. I mean, we got Battlefield coming soon, so... There's that as well. Uh, so by the time there, people will be burnt out playing Call of Duty and Battlefield, it's time for the Return of the King. Um, Return of the King. And uh, I've watched two. What? <laughs> you said it was time for Return of the King, and I said, "What? Overwatch two? No, no, Overwatch two. Well, no, because Overwatch two and Diablo four have been delayed again. This time to 2023. Jez, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I think Blizzard has made a tragic mistake with Overwatch by making Overwatch 2 instead of just building Overwatch as a platform like literally every other game that's successful. Rainbow Six Siege, Fortnite, Apex Legends, Warzone, Grand Theft Auto 5. Why are they making a sequel? Why didn't they just 
pour everything into over. They they literally killed Overwatch, and now it's not coming out for another year. No wonder nobody wants to work at that mm-hmm. company. Like, how does that make you feel to see a game that you loved? You loved Overwatch, and it's now just, you know, <laughs> it um, is what it is. I guess they're, ba- they're basically Destiny to Overwatch. Like Destiny didn't need a se- Destiny did not need a sequel. And um, but Activision demanded it because that's their business model. Their business models. Activision want their cake and eat. They want they want to have their cake and eat it. They want to have free to play elements. They want to have pay to win elements. They also want the retail model. They want every they want everything. Activision is super greedy. But this time the greed's really caught them out because Overwatch does not really work as a sequelized game in this climate, and neither did Destiny. Like. Bungie is still struggling with the fallout from having to make a sequel. Destiny should never have had a sequel. It should have just built on the first game, made an MMO, whatever. But, you know, Activision being Activision, they they agreed, got the better of them, as usual, and then GG. Now it's Blizzard. We've got Diablo 4 in development hell. We've got Overwatch 2 in development hell. We've got a whole studio in turmoil. It's, It's a staggering fall. Like, it's it's like cyberpunk times a billion, you know. It's really bad and sad, actually. Because there is a lot of people at Blizzard who don't deserve to suffer because of Activision's greed. Um, obviously, there are people at uh, Activision Blizzard who are scum, you know, Bobby Kotick being one of them. Um, but most of, most of the staff, they didn't deserve this. They just wanted to work for a studio that made games that were amazing and, you know, that they loved and stuff like that. And now we've got a bunch of games in development hell because of Activision being greedy fucks. So, mm-hmm. ah, oh, makes me mad. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. Andy Hart says Forza Five has no ray tracing, even on PC. Overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Jez, you see the PlayStation news? Got the PlayStation PC branding now. Oh uh, yeah, PlayStation Mobile rebranded to PlayStation PC. Um, so, those don't know, like, Sony used to release its games under its mobile brand um, because it didn't really have a, play, a PC brand before, but now they've been like, yeah, we should probably we should probably have a PC brand. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've got now. It, I, I don't think you would bother with the rebrand unless you were going to go hard on PC, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some more of... Uh, did you see the more recent Geoforce leaks or whatever the heck uh, they were? Geoforce. GeForce? Yeah, and GeForce. They are leaky. They are leaky bastards. Nvidia GeForce. So well, they said like Gear Six is coming out next year, but I don't believe that. Yeah, that's not true. Like, I I did see a couple of launch dates for games that I know for fact aren't coming out next year. So a lot of the data in that spreadsheet is speculative, but I don't think some of the game uh, you can't you can't um. You can't ignore all of it because there is a lot of stuff in there that is true. Um, and a lot of the games in there was like God of War for PC and, you know, games that haven't... Not God of War, sorry. Like games that haven't even been announced for PC that are probably coming to PC now as part of the PlayStation push into PC. Do you think, like... Do you think the era of people being able to say PlayStation exclusives are console only is over now? Are yeah. we just going to start? Is it just going to get gradually more and more to the point where PlayStation is a one-to-one match of Xbox's strategy regarding PC? 
I mean, I think all PlayStation game, games will be on PC. I think every single one of them. I think from your Horizons to your God of Wars to your Gran Turismos to your Last of Us, I think every single one of those games will be on PC. And they're not going to keep their two- to three-year window. Like, I think you'll see one-year windows, maybe as low as six months for now, and eventually they'll be day and date years from now. I mean, that even that, that, that leak had, you know, Horizon Forbidden West there and Ratchet and & Clank and Returnal and Demon Souls and Sackboy and, like, it's just the whole thing is, like, the games are getting more expensive to make. But the problem is, is that they sell basically the same amount they always have. So profit margins basically get, you know, they start to shrink every year. And PlayStation games typically don't have any microtransactions. So it's not like you can continuously get um, more money like you could in, like, Sea of Thieves or, I mean, how much money EA is pulling in from Apex Legends or FIFA, right? So it's like these games sell a set amount to the same people. And sure, you know, it's 20 million people, but... It's the same amount, and as we talked about before, investors want perpetual growth. You know, God of War 1 sold 20 million copies. God of War 2 needs to sell 30 million copies. You know, it's it's not good enough for it to only sell another 20 million, right? Um, But what you can do is you can tap that audience on PC that wants to play that game. Now, you've been putting your games on PC two to three years later, and maybe the sales have been muted. I think there's some info that came out. I don't know how valid it is that, like, uh, Horizon, um, the first Horizon sold almost 2 million. Like, Days Gone sold almost 2 million on PC. And some people are saying, well, is that really enough? And it's like, well, I think 2 million, you know, for a 4-year-old game or 3-year-old game is pretty good. But imagine how much it would sell on PC if you could launch it, say, six months later or a year later. It would be a lot more than $2 million. How much would you get if you actually launched it day and date? Um, mm. Because I don't think the PC sales would take away from the console sales. I think, no, think so. it would it, just be additive. And then you add in, like, the potential to go mobile. Like, then you start to really open up the audience to the, to the content. So, in my view... PlayStation PC is just the rebranding of something that's just, it's just going to be second. It'll be like Xbox fans had to come to the terms with it when, you know, Quantum Break came to PC, and then some people struggled with it, and then they were okay, fine, it's Windows 10 store, and then they put everything on Steam, and some people were upset, but everyone came to recognize it's whatever, it's only, it's only good because Microsoft makes money, they make more games, which is what exactly what we want. And... That's kind of what's going on here. So, Sony's just... I know, it's selling these games on PC. It's just free money, man. It's it's what it is. I think Sony's going to realize that they aren't cannibalizing their own sales on their console, that people are going to still buy the PS5s and droves because of it, uh, because PC guys, they're PC dudes. Like, they're not going to buy your console to play their games. Like, they're PC dudes for a reason. And so if you can offer them the game closer to the release, you're going to sell a lot more copies. And that's how you you grow, you know, as Jim Ryan says, he's frustrated. He's frustrated, Jez, that his games only sell 10 to 20 million. He's frustrated. That frustrates him. That current, the well, current... it should. You know, because you've got to think, right, 
right now, as of right now, there's only Sony and Nintendo are really bottlenecked by the chip shortage because Microsoft software, they, they're putting it straight on PC day and day. So Sony's like, oh, well, we're making all these games and people want PlayStations, but we literally cannot sell them to meet demand because there's no chips. So all of our games are being bottlenecked. I mean, there's, there's an argument to be made that they they could just keep delaying the games to make them better because eventually, you know, when they do hit capacity or whatever, um, they'll make more money or whatever. Because right now, any games they sell is basically going to be bottlenecked by the install base or lack thereof. Like, they, they need to access, like, last gen. They need to keep accessing last, last gen to keep selling them too. Whereas Microsoft, you're like, they have the, the entire retail market of PC gaming to tap into. So, of course, from a, like, a growth perspective, Sony's probably really frustrated about it. I mean, they've said as much. And, um, and them moving to support PC basically frees them up to not have to rely entirely on consoles which are bottlenecked by the lack of bloody processors, which Intel says could last all the way through to 2024 nowadays. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? No chips till 2024. You know what I was thinking also, Jez, is if you're if you're thinking about going mobile, right? If you're thinking about cloud streaming, um, Microsoft is using Series X blades for their cloud infrastructure, right? The console is the cloud, correct? Yes. If you're Sony, maybe it'd be more beneficial for you to have your cloud games be the PC versions of, of your own games. Instead of putting P, PS5, PS5s in the cloud, why not just build the PC version and stream that version? Yeah. So that could be their whole, like, also another part of their initiative of why they would invest in PC is they don't have to basically put PS5s into the cloud. They can sell as many PS5s as they have to as many customers as they possibly can, you know, but then you start working more closely PC and build those versions and then offer those versions as the, 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 the base, you know, the streaming versions on, you know, PSN now or whatever, or, you know, iOS and Android. Not, that could be their I've solution. I've got a feeling I know, i got a feeling I know where you're going with this. Are you saying they partner with Nvidia GeForce for streaming instead of make their own cloud? Well, I mean, they aren't, weren't they partnering with Microsoft? Like, remember they yeah, made that. They, what? You don't, you don't think that? I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I mean, we've heard nothing about that. I don't. I don't, I don't think anything was ever going to happen there. Frankly, mm. um, there's. I, I honestly think that whole thing was really weird because Microsoft made a big song and dance about it. Sony was just like, uh, whatever. They didn't even. They didn't even talk about it really. So God knows, that is a really strange one for me. I don't know what's going on there. But for me, if I'm Sony, partnering with NVIDIA GeForce makes way more sense for a lot of reasons. A, you're not helping your competitor. B, NVIDIA GeForce um, arguably is better than xCloud right now. Like, it's more performant. It uses NVIDIA's uh, industry-leading uh, AI to, you know, for the video encoding, which leads to a better stream, more responsive. Um, Microsoft looks to NVIDIA GeForce as its primary competitor in cloud right now. So I think there's a, there's a deal where, where there's a logic to Sony just being like, well, why don't we just make those games PC, for PC, put them on NVIDIA GeForce, 
use NVIDIA GeForce either as our, our vehicle for those titles, like whether it's, whether it's just the Sony, Sony service like PlayStation Now, or whether they just leverage uh, NVIDIA GeForce and partner up on it or something. I think that's, that makes a lot more sense, probably. But I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I haven't seen, I haven't heard of anything going on with that Sony Microsoft thing. Yeah, they haven't really that talked. That's turning to nothing. That's like two years, so they haven't really talked about it. But either way, um, yeah, you could be right. But even even still, like if they're going to partner with GeForce, like that's just the PC versions, this, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it could it could work out like that. But I, it'd be really interesting to see. Like you take a look like Horizon Forbidden West. What's the time frame for that to come to PC? Because judging from that that leak, it's seven months. For, for Horizon Forbidden West comes out in February, and that leak says it's coming out on PC in um, like mm-hmm. September, which is a short time frame. And people said that wouldn't happen. People were like, it's going to be two to three years. But I I don't think it's going to be two to three years. I think it's going to be pretty fast. So. Yeah, I mean they're branding, you know, they're they're basically extending all the PC, and it's like we knew this was going to happen. I mean, this way the industry's moving, but some people didn't want to believe it, and well, now they now they do. So, uh, came on Williams says three four three was silly to go with four K one twenty with worse visuals. Console players don't actually care about frames. Fourteen forty P and sixty would have been smarter. Um, I actually care about frames. Um, and I like the idea of 120 frames in multiplayer. Uh, I'm pretty sure the single player is not going to go up to 120. It's just 60 in the single player. The multiplayer is where frames matter, and it's 120. So um, I'm a console player, and I absolutely do care about frame rate. You know, Jez was the one last year who didn't. Jez was the whole leader of the filmic movement in 30 frames per second until he got to experience 60 frames in every game. And then suddenly, yeah, was, uh, suddenly, thirty frames actually, is yeah. horrible. I was playing um, for the Horizon earlier in filmic mode because it has a filmic mode. I don't know if you saw this. I was like, I yeah. can't, I can't do this anymore. I got, I got to be on sixty. Yeah. Everything's got to be at least sixty now. At least. Um, and Andy Hart says uh, he thinks ray tracing is overrated, which a lot of people do. Yeah, it hasn't really delivered the, on its promises yet. Jeff Jeff Grubb says Jez to you. It's not about Xbox. It's not about the Xbox Cloud. It's about Azure tools. But yeah, Sony oh. does have a relationship with GeForce now. So there you go. Roger, Roger. Uh, by the way, uh, Jeff, uh, the leak war is on between you and Jez. Jez leaked the name of Project Missouri. I don't know if you've heard it heard it yet, or has it been reported <laughs> anywhere? But Jez. Just went up to you and and and, and, really, and leaked the name of the game. So now you gotta you gotta leak something in return. We gotta have the battle go back and forth. You know? Leak a tennis. <laughs> Jeff served it to you and then you volleyed it back to him. So now he's gotta hit it back to you. So, um, oh, Jason Spears says, "I understand a digital world, but why wasn't the ninety-nine dollar DLC steelbook of Forza not offered?" Was this a Game Pass early access move? I understand you are all digital. Yeah, I'm all digital. Um, does Forza normally offer a $100 steelbook? I know there's a $100 Ultimate Edition, but I, is there a physical version of that, or is it only digital? I'm not really sure. So I don't really pay attention to what goes on in the um, in 
in the physical space because I literally only are digital. So, um, was for was the hundred dollar version of of that not like available to purchase physically? I mean, I'd imagine it'd be available on Amazon. I don't know. I guess not. So, um, Jez. Tell me about Facebook and how much you love them, and uh, you think their change, their name change to Meta is so great, and you can't wait to use their products again. Man, Facebook. What is Facebook even? Facebook's like the most dystopian company ever, and Zuckerberg's the creepiest little piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. What a joke of a company, man. But anyway, yeah, Facebook changed its name to Meta. Uh, I don't know if you saw this as well, Ran. This is relevant for, relevant for gaming, but Facebook Gaming is now the second biggest uh, gaming platform, overtaking YouTube Gaming. So you're gonna you're gonna switch to Facebook Gaming, Ran? For, for, should we switch to Facebook Gaming for the podcast? I don't think so. I know, I've always been told by people that the engagement on Facebook is fake. Ah, right. That's interesting. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but. Anyways, um, yeah, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook is rebranded to Meta because it thinks the next, the next phase of the internet is everyone putting on a VR headset and taking, uh, like, Zoom calls in 3D virtual reality. Um, what do you think of this round? Can you see us, can you see a world where we do the podcast in, in Zuckerberg's Zuckerverse? With, no. with virtual reality did you, did you watch his little thing? It was like most overproduced, overscripted, cringe. Like, Jeff Zuckerberg is not human. Or, yeah, that's his name? Mark Zuckerberg? He's, he's not He's not human. Like, he's, he's a robot. He's an alien from another planet or whatever. Like, I, I, don't, I can't, I can't, you can't, you can't watch that thing and think to yourself, yeah, I want what he's selling me. Like, he's a snake oil salesman. He's, he's the definition of it. Um, no. You know what cracks me up about it is, it's the equivalent of Microsoft rebranding itself to Windows Phone. Because, like, met, the metaverse is just going to fail really badly. Like, I don't know what planet Mark Zuckerberg lives on if he thinks anyone is going to want to, you know, put on a VR headset to do non-VR things. I don't know what fucking planet he lives on if he thinks that's going to happen. Not only that, he thinks that people are going to put on a VR headset and give all their health data to Facebook and, like, let Facebook track your eyes, what you're looking at. Do you really want Facebook tracking your eyes? That's the fucking last thing I'd ever imagine I would want for me or my family. So I think Zuckerberg is smoking something really hard because the, the metaverse is the biggest failure of tech bullshit hype I've ever seen in my life. It's just garbage fire, man. But then, but then, Microsoft, but then Microsoft then come out and say, like, they want to do meta stuff with, like, Halo and Minecraft and whatever, you know? Well, what they were saying was that they were trying to change the narrative because Zuckerberg is trying to define the, what the metaverse is and means. He's trying to literally put Facebook's mark on it before it's even a thing, right? But Microsoft is kind of like, well, we already have we already have products in this space. Like Minecraft technically is a product in that space. Where Microsoft, you know, you can you can make a business living through Minecraft. You can sell Minecraft mods 
and make a business. There are businesses that, that are valued at over a million dollars. Literally, and literally all they do is make Minecraft maps, right? So that, that's the idea of a metaverse is Facebook owning the hardware you access the internet to, the platform you access the internet to, the retail flow, so they take a cut of everything that's on it. That's what Facebook's idea of a metaverse is. And um, Microsoft already has a bunch of products like that, Minecraft being one, you know, Xbox being another. But I don't know, they're trying to, like, reinvent the wheel and create a product to solve a problem that no one has. No one, no one is sitting there thinking, you know what, I'd make this Zoom call better. You know what, you know what, you know what would make it better is, is, if, is if it was in VR. You know, if, if this Skype call, if this podcast was in, in VR, I'm sure it'd be way better, right? That's what Zuckerberg's mentality is, which is just laughable. It's just absolutely laughable. And the thing is, all the products they showed, Microsoft's already done. They've already tried this. In uh, Windows Mixed Reality, there's like a fake mansion. Where it's like a fake home space you can walk around in to launch programs and apps in the Microsoft Store. Nobody gave a fuck. Literally nobody cared. Um, and nobody's going to care about this either. No matter how much money they spend, they're, they're hiring 10,000 developers to work on this. 10,000 developers who could be working on green energy. They could be working on cures for, you know, infectious diseases. They could be working on anything useful. But no, they're working on products for Zuckerberg's fucking ego. Makes me so, so angry, right? <laughs> I just hate the guy. I really hate him. I almost dropped the C-bomb on the podcast, which would have been a time. First time for this show. But there really is no other word to describe Zuckerberg than the C-word. I think he's an evil little bitch. And I uh, hope he uh, just goes away and we never hear from him ever again. So that's my take on that. What's yeah. your take on that, right? Um, I understand why they want to do it. They think it's the next big thing. I think it's going to blow up in their face, at least now, because if you want people to do VR for daily stuff, that thing needs to be super cheap and basically be a pair of glasses you put on. Nobody's going to put on a $300. Nobody, a regular grandma on Facebook who shares her anti-vax rhetoric on Facebook is not putting on a headset to go meet in, in a square with other, you know, people on Facebook. Like, that needs to be super cheap and basically just glasses you put on. So, no, yeah. I don't I don't really see it taking off. Maybe, maybe in 20 years when the technology becomes more streamlined, possibly, because I think people are more involved in their digital lives more than ever than their physical lives. I think maybe you'll get there at some point, but I think we're too early there because VR is still not widely accepted. Um, still kind of in its infancy, and it's still too expensive and has too many wires. And maybe it'll make you. Yeah, maybe one day in the future, but not right now. So, but you. But you know what? You know, but you know what's going to make gaming better though, Jazz. What? If I go buy a skin for my character that I own as an NFT Ugh. on the blockchain. Oh, no, no, land, no. Yeah, because EA, EA, Ubi, and, EA and Ubisoft both come out this week and said that they think the NF, NFTs and blockchain and the blockchain are the future of the video game industry. And doesn't that Ugh. just fill you with just dread? Doesn't that just fill you with unease? That the company that came up with loot boxes and ultimate teams is already thinking about how to squeeze you dry with NFTs. Doesn't that just make you feel like 
if that takes on, then, like, the greed that these companies, that what they'll do in the future with this industry is just going to be completely awful. But then you'll have, like, look, I have friends I talk to all the time, all up in NFTs, bro. Like, they love that, but they view it more as an investment. Like, I bought it, and I'm going to be able to sell it for whatever amount down the road. I still don't understand, because they try to tell me how it's going to benefit gaming, and I don't understand how it can benefit gaming. Like, they talk about, like, well, a reasonable second-hand place market, or a reasonable second-hand marketplace for you to sell your stuff, and I'm just like, but... Places like, you can already spend real money in Warframe and get real money back with things. Like, Diablo 3 was doing the auction house, like, years ago. And, like, you didn't need NFTs. For, like, I don't understand what NFT brings to the to games that would make it better than it currently is, other than, like, just pure greed from the companies and someone trying to basically bring, you know, the, the stock market mentality, investing mentality into video games right now. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Chad can explain it to me. Maybe you can. I'm not, I'm, like, what do you guys think? A lot of it is speculative, right? A lot of it is like, like, what is, what is the use going to be the use for this one day? Like, and people are thinking, like, maybe one day we'll, we'll have, we won't, we won't need glasses to access the metaverse. We'll just have a brain implant and we'll just teleport into a, like, imaginary world where, like, we can, like, hang out and and play cards or whatever. And it'll move, it'll move beyond VR glasses, and it'll move, it'll move towards something that you, like, you just, you know, like a little, a little chip patch you stick on your neck or something. And in a world where people access the web as, as easily as they do in games, in games like Cyberpunk or Deus Ex Human Mankind, Mankind Divided or whatever, where you can just access the internet by thinking about it. Digital ownership of, of something is gonna matter, right? The only way you can verify digital ownership of something really is through the blockchain, which is like a decentralized, supposedly incorruptible platform, because it's like, you know, it's all algorithmic or whatever, and, you know, it's, it's indestructible. It's like, if if the blockchain says you own this, it's indestructible. But the, you'd have to destroy the inchi- entire blockchain to like render that ownership of that digital token muted. From what I understand about it, and um, as such, you know, someone someone can be like, uh, no, that's you can't use that skin. I own that skin, and it'd be like, yeah, you've got a you've got a cheap copy of that skin. Like it's it's equivalent to having a print of a Mona Lisa. Versus having the real thing. That's that's basically what it is. And the, the the assumption is that NFTs will be be like the authentic the authenticity mechanism that the internet doesn't have right now. Now you and me, we can just think it's a load of bullshit. But I already think our ownership is a load of bullshit. Like, wh- in what universe would I want to own an original Mona Lisa? I don't know. The people who do want to own art and whatever. Um, they do think it's a big deal. And as pertains to gaming, which is really what we're here to talk about, um, they're thinking of it in terms of, you know, how to monetize user-generated content. So a lot of companies have started looking at games like Minecraft, where Microsoft makes a ton of money controlling the digital marketplace for maps and mods on Minecraft. Companies make maps and mods for Minecraft and they have to pay Microsoft a cut of that money 
but then they can make a million dollar business out of it. Lots of companies do this. Look it up. And um, they make a lot of money selling Minecraft mods. And even before then, we had a game called Second Life where people were selling real real estate in-game, which was kind of like a, a whole Sims MMO kind of thing. And um, people... Uh, the jokester says, the Mona Lisa, my favourite painting from Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio yeah. <laughs> my favourite painting from Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, man, that's brilliant. But um, but they're, they're thinking, like, blockchain will be a way for, like, say, for example, I don't know, say, for example, a celebrity makes a livery for Forza, yeah? Mm-hmm. Say, like... Like Kim Kardashian decides one day, you know what, I'm going to play Forza. And Kim Kardashian makes a livery for, for a car in Forza. And it's like, it's like part of some big marketing thing. Like, say, for example, I don't know, Ford, mate. Ford has a new car. And as part of this promotion for this car, there's an official Kim Kardashian livery for the car. Now, anyone can use a copy of the livery for the car, but the person who owns the NFT for the livery, they'll be the true owner of the livery Kim Kardashian made of that car. <laughs> That's what the blockchain determines. Who owns the original, the official version of that livery? <laughs> and there'll be like a livery auction house where people bid on, on you know, rare liveries like the Kim Kardashian Ford livery you know, and stuff like that. That's what they're thinking is the next the next phase of user generated content in video games. It's the proof the proof of a digital sort of entity or the the authenticity of a digital entity. That's basically what they're saying. Like you could you, you can even use Halo Infinite as an example. Like for example, Rand, here, you know, here's a great example, right? Earlier we were talking about Halo Infinite, right? And how Maybe there'll be an event in Halo Infinite where there's a boss, and only that only that weekend you can fight that boss, right, Rand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only that weekend you'll be able to fight the boss, and only that weekend will you be able to get the skin from killing that boss. So say a thousand people fight the boss that weekend. Just well, it'd probably be way more than that. Say a million people kill the boss that weekend, and they get the special skin you can only get that weekend for playing Halo Infinite. Now, Rand, imagine. Imagine, Rand, that that skin is also an NFT in the blockchain, right? And imagine one day, you know, you want to sell that skin because you don't want to own it anymore. Uh, you're like, maybe you, maybe you quit games or whatever. And maybe there's some crazy rich people who want to launder some money. Maybe there's a drug dealer who's like, you know what, shit, I need to hide some of my assets. Hey, no, I'll buy Randall Thor's NFT Halo Infinite skin. And that's how I'll launder my money. And then the IRS is like, oh, they, 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 they don't have, they don't have like a load of money stashed in a suitcase. <laughs> they, they simply have it stored in this NFT, the official Randall Thor copy of this <laughs> infinite skin. I just, I, I can't believe how ridiculous this sounds to say it out loud, but that is literally basically the mentality they have. You know, they'll, they'll be able to like, They'll be able to monetize NFTs and like, I don't know, maybe, maybe EA gets a cut of the official EA NFT market or something that I don't bloody well know. But that's where this, this, that's where all this shit is going. And it's all speculative because if, 
if you watch Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Cyberpunk and all cybernetic, you know, genre sci-fi, the thing, the mentality is that one day we'll all be permanently connected through some kind of brain implant. In a world where we're all permanently connected through some brain implants, the digital, the official ownership of a digital per item will actually have way more value. <sighs> so that's you know what NFT and blockchain. You, you, in a, in a, in a, that description of me getting a Halo skin and then selling it to a Colombian drug lord later later to avoid <laughs> paint like I could see how that could make gaming better for everybody. If everybody could just sell their stuff to drug dealers and, and, and stuff so they can hide their money and then you get something out of it, of course that makes gaming so much better. <laughs> How was I ever yeah. so blind to the NFTs and the blockchain making gaming better? EA, remember, EA and Ubisoft, they're the good guys. They're just looking out for us, right? So I, I have no idea, like, why anyone would want to buy an NFT. I can see why people would want to sell one. But do people really think that one day they're gonna they're gonna get a return on this stuff? Like, I think the the mentality is right that they'll get a return because Ethereum would be worth more. So yeah. like and the NFT is tied to a cryptocurrency. So like, say for example, how I don't know. Say for example, you buy an NFT today for like a hundred Ethereum. Well. <laughs> Point naught 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 one hundred Ethereum or whatever. Maybe one day that Ethereum will be worth like way more money. You know, maybe that's. And then when they do sell it, then they'll be making a profit. But I'm sitting there thinking, who, who in, who the hell would even want to buy it in the future when it is profitable? I, I don't, I don't get that part of it. That's the bit that sort of I get lost in. Like, what, why, why do people think they'll be able to turn a profit on this stuff unless? You're selling to a Colombian drug lord, in which case um, I can see a future where the U.S. government just sweeps in and bans it all like China's done. Like China's literally banned all cryptocurrency in the country, as far as I'm aware. Um, so if, if it does become the thing where most crypto transactions are to do with money laundering, which, you know, some people think that it is already... Um, isn't there a scenario where the EU or the US just just go, you know what, let's just ban this now. And then just ban ban all the legal exchanges. You'll no longer be able to exchange real money for Ethereum or whatever. Like, what happens in that scenario if, like, exchanges get banned? I don't know, man. For me, I just think it's a load of bollocks. I think it's a load of bollocks. But I'm sure maybe there's, maybe there's a crypto bro in the chat who can tell us why it isn't bollocks, because right now I think it's a lot of bollocks. Oh, bro, I... I... A couple of my friends are big time crypto bros. Trust me. Well, t- tell me, tell ask the crypto bros. Have they intend to make a profit on the the, the NFT pixel dog that they they purchased the other day? Because it basically like, comes down I, to imagine imagine if like a gun you got from imagine you play Destiny two right, and you get a drop a gun drop, but that gun drop gen plus three XS Nvidia GPUs can't do ray tracing well enough. Maybe the fours can. Um, and we have people are here talking about Zuckerberg being an alien uh, and, a, and, a le- <laughs> and a lizard. Uh, Nathaniel says dystopian future intensifies. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Tim, the sorcerer, sends Rand. You got to be careful with books of Robin Hobb. They because they are crack opposed to the wheel of time. Beers. Greetings from the Netherlands. I've read Robin Hobb's books before. I've read the Farseer trilogy and Live Ship Tra- Trader trilogy and the Tawny Man. Uh, I haven't read the new, the, the newer one, the, the last one, Fits in the Fool, so I'm rereading the whole 
trilogy, and they are indeed crack, but, I mean, Wheel of Time was definitely crack to me, so... Uh, BC says, hey guys, any news on when the League of Legends Wild Rift is coming to console? And fills the MOBA void and is a really good game. Hope you're both well. Have you heard anything, Jez, about um, when that game's coming to Xbox? I have no idea about that. Um, I did see that League of Legends and Fortnite are partnering at the moment. There's that Tencent link at work. Um, but no, I don't, I don't know about that, I'm afraid. But it looks alright. Yeah. Uh, Supernova says, does Obsidian share experiences with Bethesda? Why not use the creation engine from Bethesda? Do you think they're sharing stuff back and forth now that they're part of the family? Uh, I I would totally expect that if Obsidian had a pitch that wanted needed the creation engine, that they could use it. Obviously, they've got experience with it from Fallout New Vegas, although it's probably quite a different engine these days. Um, yeah, I mean, could they ever do like a, a New Vegas full-blown remake? I would love to see that. A, a New Vegas remake in the the the, the fully updated um, Starfield version of the engine. I would love that. But um, I don't. I haven't heard anything to that end. But I'm sure it could probably, maybe, will happen at some point. Yeah. Obsidian making a Fallout game, that would be sweet. I actually think Obsidian made the best 3D Fallout game, personally. I think New Vegas was the best 3D Fallout game. I still think that. Uh, Kiwi Overkill says, will a digital game become an NFT? Meaning the selling of digital games. There you go, Jazz. That could that could be a possibility. The digital game tied to an NFT blockchain and then reselling your digital games, you know? Well, you know, it's really funny because Microsoft kind of tried to do this in 2013 and everyone was really mad about it. Microsoft were going to give you the ability to sell, basically like refund your digital games and stuff if I remember right. Um, well, actually, it was a bit different, I guess. Yeah, Microsoft was, was like, a tad bit different, Jez. Yeah, it's just a tad bit different. But Microsoft were exploring this this whole idea of, you know, owning owning a, a, phys a digital license alongside a physical license. So there was kind of that blurring of the line of ownership there when it comes to digital licenses. But I don't think you, I don't think you expressly need the blockchain to do that. Um really, because someone could just implement that using the serial serial thing. The reason that we don't have a used game market for for second-hand digital games is because publishers don't want it to happen. They don't want people to buy second-hand games. They don't want it. So I don't think publishers will, even, will ever allow that to happen. Mm. But what I can see potentially happening is, like, um, for example, Wu-Tang Clan, made, they made an album that they only made one copy of. Mm, and, I did see that, yeah. Uh, and that um, that farmer bro bought it, the guy that everyone hates. I can't remember his name. Mike Shrikelli or something like that? I don't know. But yeah, Wu-Tang Clan made an album that only had one copy. Now, obviously, anyone can make a digital copy of an album, but there's only one physical copy that exists of that. I can totally see a situation where some, like, celebrity game dev, like, makes an NFT... A game, maybe that's, there's only exists one copy of it. And yeah, to verify, to access to it, you have to like, you know, input your, your privacy keys or something, I don't know. Hideo, I can probably see Hideo that. Kojima. Yeah, Hideo, I, I bet Hideo Kojima will probably make like, some like, like imagine, like, uh, PT. Basically PT, because PT is like super rare now. There's no way to get it. Unless you've got a PlayStation that actually has it installed. 
Um, and people actually sell PlayStations with PT installed on eBay. I've seen it happen. So, like, imagine that Hideo Kojima makes, like, a walking simulator, and it's and the only, and there's only one copy of it in the blockchain. I, that is going to happen eventually. And it's going to be really annoying, but it's going to happen, probably. Tim the Sorcerer <laughs> says, Rand, I thought you were new to Hop. No, no, I've, uh, when I... When I was in my book phase back during my early, back during my teens and my early twenties, I'd read pretty much all of Robin Hobb at that point. Uh, but then I got out of reading and, uh, now I'm back into it. I want to read it because I do, I wanted to finish the Fitz, uh, what, the, the last trilogy where she concludes the story and that's what I'm reading now. Uh, a Guns a Gun says, I mean that, I know you guys are joking around, but there's a huge scandal on Twitch right now that some of the Turkish streamers are wrapped up in some money laundering scheme connected with cryptocurrencies. So that shit's already <laughs> happening. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it does happen. It does happen. I know it does. Like, I think I read a study somewhere that was like something like 60% or more of all crypto transactions are are to do with illegal stuff. Which I read, is like, hello. There was some cryptocurrency that popped up based on Squid Game or something, or Squid Game cryptocurrency that ended up being like a, a scam or something. Yeah, yeah. They call yeah. it a rug pull. Basically, like, people, anyone can make a crypto. You can just, what, you can fork. We make Xbox can, 2 crypto? Yeah, we could, we could do an Xbox 2 crypto. Why not? He's basically just fork one of the, one of the open source cryptos. Like, you fork Bitcoin, for example, and then call, give it a name, like, I don't know, XB2. XB2 crypto, mm. and then we we hype it up on Twitter, get influencers involved, invest a bit of money, say, oh, this is the next big crypto, guys. This is the next big crypto. Get in early now. We put we pump it up to a few million, and then we just rug pull, man. Sell, sell it all, take everyone's money, and then run away. Yeah. Well, you know what, Jess? Let's take some questions. Um, I think we hit the end of our regular topics and stuff, so yeah. want to thank everyone for being here on this Excellent Friday. It feels good to do the podcast on Friday. I much prefer it doing on Friday. So yeah, it feels like a Friday thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we had twelve hundred over twelve hundred people here. If you guys enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the like button on your way out. I know a lot of people always dip out here, but if you guys have any questions, me and Jez will definitely do our best to answer them. And the podcast will be up on podcast services. Uh, you know, as soon as possible. I suppose probably early tomorrow or whatever. Um, Toolman wants to know how tall me and you are, Jess. How tall are you? I am five foot eight. I'm I, not very tall. I am six foot two. Damn, Randall so, L. Giant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a tall guy. Um, what else we got here? Uh, uh, Studio says, like Overwatch 2, do you think Arc 2 is a mistake? That's an interesting one. Do you think Arc 2 is a mistake instead of just building on, on Arc 1? Or do you think they can get away uh, with it because they aren't really like a service-based game like the other ones were? I think Arc 2 makes more sense because Arc 1's engine is trash. Yeah, I'm true. sorry, it, it really is trash. So like when when you've got like a situation with Arc, like Arc, for example, where you kind of like the only way you can sort of claw back some functionality is to make a whole new engine. I think that makes way more sense than Overwatch because in Overwatch, they're going to let Overwatch 1 and 2 players play against each other. It's the same engine. There is literally, literally no point in Overwatch 2. There's literally no point. The only point is Activision selling the game at retail, profiting from the brand, 
making a bit of cash. That is the only point. And, you know, if you notice, Activision games rarely go on sale. Like, Call of Duty rarely goes on sale. Because um, they're, they're greedy, greedy-ass bitches, you know. And they, they don't want to sacrifice their retail model. So, yeah. I think Ark makes more sense, but Overwatch is just dumb. Yeah, Overwatch is dumb. Um, Eternal Umbra says, what does the Sega Alliance mean for Xbox and Game Pass? Well, we kind of answered that question when Jez was talking about it, but I guess really quickly, Jez, what is, what is this, what does that, the deal mean for Xbox and Game Pass? It means that they get closer politically. Xbox will get preferential treatment of first dibs on Game Pass exclusives. Um, We've seen Total War Warhammer come in the Game Pass day one. I don't think that would have happened without this deal. Um, it just sort of solidifies the work they've been doing to grow their relationship in recent years. Um, you know, Yakuza in Game Pass, you know, Two Point Hospital in Game Pass, all that kind of stuff. And it also gives Sega preferential treatment on access to Azure servers because, like, say, supposedly Sega's building something they call Super Game. No idea what that is. Um, but, you know, and they've also talked about reviving IPs that have sort of, you know, been uh, on hold or dead, kind of. Maybe maybe this means that Sega gets to uh, partner up with Microsoft more, like with Age of Empires, like Sega's Relic Studio. You know, it just it's just like pervasive partnership, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, we talked about it more in depth at the start. So if you want more more detail, go back and uh, take a listen. Uh, Safe Space Invader says, "Does 48 OLED, 48 inch OLED, make a good monitor?" Well, I mean, I don't know because I don't have one, but the people I do know that have it as a monitor say it's a pretty good one. So it depends how close you sit into it, really. Yeah. Um. Adam says, Randy, did you not see my super chat? I did not. Uh, just uh, send me a mess or just add me here and on the thing and just put it here again, and I will read it. I must have uh, missed it. Uh, Blue Moon says, have you decided on your YouTube channel yet? YouTube channel name yet, Jez? What about the Black Country Bangers? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. Like, I really suck at coming up with names really badly. So... I, I don't know yet. Um, uh, any ideas for me, Ryan? No. <laughs> Jez Corden's Mayo Emporium? <laughs> Something like that? Uh, Widia says, next week is the 20th anniversary. Any plans to celebrate a special video or cake or something? Um, I might make a, I'll probably make a video going over everything they announced. I, maybe I'll even stream the event. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, maybe I'll have a video talking about 20 years of Xbox and what it means to me. Haven't really decided. Um, it is the 15th, so we got some time yet. But I'm sure I'll, I'll make some videos regarding the 20th anniversary and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ar- Arigato Sir says my dream is the 20th anniversary stream is that they bring back the Xbox 360 controller for Series X for limited time. So he wants the 360 controller to be able to be used on the Xbox Series X. Um, I know you can kind of recreate one in the... I saw James Shields actually make one in the... Um, uh, the What is it? What are the... Uh, I forget the name of the website that you can go to to make your own controller, Jazz. What is it? Xbox Design Lab. There we go. Xbox Design Lab. 
Um, let's see here. What else? Uh, Thanaros wants to know how long the Sega and Xbox deal has been going on. Well, I mean, it was announced on Monday. Yeah. You would assume since Monday, but maybe earlier? I don't know. Jazz, do you think it started when that deal was signed? I mean, I would imagine they announced it as soon as it was official, right? Collaborating pretty closely already, like, in a sort of, I don't know, unofficial capacity, but um, I think officially, like, when it comes – I think they just wanted to officialize what they've already been doing. Because I suppose, like, when, when people saw that Total War Warhammer was coming straight into Xbox Game Pass, and they were announcing that early, early on, too – which is very, really strange, because you think that they've gone for the pre-order sales first. Um, I suppose, like, solidifying that sort of, it keeps our expectations in line to some degree. We're sort of like, you know, we're going we're gonna to get more of this stuff. I just want to get a good Sonic game, at, like Sonic Mania. Like, no, I'm not talking oh, about okay. 3D Sonic. Okay. 3D, yeah. Sonic 3D Sonic shouldn't exist, frankly. I know, I know that some people don't like that, but I don't, I don't believe 3D Sonic should be a thing ever under any circumstance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Straight Duval says, whatever happened to FPS Boost? Um, I, I, I would imagine that's one of the things that probably be announced on the 20th anniversary. Some older legacy titles getting FPS Boost. I can imagine that being a thing. So. Um, maybe maybe that's something that they do announce. Uh, Craig Jackson wants to know if I'll think Returnal will win Game of the Year. I mean, I think it'll be nominated, and there's a there's a chance it could win. I guess it really depends on what games are nominated and how people are strongly feel about. It. I think Returnal has a better chance of winning Game of the Year than Ratchet, to be honest. Um, if I were choosing, um, I don't know. For some reason, I kind of feel like this year it comes down to, like, Psychonauts 2 and Returnal. I don't know. Like, those are the two games I look at and are like, even though Deathloop also reviewed well, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I kind of feel like Psychonauts 2, it has that, like, love from reviewers in a way that people don't have. I don't, I guess it's trying to, it's really tough for me to describe, but I feel like people love Double Fine and Tim Schafer, and they love Psychonauts too. And the fact that it was came out as well as it did, and is was as good as it was, and was a recent release, is really going to help. And Returnal just seemed to have more buzz behind it, more longevity than Ratchet. So I think mm-hmm. it's sort of between both of those, to be honest with you, if I had to, if I had to guess. So that's kind of what I feel. Um, Lord of the Empire's Death Singer says, Will we see Avowed soon? Also, a 2022 release. And he's a massive Pillars and Obsidian fan. I don't... Oh, right, so... Okay, that is, um, that is... That's one of the things that was in the NVIDIA leak yes, that I, I thought I wasn't that. true. Avowed coming next year, right? Yeah, so, like, the NVIDIA GeForce leak suggested that Avowed might come next year, but I've heard that I've heard definitively that Avowed is t- targeting 2023. So, um, no, I don't think you'll see it next year. But, I I mean, I don't think you'll see it launch next year, but I do think you'll see it at E3 because it, does, it is in a playable state and it looks pretty damn good. So, we'll definitely, we could see it at the VGAs, but we'll definitely see it by E3 next year. And I agree with yeah. you guys. I think it's a 2023 title. I think at some point, I think it might have been targeting 2022, but... 
I think I think I think it's it's moved been moved to 2023. Um, Anakin wants to know when is Tunic coming out? Uh, probably next year at this point. I can't imagine it launching between now and January. Mm-hmm. Um, Face says, uh, do we think 2022 will be the best year in gaming with all the games coming out next year? There are a lot of games coming out next year. You got Starfield, Redfall, God of War, and Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, don't forget the new Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm sure Nintendo's going to have some stuff. Possibly the new Breath of the Wild game. Um, Forza the new Pokemon. Forza Motorsport probably come out. Gran Turismo will be out. Uh, What what do you think Pokemon? Is it, what's the name of it? Pokemon Icarus or something? <laughs> or a tourist? Or something Icarus? Like I don't know. Pokemon Osseus. Yeah. It, it's probably going to be a damn good year. A lot, a lot of games that were supposed to come out this year ended up getting delayed to early next year. and um, Yeah, so next year should be pretty good, I think. I don't know if it'll be the best ever, but it uh, it will definitely be a pretty 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 damn good year. Um, Solid Kleenex hey, wants to know... Hey, Ran and Jez, with the Sega Microsoft deal, are we finally going to get Persona and older titles as one as day one for future titles? That's, that's the thing people want to know. Like, we talk about the Sega deal actually meaning something, but then there's always that Persona game, right? So... Yeah. It's... it's um, I talked about it earlier, about Persona, because that's the thing everyone always asks. Um, it's political, ultimately. Like they've got a they've got to build a relationship with Atlas as a devolved studio, and like the the deal with Sega helps Microsoft get a, get you know get a foot in the door with Atlas. I would say, um, you know, if Atlas wants to build I don't know some kind of cloud based game, or they want to they want to get a discount on Havoc or Simply Gone or one of the other Azure technologies, you know, it helps build that relationship, right? That Microsoft has just never had with Atlas, so. You would have to hope that it would lead to that, but you know, ultimately we don't know at the moment. Yeah, Armin's Tech Talk says, Rand, why does Xbox always make a big deal about not charging people twice for a game when they do if you buy physical or want it on Steam? Sony is only on Steam, so Microsoft is comparing apples to oranges. Well, I think it's because if you buy a digital game from Xbox and it's first party, like Forza Horizon 5, you get the PC version for you get the Windows 10 version for free, and you also can basically stream that version wherever you want as well. Um, where if you buy a digital version of a PlayStation game, you don't get the PC version. You have to. I get the Steam comparison, but don't forget Xbox. Like Xbox is giving you a free PC version, even if it's not the one on Steam. So, right? Like I mean, what? I, what, uh, this is a weird question because it basically boils down to I hate use, I hate the fact that I have games that aren't on, on uh, Steam and I don't want to use the Microsoft Store. Like, I mean, you're getting a free version of the PC version, whether it's on Steam or not. So it's still a PC version. Yeah. Um, Hargett says, I think Horizon Forbidden West was supposed to release on PS4, PS5 this September and got delayed. PC release was going to be one year later, September 22nd, so PC in February of 2022. Certainly possible. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I, I think originally Horizon was probably supposed to release in the first half of the year, and then they were, prob- they were probably aiming for September, and then it got delayed. 
So it's certainly possible that the September release is basically a year later, and that if it's launching February of next year, maybe it launches on PC February of 2023. I mean, so time will tell. We'll, we'll eventually find out. But people weren't saying one year. People were saying two to three years, and I don't think it's going to be a two to three year wait. It's definitely going to be way shorter. Um, Death Singer also says, are there more than just Forza Starfield Redfield releasing next year from Xbox? Yes or no, if cannot say. Um, uh, yes. Yes. Well, you mentioned you think Josh Sawyer's game's releasing next year, right? Yeah, well, Jeff Grubb said that. Jeff Grubb said oh. Pentiment will launch next year. Yeah, so... But yeah, there's, there's, there's other stuff too. Yeah, and then there's, um, uh, Project Belfry is supposed to be next year, right? Yeah, I think Belfry's next year. Um, um I mean, I, I guess if you're asking from Xbox or Bethesda, I don't know if like anybody else is ready yet. So, um, but there definitely be other games. Yeah. Um, Jack wants to know what do we think about multiplayer designer Patrick Wren announcing his departure from Three Four Three today? Well, he probably, I mean, Three Four Three is probably finished with the game and. You know, he probably got an offer to go somewhere else he wanted to do. I mean, people leave the indus- people leave studios all the time to go to different other studios. It's just what is kind of what happens. Yeah, um, it's a pro- it's a project driven industry. So like, you know, just because like someone's leaving the studio, it doesn't mean that it's because three four three is doing bad or something. It just means that the project's over, and now that their contract's up, they're moving on to something else. You know, it's a it's a prof. People freak out a lot about studio uh, people leaving and stuff, but it's really not like it's not like other industries where people stay in the right the same place the whole time. It's a very it's a very sort of it's got a high turnover because say for example I don't know I spend like this amount of years working on shooters or something and then maybe I want to go and work on a racing game next or something like that and but the studio I'm at doesn't work on those kind of games or maybe I want to you know work on my dream game maybe I want to be promoted and do be a project manager instead of, you know, just doing visual effects or something. So it's a very it's a very high turnover industry, and I don't think like I think people freak out too much when people move around. It's just the way it is, literally just the way it is. Yeah, negative latency says off topic. When Microsoft ditches Xbox Live, what will their justification be for Game Pass Ultimate tier? Nobody on console cares about having it on PC. Well, um, you know, we see, we've already seen them try to add value, like, um, adding early access to games. They'll be like, you know, there'll be battle pass tiers, probably, like, if you've got, if you've got Game Pass Ultimate, you'll have, like, um, I don't know, a premium track in the, the battle pass, stuff like that. There's a lot they can do to add value. Um, and I do think there is a future where they add a cloud only subscription as well, but, I don't know. They'll, they'll add value. They'll figure out a way around it. I definitely don't pay for Game Pass Ultimate just because I want Xbox Live. Um, it's like a full package deal, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul says, could Avowed and Hellblade 2 be the big Xbox games for 2023? Um, I think both those games are coming in 2023, but I don't think it's just those games. Uh, there'd be, I think there's more as well, but... I think both those games are 2023, yes. I think 2023 will also be the first year where they actually hit their big game a quarter uh, mandate that they've set for themselves. 
Yeah. Uh, Mark Hoyt says, why didn't Jez mention Xbox 2 and Rand on, on Podcast Unlocked? Huh? He didn't? Yeah. Wow. What a friend. I mentioned him on <laughs> Defining Duke. I was like, hey, Xbox 2 and my buddy Jez Corden. You know? Wow. I don't know. Wow. If I didn't, if I didn't, it's not on purpose. Wow. <laughs> I feel, I feel horrible now. Oh, well. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, looking for more. I think it's because I was there with Miles and it, it was more of a Windows Central thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I don't know. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they introduced us as being part of Windows Central, right? So. Yeah, I um. Sash says, uh, prediction, how many games will Xbox show at the Game Awards? Interesting. At least one, possibly two, I would say. Yeah, I think you're going to get one or two, but who knows? Maybe they've got more. Maybe I mean, maybe three. Really... Who knows? Maybe they're just like, you know what? Jez and Jeff leaked everything, so let's just let's just show everything. Yeah. Let's just screw it. put everything out there, right? Let's just leak everything. I would like that. Leak everything, Jez. <laughs> um... Man, what, why did... Why is Take Two's stock price just slid three percent? I don't know. Uh, Cookie wants to know: Could Ubisoft Plus come to Game Pass for a higher cost? I mean, yeah, wasn't didn't Nick say Ubisoft Plus was supposed to come to Game Pass this holiday? Does I think so? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I know there was discussions, but I mean, I don't know if maybe maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen sometime maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe they're waiting to implement the blockchain before they start that. <laughs> the blockchain. A guns a gun says, "Is it? It's for both of you. Which mode do you guys use on Forza Horizon Five? Quality or performance? I tried performance, but Horizon 30, 30 frames is pretty smooth and looks so good. Jazz, which one are you using? I'm. I started on uh, quality because I wanted to. I went. I just wanted to see like the sheer, you know, the sheer, the full force of it to start with." But then I was like, man, I'm just so used to 60 now. I can't do it. So I ended up going to performance mode. Yeah. And I know I use performance mode. I, uh, I tried it out a little bit. Um, I was using quality mode, and I just couldn't stand the motion blur. Um, so I went mm-hmm. to performance, and that's where I've been playing since. 60 frames. No motion blur, at least not as much motion blur as there were in 30 frames. I don't know. Um, but that's – I'm pretty much performance mode all the time in any game, you know. I, I need those I need those frames. I need those frames. Um, oh, there's a rumor that Type 2 are looking to buy the FIFA brand since EA is dropping it. Oh, yeah, like they wanted um, – yeah, I had heard that um, – so they like I think they want to double like the FIFA want to double from EA and EA is like hell no uh, yeah so so what it went drop because Take Two wants to get the license yeah but FIFA still licenses all the likenesses so mm. I, that is so weird like why bother licensing the brand FIFA without the likenesses I don't know yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. So damn greedy. Like, um, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine for for a minute a corporate meeting between FIFA and EA? Can you imagine a a, a bigger hive of scum and villainy? <laughs> a bigger hive of scum and villainy. I cannot. 
Uh, Clarence Boddicker, want, Boddicker wants to know, is the collab with the Duke lad still happening? Oh, yeah, we were going to, like, we were both going to go into Finding Duke, right? Was that a thing? I, I mean, I think so, but I don't know if that's been announced. So I don't know if that's, I don't know. you know. I don't know. Re- tell the Defining Duke guys to reach out and we'll. Yeah, tell tell Cognito and Mr. Matty Plays that you want me and Jazz at the same podcast, people. Use code XB2 in the checkout at manscaped.com. That's XB and the number two. Thanks again to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. So, you know, sound effects like... Yeah, we definitely... Cole, come on. When, when, when are you going to be getting that uh, those uh, Manscaped products for, for your... Uh, uh, actually, uh, in, a, in a week or so. Yeah. Oh, really? In a week? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh wow! Is Manscaped taking over the entire Xbox podcasting mm. scene? Hey, shout out, my... out to Manscaped, but I just I can't I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, uh, you know, people got lives and, and families to feed and stuff. So you know, people in the chat, hey, that's how the internet works. And and shout out to Manscaped for scaping mans. Yeah, and you are <laughs> you will be sponsored by Toro grass trimmers. I'll be sponsored by Toro's remote control can openers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Manscaped, Raid Shadow Legends, who's keeping track, right? Yeah, right? You know, getting yang, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, we do have a couple Super Chats I want to get to before we get into the topics. Uh, Replicants of Happy New Year. Hope everyone has a great Manscaped 2022. Uh, Kalanta says mayo with Oreos. Oh, the whole mayo thing. People be tagging me in this mayo <laughs> stuff all the time on Twitter. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Flame says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hope Ren, Jez, and Colt, and ugh, Dealer had a great holiday. I'll Ooh. see you all next year. <laughs> Have a great show. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, he had a little uh, mental experience when he thought about me. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, our man Punkadish says, my balls feel cleaner just listening to, Rand- <laughs> just listening to that. Rand in his smooth-ass voice, lol. Hashtag manscaped. And uh, thank you for probably for becoming the newest member of the channel. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, it's awesome that everybody's here. Um, Jacob says to dealer, I thought you were somebody else. I'm not going to say. I guess he, he he thought you were somebody else, dealer, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Space I don't, Dovacan, know, I don't know how you would get that mixed up. Yeah, I know, right? It's not completely different. Space Dovacan yeah. said, Lumagam, what's happening here? This is an all-star show. Yeah, I figured I... Uh, you know, why not for the last uh, show for 2021 um, get two of my uh, best friends on here? And, and I legit, when I say best friends, I don't just mean like, oh, you two friends. Like, I talk Holy. to Colton Dealer all the time outside of YouTube. Um, even though I haven't really been on Xbox much as of late, I'm kind of in a funk with just life in general and <laughs> video games in particular. But, uh, like, Dealer and Colt have helped me, uh, you know, do some things personally that, uh, you know, I always think of them as, I don't know, like, my big brothers. So that's why I want them to have them here. So, you Are know. Are they even older than you? No, they're not. I mean, I'm, well, no, Colt's <laughs> older than me. But, but no, listen, when you listen to Dealer, Dealer's got such sage wisdom advice. You know, so I'm like, listen, Rand, just give her the money she asked for and run. It, that is, the limits. I don't know. So, <laughs> look, look Rand, we all love you. The chat, you know, anybody who's been around, seen us all do shows together. And shout out to Jacob for thinking I was a crap gamer. Yeah, shout out. How could anybody oh think that? <laughs> I don't know how you don't. You guys, Tom, nothing like. 
But All Americans sound the same to me. Just saying. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> Dron TJ says, "Hell yeah! All my favorite podcasters in one podcast." Uh, there's a lot of people talking about how this is an all-star podcast. I actually wanted to get Gaz. I wanted to get the sauce in the pot in the show today, but he was busy with a lady, so that was uh, <laughs> unfortunate. But uh, yeah. Oh my god! Out there for. I don't know, I'm just saying. And you know what was funny? Because he sent me, it wasn't even text. I, I'd be like, hey, you want to be on the show today? And he sends me a, a video of him, and he's like, look who I'm with. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on like, here? It looks like you're in line behind a lady at Subway. What do you mean, look who you're with? Yeah. Um, well, the worst part is he's out with my mom, so we're going to have to talk about that later. So, not. yeah, before we get into everything, <laughs> before we get into everything, let's a little talk about the games we've been playing. Uh, me, I haven't been playing shit. So... <laughs> Uh, it, I just haven't been in the gaming mood. Uh, but I know you guys have been playing stuff. Uh, dealer, what what have you been playing recently? Uh, you been you you've been delving into 2K? You know? I just beat Psychonauts 2 yesterday. I beat Dying Light uh, the first one the day before. It's FPS boosted. Uh, yeah. It makes it a lot easier to go back to and play. I'm really excited for Dying Light 2. I beat pretty much everything that's come out over the past month or so. Uh, and then we're just kind of digging into the backlog again, going looking to go back to Far Cry 6, Randall. Really? Yep. Far Cry. So, you had Psychonauts 2 early. You had it for preview. You had it for review, just like me mm-hmm. and Colt did and Jazz. Um, you, I don't think you, you beat it when it, it first came out. Game. I, was, I saw it anyway. I kind of uh, I compartmentalized it over into the stuff I'll play when I'm bored. And I jumped back into it here and there, and I found it to be much more than what I expected, I guess. You're right. We all played it early, and, and other stuff came out, and... I came back to it, and I kept saying it in podcasts, even in videos, I'm really surprised by this game. Like, I should have played this sooner. And when there's mm-hmm. another one, if there is, I'll definitely play it, you know, probably day one. And how do you... How and do you it got better, right? It got better as yeah. you got through the levels. You know, the only thing is you don't know where to go sometimes. Uh, and if you go and play it and come back in a week or two weeks and quick resume, right? Uh, you just like, what the hell was I doing? Who's the dude I got to hand the bees to? And where's that at? And it's not marked on the map. And I was asking Cole, like, I didn't know where to go and what to do and when. And you just kind of got to figure it out. And I get that. But if you take long breaks from the game, um, you know, you will, <laughs> you will uh, get lost here and there. Uh, let me ask you a specific question about about the game and the developer, uh, Double Fine. I love Psychonauts too. I think it absolutely deserved the game to your nomination. Sounds like you're really enjoying it as well. How do you feel about that report, which you made a video about in one of your many Xbox update videos you do on your channel? Mm-hmm. Um, update. update, Xbox update, upgrade, <laughs> Xbox upgrade, up, update. Um, a huge shocking, shocks the world upgrade. I mean, yeah, at least you're not using shocking or insane every other title for the last ten titles. Uh, <laughs> Be honest. Uh, how do you how do you feel about Double Fine essentially oh, hold putting on, hold up? On, Rand. Hold on, Rand. Rand, Rand, hold on. Before you. Hold that thought. Like, okay. you, you got to kind of help the audience out here a little bit. We live in this YouTube world, and, and Jez lives in this, you know, world where you're writing for a website, and you have to, like, get people's attention. And it's this nasty enemy that, like, says, <laughs> them. lure them in with goodness. And uh, we tr- it's such a difficult <laughs> – I, I made this video last night, and I put all this work into it, and I sat down to make the thumbnail. The thumbnail maybe takes me half an hour, an hour. Like, dealer and I try to create little teeny masterpieces. And I sat down, and, like, all of my excitement about the video deflated because I knew that on YouTube it comes down to if that thumbnail is even anybody gives a crap 
so anyway, that's why we make the jokes about uh, the yeah. titles. Or you could just make make a title like Xbox reveals Fallout Five, Elder Scrolls Six, Starfield, and get five hundred thousand views. You know what? I don't. Rand, Rand makes these jokes knowing that he does this worse than most people. Worse? What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> if this I mean, if this gentleman actually made videos, you yeah, would see that he, you know, shocking world shocks the world. Hey, I've brand new megatons. You know, I just don't want to hear it, Randall. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it works, right? But I wanted to ask you specifically. I wanted to ask you about Double Fine because you made a video talking about the report that came out that they were splitting into different teams. So all their employees were working on Psychonauts 2. They created a Game of the Year contender. Do you think it's wise of them or good for them to split up and start making multiple separate projects instead of maybe... No, the only thing I talked about in my video was, um, and again, proof that Randall doesn't watch our stuff, but oh. the only thing I talked about in our, my video was the fact that they were looking for new ways. Uh, they were currently investigating new ways to impact their emotions with gaming, uh, they were also experimenting with new gameplay styles and ways to tell new stories. And I thought that was intriguing because I was in the middle of getting back into Psychonauts, so I spent about two and a half minutes talking about it, and it was one of, you know, several topics, but I still thought it was interesting enough because I, I found myself enjoying Psychonauts, too. So whatever they're doing, they clearly spend time uh, figuring out new... Because Psychonauts, too, is famous right now for being multiple games in one. Not quite like It Takes Two, but... Every level's different because you're in, you're in a different mind, right? Every, every level, you're in a, someone's mind, and it plays out differently. Some, you know, so there's different mechanics, and I think they can do a lot of cool stuff, you know, depending on how many how much time they put into this, right? So, I don't know. I thought it was uh, something worth mentioning, I guess. What do you think they're going to do? Um, I think one of their games is going to be multiplayer-focused. I think they want to do some stuff in that uh, area. I will say, though, now that, now that you're, you know, you, you've kind of gotten to a liking to... Psychonauts, where would you where would you rank Double Fine now of all the Microsoft Studios? Have they gone up in your estim, est, you know uh, estimation? Psychonauts is a solid eight out of ten for me mm-hmm. because of the many different ways they've kind of um, it's quality. There's a lot of boss battles in the game and they all seem different. Um, I would say that um, I've always known their quality, but I've never been as interested as now. It hasn't really moved a whole lot for me personally, but I know that I'm I'm kind of looking out next time. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Cult killer on that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, they've made some like cult classic hits over the past couple decades, and there are some games that I've tried that came with games with gold a long time ago. Uh, didn't they make Costume Quest? You know, yeah. and yeah. they've made some stuff, and I'm like, this is weird. This is goofy. This I don't like it. And and um, Psychonauts. I've never been a fan. I didn't play the first one, and I messed around with it when it came back in Pat like two years ago. Knowing that there were sequels coming, I'm like, ah, I don't like this. But um, you get, like, two levels into Psychonauts. It's like you get in the second level where you're on a big bowling ball. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And then the next level is even better, and it just kind of got better. And I could really tell that you could tell when Microsoft stepped in and said, hey, you want some funding so you guys can do what you want to do and they could stretch their legs? So, like, your original question with Dealer about them splitting the team apart to make more stuff, uh, obviously, they're when they all work together with the backing and funding, I think they do a much better job. I'd like to see them just stay as one team and make one big giant game and then work on the next one after that because they don't need to fill all the gaps uh, for releases with so many studios. So Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Um, yeah, I need to get to some of these super chats. Uh, man, a lot of people talking about uh, Sin Vendetta says, Ranjez, Dealer, and Colts are my favorite podcasters all in one place. 
It's like the super friends have assembled in one place. Thank you, buddy. I know Finn is uh, really looking forward to Jazz playing Elden Ring when that comes out in February. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I was I was actually thinking about doing a crazy experiment next year where all, where the whole year all I play are games on Game Pass. But then I remembered Elden Ring's coming out, so that I yeah. <laughs> Literally, I, I, re- I reckon I could have pulled it off just because of Elden Ring, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Xbox. Elden Ring, you, you mean Dark Souls 7? Dark Souls yeah. 7, yeah. It's pretty much yeah. it. World Dark Souls. Xbox is uh, a... Huh? Is that your favorite, favorite franchise? Well, it's all I've been playing lately. Like, um, I got into it about a month ago. Not even... Not even a month, maybe like three or four weeks ago. And I just haven't been able to play anything since. Hmm. I just played Dark Souls nonstop. Yeah, you like, should you should hear what he amazing. told me before he joined you joined the show. He's uh <laughs> he's playing something for a review right now, which he can't mention. And I I'm not even gonna say what he said. I'll I'll tell you after the show, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. I don't even uh, know which direction you're going to this, uh Rand. Was it crazy? Was it funny? Or was it exciting? Dude, just every game is bad compared to Dark Souls. That's basically oh, what I'm saying. No. Come on. Okay. Yes, he's, he's turned into one of those. Started Dark Souls like the first one three weeks ago. I don't understand. Do you have a history with it? No, I don't. It's this this way it's going, man. I'm I'm stuck <laughs> into a rabbit hole, and that's where we that's where so, we're going. So now. you found your Wheel of Time books? Ooh. I, yeah. This is this is my Wheel of Time now. I always looked at I always looked at these guys. Wait, no, how could it be? That's bullshit. How can it be your real time? You just discovered it fucking two days ago. Well, this is a really good real time. Shit, it's it's an actually good time. Dealer Dealer wasn't even alive when I was reading Wheel of Time. That's facts. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And Colt Colt was like just turning (laughs) fifty. That happened. (laughs) Brand. Brand. I'm sorry that show's trash. Uh, Well, you know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it had some good episodes, and it had some re- two good, two really good episodes. I would pack it a nine. Uh, most of the upper episodes were seven to eight, and the last episode was awful. I'd give it like a five. So I'd probably give the first season like a seven if I had to like rate it. Uh, nice. But I there are some decisions where I having me scratching my head. Someone who's read the books five times, I'm just like. This almost is veering into fan fiction and not an adaptation. Um, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So you haven't played on Xbox in like a month, aside from Among Us, to read these books and do <laughs> nothing but read these books. Well, and you watched the show, and you gave it a seven, meaning to a normal person, it's a, it's a four. Well, you know. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I, I respect it, Randall. Okay, that's good. I, what can I say? I love Wheel of Time, and I wish the show was better. Uh, I think, I think it can be better. Um, they were really hampered by COVID. They they filmed the first six episodes and had to shut down production for a whole year. And then they, they had, had more time to think about how not to make it trash. And oh Jesus didn't. Christ! I shouldn't have invited you in the show if I knew this was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's better you know than Wheel of Time? It'll be better. You know what's better than Wheel of Time? Demon Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah. Um, Xbox Gamer in the Super Chat says, just bought a Backbone 1 portable Xbox system. Also, my future husband will be an Xbox player. No exceptions. Great show. He well, said this. He said the same exact Super Chat on Tuesday. Did he? Uh, yeah, the same one. Well, I guess he wants people to know that yeah, on Monday. He, yeah, on his Monday, future yeah. husband's going to be an Xbox player. So. He's got that thing copy and paste yeah. somewhere. 
Shout out to Xbox Gamer. Uh, Dread Planet says, if you were if you were PlayStation, what route would you take for dipping back into first person shooters? Revive Resistance, Killzone, or New IP? Um, I would revive SOCOM, and I turn it into a battle royale ish type of game. That's what, what about Max? What, what about massive action game? Remember that? Uh, Mag? Yeah. Mag? What about... Is it better than... Uh, uh, in the Killzone series, like it's more beloved. I think I would mm, I would say Killzone is probably more recognized. But why would you want to go back to Resistance when you can have Insomniac make uh, Marvel Marvel games, right? Like Spider Man, yeah. Wolverine. Uh, there's no need to make any of those, Randall. You just you just cash in on that Destruction All Stars hype, and you make SOCOM All Stars. Oh. Oh, oh my the God! Did Destruction Arcells oh, even come out? I don't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure it. it no, it didn't. Just, it didn't get a Metacritic either, which is kind of crazy. It just didn't totally miss that whole setup. Wait, yeah. what? The what, you know what? Combat didn't get a Metacritic. No, it, no, it never got any review scores, and the review score never showed up. Nothing was yellow, and everything's good to go. But you know, I think uh, you know people. People, when Halo Infinite came out. You've got a lot of people who are trying to downplay Halo Infinite. It did really well, and it was received really well by critics and fans, and it's a big deal. And I think a lot of PlayStation fans, maybe they want to have something where they can play in a first-person shooter with combat that feels as great as Halo Infinite does, but um, maybe it would need to be a new IP. But I know they've been asking for Resistance because that's Insomniac, right? Yes. And uh, they... They can just keep making Marvel movies, but they're going to do Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. And then if they got another team on making something that felt as great as Halo, because uh, Halo's a big deal. And the PlayStation platform does not have a first-person perspective shooter of their own anymore I, at I, all. I do think me, Jazz Dealer, and you agree that Sony's going to delve more into multiplayer and games as a service this generation. That yeah, I think everybody in the world agrees yeah. with that. Yeah, well, you know, some people they, they don't believe that. They thought Abandon yeah. was a game by Kojima. <laughs> you know, and they were. Yeah. I'm just saying, like a lot. It's, it's just some people don't believe everything is going to be single player forever. Uh, which I mean, if you're Microsoft, you're showing that you can do both. You know, maybe you kill certain characters off screen like morons, but you can do both. Hey. And um, yeah, there's no reason you can't. At least Wheel of Time didn't do that, dealer. So, you know, that's something like You know what? I want to circle back to that first. Did you actually oh, watch? No. no, 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 because I need to know this because I haven't really spoken to dealers since I haven't been no, on Xbox in like a month. Well, how do you know it's trash then? How do you know it's trash if you because have you so, talked to Obi? Obi loved it. To, uh, I was talking to Game Forte right, and he was like, "Hang on, bro, I'm playing Boyfriend Dungeon." I'm like, "What the hell?" Never mind. That's a long story. Basically, I think it was. Uh, it was. That does sound like a game Forte would play. Oh, jeez. But Obi, Obi's loving it. Luca's watching it. Come on. Obi has a real life-size Captain America shield in his bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Obi, one good friend. Yes. Shout out to Obi. Uh, Nightwolf in the sub chat says, Ranjez, Colt, and Dealer. Love it, guys. Glad to see you guys. Can't wait to hear this roundtable of bone cream goodness. Uh, What? Bone cream. Bone cream. Bone cream's an Xbox 2 meme. Yes, an <laughs> Xbox 2 meme indeed. Uh, Andrew Courtney says, pre-happy New Year's fam. Jez, up your mail game to Alioi from the next year. Stay safe and be well. I have no idea what Alioi is. Oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a type of mayonnaise, I think. 
Yeah. Garlic mayonnaise, if I remember right. Uh, George says, how do you feel, how do you feel about Xbox abandoned IP? Oh. Banjo, Viva Pinata, Crimson Sky, Microsoft Cameo can be powerhouses. Jez Tweet maybe think about them. Cole, how do you feel about Banjo coming back? Potentially. Uh, to the top of your list? Well, I know you, I know you're, I know you're goading me, but, oh, um, you damn right I am. Yeah, I, Come on, let it out, Xbox says, let it Xbox out. Xbox has so many games out, and they've got so many mature games at this point. They just There's a couple things missing, but get the right studio on Banjo. It's obviously not going to be rare. They won't do it. Double Fine won't do it. So just grab a third-party studio. Bring in Sumo Digital, like I said. Bring in a Sumo Digital team that made Sackboy Big Adventure and have them reboot Banjo-Kazooie, but it has to be an explorable world. It can't be these little levels. It can't be like, I like Crash Bandicoot 4 where you do all these challenge levels, that's fun, but I want to explore and figure out who this banjo, this bear in the bird thing that everyone gets so uh, hyped up about. Uh, hey, can you do the, do the voice for me, Cole? You made, you made a whole video about it, You Cole. did. You should know. I only got yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like 12,000 views. It was uh, during a time when uh, views were a lot higher than that. But anyway, it was like... <laughs> That's the whole game. No, the whole thank you. That's never gets old. Wow. Thank you so much. That's, the, that. that's the dialogue in the game, and it's like at the bottom. Of the yeah, well, they just got all their sound effects for the game. They sure did. Yeah. They save save a lot of money on it, you know. Or it could just <laughs> be get Troy Baker to play banjo <laughs> and get uh, get Nolan North to play kazooie. And, Isn't uh, weird Troy Baker voice acts in Dirt Five? <laughs> well, oh, Troy Baker's in everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. In Dirt Five, he's like. I swear they gave him like a fifth of whiskey and just turned on the microphone. And he's like, no, no, you know, Cole, that was a, that was one hell of a race. You were, you were turning the steering wheel and the wheels were kind of going along with it. Good job, buddy. That's basically what he does. Those pictures didn't pop in until about ten feet away. That was great. No, if you didn't know, <laughs> Troy Baker also voiced the monster in the medium. Quality work there, you know. What? Yeah. I can't even. Rem- I can't even remember the monster in the medium. <laughs> Yeah. Did you know that he's the voice of the guy in Dying Light as well? He is. He's everywhere. He's literally everywhere. No, 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 that's not him. The guy no, that, that, is him. That, that is him. No, it's not. There's 100% Troy Baker in Dying Light. The main like. character is a Troy Baker sound-alike. No, I'm yeah, I thought it was I will Troy bet Baker. You, he sounds just like him. I will bet you that the... the I the, will the, arm wrestle you right now for feet. it. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll look it up. I will trade you. Do you know the guy in Dying, Dying Light, his name is... like the guy in Dying Light 1, and it is not Troy Baker. So maybe uh, it's the same sound alike. That's a different There's a sound alike Troy Baker out there? It, it, it is a sound alike Troy Baker, because I thought it was Troy Baker. What's uh, the main character's name? It's not Aiden. It's uh, Aiden Pierce. Who's played it, Miller? Otherwise, that's watch like... Uh, Crane. Yeah, Crane. Something Crane. He climbs the Crane. Just so Roger Cra- Roger Craig Smith. Wow. So he okay. is Batman and Batman Arkham Origins and Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. and Espio from Assassin's Creed 2. Wait, so you're saying he's the one that sounds like Troy Baker in, in Dying Light? He does. Wow. In, in Dying Light, he's, it's like a Troy Baker type voice, yeah. He does a great job. I stand corrected. In uh, Dying Light. Yeah. I stand corrected. Uh, Keyshawn Thompson says, someone should tell Microsoft that they need to fix modding on Game Pass PC, but it hasn't been fixed already prior to Starfield. Uh, PC is one of the areas that Microsoft definitely needs to fix. Jez, you wrote a, like a very condemning article about PC yeah. and Xbox a while ago. I've got back. another one coming in a week. Another <laughs> one? The title is PC is trash. Just cool. But hey, it's not trash if you spend $8,000 on a PC no. and then nothing's ever I mean, wrong with it with your games, right, dealer? I mean, constantly. It's called the <laughs> Xbox 2, now the Xbox 4, right? But, um, yeah, not PC. Not PC 2. 
Mm. Let's talk about Xbox. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Jazz, give us a hint. What, what's, so what, what are you going to go into Xbox uh, for for PC? Just give us a little hint. Well, I've just seen lately, they've, they've started ramping up the marketing for PC Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially in Germany, I keep seeing ads for PC Game Pass. PC is very big in Germany. Strategy games are very big. And simulator games are very big in Germany. So all the time in Germany, I keep seeing PC Game Pass adverts all the time. And I just can't help but think, don't start marketing PC Game Pass until the app is less than garbage. Because right now, the app is utter garbage. And I've uh, got some details on why the app is garbage. Um, long story short. On this? Yeah, maybe. Don't spoil like, it, Jeff. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't, I don't mind. I'm just assuming it's made by the people that made Wheel of Time. Well, this is the, this is the thing. You. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if they if they made apps, maybe. But uh, the app is sort of, it's handled by three different divisions. So you've basically got the Xbox team fighting the Windows Store team. Basically, it's all the same issues that were were prevalent for years. And In the 2000s, happened, right? Yeah, they still haven't been fixed. It's a Windows team battling the Xbox team for control of the app, basically. So because it's like the Navy the Air Force battling the Army. Yeah, kind of. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know why they, they want to, they don't want to collaborate on it properly. But long story short is that um, because of the store, the back end, and because the app's pre-installed on Windows. There's sort of just a miscommunication between the two teams or the three teams that work on it. And it just, yeah, that's why it sucks. They should be putting the customers first and they're not. And I think until they put the customers first, they don't even bother marketing it because the app is trash. So can you explain that's why the cell phone app is still pretty trash as well? Uh, well, it's a, it's a similar reason. It's because different parts of the platform are handled by the Windows team. Basically, well, Xbox needs to take over Windows. They need to put Phil in charge of Windows and just have at it. And then rebrand it to Xbox. We all know he's retiring sooner or later. Well, dealers talking about, Jez, can you and Rand explain, because a lot of people get mad and they'll holler at me like I run the app, right? Can you explain why you cannot, there's no store, you can't just go and buy a game uh, on the Xbox mobile app through Uh, Xbox. There, yeah, you you can't go on the Xbox app where you look at your achievements and your screenshots and whatever and your friends list. You can't go into a store, look at a game, and buy it. I think that's basically the same stuff. It's because no, 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 it's, it's not to do with Windows. It's not because it's iOS store policy. You can't. No, no, no. Because, no. But it's the same on Android. It's the same on Android, dude. But, yeah, I'm on they, Android. They, and I can't they built store. the same because why would they build two separate apps? They just built one. No, but, a previous app on Android, you could buy stuff out of the store or link to it or something. Maybe there is a policy that creates that. There is. That's because it's. I've asked. It used to be the case. I've asked. I've asked this. I've I've asked people about this. The reason why you you can download any game you want from the Xbox app, but have to purchase it elsewhere, is because iOS does not allow you to purchase games from an app that also features the ability to stream games. Yeah. So it's why PlayStation has uh, a separate remote play app that is completely separate from their PlayStation app. So you can buy games from the PlayStation app, but if you want to remote play them, stream them, you have to use a different app. For whatever reason, Microsoft felt it was better to have the streaming app in the main Xbox app, but because of the iOS restrictions, 
Uh, I don't get it though. Like you go to you go to the Xbox Game Pass app and you can stream your games. So they already have two separate apps. The game streaming app allows you to go into Game Pass games and stream them directly to your phone. So what is the point of hindering the Xbox regular app that it takes the store out of it? Yeah. I don't know much to say. Having yeah. Windows yeah. Phone. There you go. It's not much as if having Windows Phone would have solved all these problems, but but I digress. They they were late. That, late. that phone yeah. had other problems. As well. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the 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 way to end this story basically is that they're working on it and they know that all this stuff sucks and you know as that's the problem when you have to work around Apple and Android's policies. Like the um the Galaxy Store version of the Game Pass app has different features than the Android version because Samsung is less restrictive with their store. So that's just that's just the problem when you don't have your own platform, right? Yeah. Uh, Blue off the super chest. I've got my ser- Halo Series X. Congrats. Those are very limited. Uh, I haven't really seen that many people with them. It is a really cool looking console. It's like I, sometimes I wish I was a collector because it's just kind of like I really want that, but I already have one Series X and I don't need two, so I didn't bother even trying to get it. But he says the special sound plays when you power it on. The cries of dry PS5s boost the FPS. I had enough dealer on Tuesday. Colt, that's your cue. Don't forget to smack that like button with some mayo. <laughs> Colt, that's your cue, Colt. Dealer! There you go. Uh, Jacqueline says, Rand, please tell these uh, gentlemen just how big a deal it would be if Brandon Sanderson is writing in Exile's next game. Do any of you guys know who Brandon Sanderson is? That rings a bell, actually. Who is that? So he's the guy who – I already know what dealer's going to say to this. So I'm going to tell him to shut up before I even say it. Uh, he's the guy that was brought on to finish the wheel of time after the original author, Robert Jordan, died. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Is this, is this, is this how Rand finally gets into NXL's games? Maybe. If, if Brandon Sanderson's writing Project Cobalt, uh, yeah, I'd probably be really interested in that. So be he did like, a good job finishing up the, the thing? Yes, he did a very, very good job finishing up uh, Robert Jordan's Like story. just going online and just taking everyone's ideas. That's uh, like, yeah, a good way to end this, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like how, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. You, I mean, that's a good <laughs> question. Like, it's been a while. The guy that wrote him died, and, and surely people tried to finish it, you know, online, right, in the meantime, correct? I Fan fiction. There, yeah, fan fiction, sure. There's fan fiction. People thought that the series would never be completed, and then and then they hired them to finish it. But now, when's, when's, when's the Wheel of Time video game coming out? I think there already was one way That's back in the nineties on the PC. One. I don't know. Isn't it confirmed that I work in on one? I don't know. I'm sure I read that recently and thought, oh, I bet Ron's happy about this. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't I heard anything up. about it. Still waiting on a Time Cop game. Yeah, Time Cop. Uh, but I think it would be a very cool uh, thing if he was writing for In Exiles next game. I don't know if that's as big as George Martin writing for Elden Ring, but uh, it would definitely be up there, and it would definitely elevate In Exiles next game. Uh, Xbox Gamer says, I'm buying a 1X in February, a Series S in July, and a Series X next year. Jeez. I mean, do you need a 1X if you're going to get a Series S or a Series X next year? But, hey, man, you do you. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, Randy's love for Wheel of Time series is basically on par with my love for the for the Harry Potter series. I read it at least once every year. <laughs> Wolf Assassin's <laughs> been a member for please. seven months. Says, hey, guys, happy early New Year. So, Colt, why do you say Project Midnight and Project Dragon are being announced in 2022 in your video this morning? 
Hmm. Uh, I don't. I said that they could be. They could be announced, or they could be revealed, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what two games that Xbox said are unannounced that are coming 2022. I don't know. I don't know if that well, answer Xbox, has Xbox been... Xbox has a lot of also smaller titles uh, other than Project... Project Midnight's yeah, a, big, a big game. Who was it? Project Dra- Dragon's a big game. Who um, was it that said that? It was uh, It was somebody kind of big that said, Fred? and we still have... No, it was somebody from Xbox. Mm. Do you remember? Uh, I didn't go back and look it up. What did he say? What did he say? I thought it was somebody like uh, Jason Ronald or somebody said something like, uh, and we still have uh, two unannounced games that are coming in 2022. Well, the the Jason, well, I don't know. I remember the game that Jason Ronald was talking about ended up being Forza Horizon 5 when he was on the Iron Lords podcast, which is an amazing podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, I asked Lord Cognito to be on the show with us today. And he just he just Hollywood he, he just was like I don't got time for for you guys anymore you know like <laughs> he got that job at, at at Oculus and he's doing Defining Duke and ILP he doesn't got time for 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 the guys anymore he just he turned me down yeah well, he I remember, to I remember, me said, I remember uh, when uh, the Iron Lords was over there you know they were struggling we was like come here Todd let's let's pull you up and help you out and now he don't even <laughs> he don't even FaceTime me no more yeah. It was just funny because I was just I just I was talking to Cog the other day and I, he's like, man, I, dealer hasn't even spoken to me. I'm like, are you sure? It's because you you're just you know you're Mr. Hollywood he, now. He turned like, on the Bulls. He said, I don't like Derrick Rose and never did. And you know, it was a long discussion we had that I just made up. But long story short, let's move forward. He <laughs> knows a good guy. Iron Lords do good, great job, right? Yes, they're doing an amazing job. Amazing yeah. job. One of the best podcasts out there. One of the best Xbox podcasts out there, despite what. <laughs> Sovereign and Cognito will say, uh, you got King David on your show, you got an, it's an Xbox podcast. <laughs> uh, right, right. It is, it's 100%. Play true. to your strengths, man, play to your strengths, because uh, they cover the Xbox stuff really, really well, and, uh, you know, other guys like Game on Daily, they're like, we're not an Xbox show, it's like, yeah, but you guys, that's like your strength. Uh, people love that stuff. Yeah, yeah you know, Cole, when you should, coming out with PlayStation News I was about to say, when is, when is PNC coming out? <laughs> you know, people have asked me, Colt, why don't you why don't you cover PlayStation? You get way more views. It's like, well, you gotta you gotta cover the content, create the stuff that you're passionate about. And uh, a couple of great games I play per year, or one per year, is not like my passion. What does that have to do with P in the C? When is it coming out? Yeah, That's the question. P in the C. P in the is C. P in the C with Cody Eastwood and Pat Robinson. So you got X and C Mondays at 5 p.m. and P and C Thursdays at 5 p.m. <laughs> Uh, one at the beginning of the week, the Human Centipede podcast, the other says Friday, Friday, you know, every Monday, Friday, P and the C. P and C. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you know, Dealer's got more PC guys on his podcast than he can handle right now. Right? I'm, trying to, I'm trying to kick some off. Like, I'm getting some raids. Some raids. <laughs> Stop laughing, Randall. I mean, oh, it's true. Achievement says. <laughs> Achievement says, power your dreams, Randall, for I said I, the I the world has an Xbox moment. I would love for Wheel of Time to be an Xbox game, but I don't know. I, I don't know if dealer's ready for that yet. Uh, Moby says, all my favorite YouTubers in one place. Life doesn't get any better than this. Happy New Year's to everybody, and don't forget to hit that like button. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Blue, awesome. Blue Alt says, the tweet about Fable Anniversary about a month ago, does that mean we could be getting a remaster of Fable 2 from a third party? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that whole tweet was for. 
uh, from Global Publishing about Fable Anniversary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that, was that, was that was just... That was pretty weird. It's just like, they tweeted out like, shit. <laughs> like, so one, of the, one of the interns was drunk. Uh, kind of like one of the... Well, there was some, but, Rand, there was something. There had to be something that they wanted to talk about or they planned on. And someone goes, we were way too early on this. But you don't just write that tweet. What was the, what did the tweet say? I don't know. It's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like people dare get the chickens ready or something. Yeah, it's almost like people make mistakes like, you know, Xbox on stealing Maka's video, right? (laughs) Yeah. I was actually, I was told by someone at Windows Central, one of our staff, that um, one of Xbox On's videos is a, has a guide that is a almost word for word copy of a Windows Central article from ages ago. Oh, no, no, right. He works there now. Hmm. I wanted to play Rise, and I don't give a. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Fable a Fable remaster of two uh, at some point. I do think it's a little bit of time before Fable the new one comes out, 2024. So maybe they have. Yeah, a Fable as long as somebody else coming. does that. Yeah, I wouldn't. If somebody uh, did a. I feel like there needs to be a little more speculation on on the why the why that tweet happened. Why the next day they're like, "Ah, oh, sorry," and then the and then the Twitter account deletes itself for whatever it is. Like, what happened? They were like, Bad. "Hey, you guys, we got big news. You could say it's about Fable its anniversary." And then the next, last tweet was like, "Whoa!" The Twitter account does the, does the peace sign and just dissolves into the background. Oh. Just, the Twitter account is gone. No, the Twitter account, they, they, they deleted the tweet, though. Oh, right, okay. The, the Twitter account, I had to refollow them, and, and I don't know what happened, but they got all their followers back now. But, um, yeah, it went from, like, no no followers almost to, to, like, back to normal. But it was all a weird set of coincidences. That oh, I no, that was, the, that was the Xbox account when they lost, like, 15 million oh, followers. Oh, was that two yeah. different? That was yeah, there's two different ones. It was, like, all around the same. In time for yeah. He's wheel of time books to figure out what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but the, but that fa- that fable tweet was weird because it was like some big's happening tomorrow, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I can't wait to put shocking in my my Xbox title tomorrow, <laughs> right?" And then and then like all of a sudden later that day, had already like, made up the thumbnail with Phil Spencer with the with the X shirt <laughs> with on the X in the, in the thing, and Randall like, stole his title from Salty. Yes, and then <laughs> and then. The next tweet was like, you could say it's our Fable anniversary. So now it's like, whoa, what's going down? And then the next tweet was like, well, nothing's happening, guys. Stop it. It's like, wait a minute. Nothing. And zero, zero, nothing, not even a molecule of Fable information has come out since that tweet. Nothing regarding Fable other than somebody going, hey, I got a T-shirt. So yeah, that was weird. You could say it's a remaster sort. Yeah. Uh, Six Figure says, have a happy new year. You too, buddy. Thank you for, uh, being a, uh, big part of, uh, chat. I always see you in there. Thank you. And he's also, Six Figure is the one who actually named the show Xbox too, so. Man, you wow. Paying this man dividends. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> Tenant says, good day, y'all. Jez is tweeting about the need for cross IP games like Smash Bros for Xbox. I was thinking an Overwatch Team Fortress 2 style shooter, which characters would you sign to each class? Banjo Tank. So, Cole, would mm. you are you down for That's this? Like, do, cool idea. do you want to see <laughs> Xbox like leverage the Bethesda IPs, Microsoft IPs to do like a kart racer, to do a brawler? No, like, no. no. Well, we know you no. like bleeding edge, Cole. Yes, we know. We know he does. He played it a lot. He loved it. I played four sessions of it, and two of them were with Dealer and Dars, and we were like, we're out. Uh, no, I don't. 
No, kart racers don't do well. There's Nickelodeon. There's Madagascar. What do you want to see? I don't. I don't want a kart racer, and I don't want a brawler because I don't play Super Smash. You said you wanted a kart racer, brawler, and the party earlier. So tell people the truth. (laughs) No, I don't. No, no, thank you. You know, and I'm not. I'm not stoked about. Bethesda characters and Xbox characters going to Fortnite because I'm not going to really Yeah, so that. You, you talked about yeah. that on PNC on Monday. Would uh, you stop it? <laughs> with uh, special, <laughs> with special Nick. Robinson and Cody's Wood Show. With special Nick from Xbox Era where he leaked yeah. uh, Xbox characters potentially coming to Fortnite. What's that all about? He basically has, he's standing by that Doom guy is going to make it into Fortnite as a purchasable, playable character, and he's hearing that other Bethesda and Xbox-related mascots or characters, I did air quotes, I don't have a camera on, that's awesome, but uh, that they will be <laughs> made, yeah. yeah, I'm so used to that. Feels, feels good but, uh, not to use a camera, right? Aren't, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just wearing already doing that with, like, every character already, isn't that kind of like Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, so it's just news that Xbox has said, you know what, let's throw our characters in to get them more uh, mainstream exposure, yeah, because there's always the big joke that, hey, I'm playing that game that the guy's in Fortnite, right? So, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, depending on what they bring, it could give us an insight of what to expect. Like, if Xbox does something crazy, like throws Joanna Dark into Fortnite, mm-hmm. obviously it would be the Joanna Dark style or a visual, like, look that would we'd be expecting to see in the game. That's another game that they need to start showing. So I don't know. It could be uh, an early look into what's coming. But it could just be like uh, Skyrim dude and Doom guy and, and Fallout man. Fallout Doom for a dog guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it... Xbox All-Stars, uh, uh, Smash Brothers knockoff, and he should be in there. Who's for a dog guy? Mm-hmm. Is, it, dog. is it really a surprise that Microsoft and any other company would want their characters in Fortnite? I mean, Fortnite's basically no. a, an ad platform now. For stuff coming yeah, out. I mean, my like, my ten year old son goes. I, that one girl from PlayStation's in there, and I said, "Hey, Lloyd," he goes. He kind of shrugged, like, "I don't know who she is," but yeah, chick with the mullet. Yeah, chick with the mullet. Did you see that Bloomberg opinion piece that tore up the internet, where he was like, "Thank PlayStation for making women look good, but not too good and not super sexy," because I can't play. Uh, Tomb Raider and Bayonetta in front of my wife and kids because they look at me weird. Well, the worst part was he said that Aloy is like paving the way for female strong characters in gaming. It's like, what the heck? Like, I could name like 17 other strong female characters. And it was funny because like over a decade. Like Melanie Mack, who's like a, a model, and like Alana Pierce all came out and were like kind of like against the article. Like, why, what's so wrong about being like, you know, feminine or whatever? And, and the, the funny thing about it is he wrote in his articles, like, oh, Aloy's not a model. And it's like, you just disrespected the, the actual model who modeled for her, who's an actual model. <laughs> like, she said, this bitch is oh, ugly. She's she ugly, but she's actually modeled from an actual model. And you just called her just, yeah, like why, you just said. Why is he not looking at like that, Randall? Why is he looking at her at all like that? Because when I saw Aloy, the last thing I was thinking was, like, is she attractive or not? Because that it's, are... I, I, I really hate articles like that. Because it comes across like so condescending to anyone who works in that business as a model and stuff like that. It's, it's, it should just butt the fuck out. <laughs> butt out. It's not your fucking business. You, you know what it was? That, that article read like low key, just a, a paid advertisement for Horizon Forbidden West. 
Yes. That's uh, what it, that's what it was. It was just pay that. Like, thank mm-hmm. thank God we have Sony coming, guys, who's shown in how it should be done with alloy. I'm like, okay. It's that dry right now for Sony news and articles. So it's always pretty dry for them, though. Oh, oh shit. Wow. I mean, most of the time. I mean, not, PlayStation, I like my PlayStation, but PlayStation doesn't engage as much as Xbox does. Look, I'm glad Aloy is ugly, because now my grandma don't look at me weird when I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Hey. We at least we didn't have to make fifteen twenty videos talking about how abandoned the Kojima game and it's going to change the <laughs> face of the earth because there's nothing else to talk about. Randall, be nice now. I'm just saying. Now, I'm just glad that God of War is ugly because I don't feel weird with my uncles in the room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uncles are all stupid. They're all weird. And uh, I'm sorry for anyone that clicked on them. Yeah, they got them though because they're trending on Twitter. You know, uh, I'll say something kind of weird because I like to say weird stuff. But like, it, it's okay for a gaming fan to want their male character to look cool and, like, you know, buff or look, you know, uh, cool. I don't know what the word is. Sexy. You know, you want your the character, word you're looking you, for is sexy. Yeah, like, you want your, your, your male character to look cool and, like, like oh, a sexy. superhero or, like, you know, good-looking. <laughs> and Like, even if you're a guy. And if, and if you're a guy, you also want your female character to be, you know, good to look at and look cool and powerful and maybe cute and all that stuff, right? It's just, you get the weirds, you're like, oh, my girl, Aloy. It's like, oh, man, you're not going to marry her. She's made out of res- you know, pixels and stuff and polygons. But uh, not everybody is, like, <laughs> using video games as that. Like, they just want a cool-looking character that they're going to be playing as for, like, 20 or 40 hours. And uh, it's re- the reason why you have character creation. And and um, they took, they take these, uh, most of these characters that have this really good art style, they Aloy's face is charactered after an actual model, like a person. Look, I'm done with all this. Let's just end it and say, on this topic, take a take a page out of uh, Obsidian's playbook and put like 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 the spider filter, put an ugly filter on all this shit and call it a day. <laughs> Turn it into a big shiny bubble for a face. If you feel weird when you're looking at this character, you know, and it eventually turns into a blob, and then you can move forward. Mm. What do you mean, no one's innovative. Hey, that'd be that'd be something. Uh, Tito wants to know uh, what's Bethesda dropping in 2023, dealer. Uh, 2023. Yeah, I mean we got Starfield, we got Redfall next year from Bethesda. You know, Ghostwire Tokyo's coming out this year as well, but that's PlayStation. They, don't, they don't have anything confirmed for 2023, but you could. I mean, we could tell him what they could drop. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, just like a new What uh, was the word you used? Speculative? Speculative. Speculativization. Yeah, speculate, speculate a little bit. Uh, uh, well, I mean, what I want them to drop, which doesn't mean they will, is a new Wolfenstein. I think, that, yeah, I I think that's what we all want. We all love well, Wolfenstein. possible. The last Wolfenstein was uh, not very good. The Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah, let, let, let's yeah, not have yeah. let's not that have that. Game. A, let's not pretend that wasn't really Wolfenstein. Okay, okay. you know, that, that was in your and that was yeah. And who made that one? It was uh, was that Arcane collaboration Leon? between Machine Games and Arcane? Yeah, was it Leon Studio? Uh, I'm not sure which one. Yeah, that's crazy. They pumped that sucker out. I mean, they basically just kind of uh, re reskinned it, and then they turned around and made Deathloop. So you know what? We played it though in co-op. Uh, I don't know. You ran through, man. Um, yeah, I played it. Yeah, we played a lot. A lot of games can be fun in co-op, okay? But uh, this one has just turn the volume down. Yeah, just turn the volume down, and uh, you know it, it can be fun. It's in game. It was in. It, it is in Game Pass now, especially. But uh, you know, if you want to call a game, play it. But don't expect Wolf Two levels of quality. Wolf Two is the best game of 2017. 
still looks phenomenal. Um, at least that's my opinion. The game is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. I mean, do you think it could be ready? You know, uh, Doom Eternal came out in 2020, 2023, three years. I mean, I, I want to see what they're doing next. I think we'll definitely know what they're doing next by 2023. I don't know if any of their game will release by then. But that's the best part. Even if they don't tell us, do tell us, do show us, don't show us. Release something, not release something. Microsoft got, you know, 20 other studios that's that are working on crap. And, you know, times are changing. Mm. You're, never, you're not going to be stuck with no games. Like we had all spent years talking about, you know, since 2017 is when the drought started. Lasted a couple years. And we were all pretty vocal about that, and uh, now those, those those days are gone. Microsoft took this year with Halo and Forza, and well, hold on with that Taylor. Hold on, we complained. I thought people say that me, Jez, you, and Colt just uh, shill all day long yeah, and never, cool. never, uh, is that, is never complained once. Don't even watch any of the videos or podcasts, and should probably yeah. hey, shut I, up. Hey, uh, yeah. Colt, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, when do you think this is happening? Uh, I just said it in my video today. Just, Thanks for watching. Yeah, I just put my video. Watch every video. Did you know yeah, you I mean, like. Uh, Nivik's in the chat trying to get attention. Like he's he's like Xbox doesn't have any games until Starfield. Like just it's okay, man. Like just read, just do they, some reading. They, they light, literally just light reading. two games. Meanwhile, you're sitting there reading articles about how Aloy's. Thank God she's not hyper attractive. You know, like it ain't right over there. We get it, but calm down. Yeah, it, it is. It is rough. I mean, um, when dealer, when you're saying like they have 20 other students working on stuff, I mean. You're basically looking at 23 studios from Xbox. They're all ready to release stuff this year and next year. Almost all of those studios are ready to release in 2022 and 2023. Right, Rand? Wouldn't you back me up on that statement? I mean, a lot of their games are coming out in 2023, 2024, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they have stuff coming. And you have a couple, two or three studios coming out with stuff in 23. You've got mm-hmm. Turn 10, Bethesda Softworks, and... Uh, Arcane, uh, the regular Arcane Studio is coming out with Redfall. So you have... Three first-party games coming out in 2022, and then 2023, uh, a half of the other studios are going to have games releasing then. And then well, the there could be more. Right? I mean, we know we know next year uh, Starfield is the big game, and then you got Redfall, and you have Dealers' number one game, Forza Motorsport, presumably, right? Yep. Um, there's also I, I, I there's also talk that Project. Uh, what was the Josh Sawyer game, Jez, that you, uh, you Pentiment. Leave? Pentiment is also coming out next year, as well as uh, Project Belfry. So, yeah, somebody said that in the chat. I wish I would have remembered the name, but they said Project Belfry uh, but, might be one of the 2022 drops. But it's like the other says, they have, they, have, they have 23 studios, but then that doesn't even include any of the associations or projects they're doing with people that aren't part of Xbox Game Studios. you got... Uh, contraband with the Avalanche. That's not oh, next yeah, year, right? You know, IO, IOI is doing uh, you know Project Dragon. There's uh, the Wu Tang game, and there's a whole bunch of other games that like. So it's like the list just grows. Like you went from 2017 Halo Wars 2 and Super Lucky's Tale, baby. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I actually had a hard so. time with that video, Ram, because there you just named a bunch of projects that I couldn't even get to in uh, the covering of what is uh, coming. So. Yeah, yeah. So. As somebody said in the chat, Xbox has too many games. And what every month different. they don't have something um, for first party. They're probably gonna have something for someone else in Game Pass. Yeah. Didn't Kojima? Kojima said that he's got um, two, games. two games in development, right? Could one of those be Jeff Grubbs? Yeah. Leak that the Cloud project. I bet one. And also, there's that um, rumored game from the Finnish Cloud devs as well. 
Well, I think they they, oh. they 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 killed that deal. I think they went oh, really? public and they got a large round of funding so that mainframe MMO that you're talking about, I think that is no longer going to be exclusive. I think they're going multiplayer with it. Oh, okay. But yeah, well, um, there was the thing yeah, about Kojima. Lo- so the point is, there's there's loads of third party deals that are in the works across existing IP. There's still games that I haven't leaked yet. Um, because I don't think anyone else knows about them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, after the show, I mean, we just, you know, <laughs> give us a preview on that Xbox. You see, I'm Maybe, go ahead and maybe. do it now. You know, maybe if you're uh, if you're good little boys, I know, bring you something. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded weird, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Face in the super chat says, "Hey, Jez, you should also put in your article that PlayStation games are releasing better PC versions of their games with DLS." DLSS and FSR Techs and Microsoft is the one releasing their games day one on PC without those features. Weird. Yeah, don't worry. Um, I am. That is a that is a large part of the article is that their games on PC are not good enough either. They're not supported well enough. Halo Wars 2 was dropped like when it needed more development. Gears Tactics was dropped. That's not how you make a PC game. PC games get updated. In perpetuity, especially strategy games. So um, yeah, we're going to be going into all that stuff. Mm. Uh, Adam says, "Happy New Year, all." If you didn't like 2021, remember Doom One takes place in 2022. I didn't, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, Doom I One didn't takes know place that. in 2022. Andrew says, "Which titles for 2022 do you expect will delay to 2023? Do you think we will see any surprise games next year we never saw coming?" That's interesting. Uh, COVID still a thing, especially with uh, you know. Wasn't the Avatar game supposed to come out? Yeah, I think that was well. The, I think delay if it. Well, I think it, it'll uh, be launched alongside the movie whenever that actually releases. But isn't yeah? Aren't they making an Avatar sequel? What for that? I they feel are. like I've been. They filmed by making three. Like, he's making three games at once, like Peter Jackson did. Basically, he's making three uh, like Avatar it, movies, and then Ubisoft's making a big Avatar game to coincide with that, I guess. You know, hey, um, you know what, guys? I'll ask Jez this. Um, I was oh. thinking, hopefully, by now we would start to hear rumors about seeing avowed. But uh, when someone says, "Are any of these games going to be delayed to 23?" Uh, I don't think Starfield's going to be delayed. But Jez, what do you think about Redfall? Since they say summer 2022, and we haven't seen anything other than a couple shoddy screenshots, how are you feeling as a confidence level on Redfall's release? Redfall, I'm not sure about Redfall. I would say that we'll definitely see Avowed next year. I'd bet money on that. Um, cause the slice I saw of, of, the slice I saw of Avowed and what I showed, also showed it to Rand, it looked like it had been prepared to be shown off. So when Jeff, Jeff Grubb said that like Avowed was supposed to be shown at E3, that might, that totally scans with the, the footage that I saw. But for Redfall, I'm not sure. Cause I haven't, I haven't really heard much about Redfall. I didn't get any information about that over the summer when I got, like, loads of other information. Redfall mm-hmm. is actually a bit of a mystery for me at the moment, so I actually have no idea. Uh, Project Mara and its rename, rebrand, whatever. Uh, Project when, Mara. When, when should that hit and let people see what the hell it is supposed to be? Yeah, I have no idea on that either. Like, no, no like, documented evidence anyway. I can always speculate, but... I thought I heard that Project Mara was coming after Hellblade 2. Yeah, I, 
So I think Clobril put out uh, a timeline that he expected Mara to come out before Hellblade, but I don't think that's right. I think Hellblade comes out before Mara as well. And Mara's like takes place. It all takes place in one room, right? Um, yeah. They did show it off a long time ago. I had heard someone say something about it releasing before uh, Redfall, which probably isn't accurate. I mean, how much could there even be to the game, and, and how long could it could be an hour long experience? You know. Um, Randall, tell us the answers. I wish I had them, but as for a game getting delayed, uh, it's tough to say because we don't know any of the titles coming at the end of the year yet. So, yeah, well, the reason why I brought up Redfall is because it's a four-player online co-op game, and it just seems like it's going to need a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of testing time or maybe even a beta. Wouldn't you expect to see something? Like, when they say summer, I'm like, yeah, you really mean like September 29th? That's no, kind of yeah. what I'm thinking. September you know? 21st. I mean, I guess there's always the yeah. possibility it could it could get delayed, but uh, you know, there's some people out there being like God of War Ragnarok, but sure, because you know, they didn't in their last trailer they didn't say 2022. So are they? They have a placeholder date. You know, Ragnarok has a placeholder date that showed up like last week for September 30th. So maybe they're trying to shoot for September. But I, think I don't see why the... Ragnarok would be delayed, honestly. Hey, man, I mean, we have uh, you got the pandemic still going around with Omicron, you know, the destroyer yeah. of Autobots and Decepticons, right? Yeah. So Autobots you know, transform and delay the game. You never know when other games get delayed. Uh, Marco R says, when guests are on the show, can we please call it the Xbox Two Series guest? Oh, oh I like that. I like that. Uh, Shane says, my four favorite podcasts is in one place, but I'll have to set up for you frauds instead. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> him. Risk it for the biscuit. Says, so glad I made it to the podcast. It's the who's who of Xbox YouTube, except Dealer, who still has me blocked. Chat's <laughs> awesome, too. I did not what a show explain to it to this dude 50 times. I did not block you. You must have did something to Moz, got you. I'll look for you. But I thought I already did that, and I couldn't find you. So mm. you're probably not even blocked. Like, uh, like, failed power master told me he was blocked on the channel. Then I see him randomly in the chat. I'm like, you lying bastard. Mm. You can, uh, right click those little three buttons and go, uh, you know, show your teeth, dealer, and unblock him. Yeah. yeah. Just check it out. Yeah. Flame, He's a good guy. Flame says, this is the anime beach episode of Xbox 2. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't what that means. I guess. Only, uh, only I got that on the power. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Dave Lopez says, will Fable run on the Forge engine or a new one? I believe Fable is running on the Forza Tech engine. Yes. I mean, I think there was some deliberations to use Unreal, but I think they decided to go with Forza Tech. Maybe some political stuff behind the scenes. Maybe they, like, if if they're developing Forza Tech to be more, like, I don't know, genre agnostic in that it can, like, you know, Make action games and stuff. Maybe, maybe they want they want to have engines they can use in house because using Unreal is expensive, if, especially if you're a big company like Microsoft. So, yeah. it's a good way to save money. The problem That's is Unreal pretty damn the, good. Force Tech engine on though. What if like, the whole game's just caught like yeah. driving the horse around? It's like and when you get up close and stuff, it all breaks down. And there's a reason Force yeah. Tech is is built specifically for cars, uh, racing games. How do we know that it's running on Forza Tech? 
How do we know that? All I know is changing your outfit to like glitter hot pants is going to be so seamless. Yeah, I believe I, I believe there was a do humans or animations very well or any of that stuff. So it, I, it had to be a new generation version. At the time I had, I think there was job listings for it. I, I actually think they've even tweeted that it was running on Forza Tech. That's interesting. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure though. So someone in the chat will know. They always know. The chat always knows. They always know. Blue Wall says, like Grounded's uh, arachnophobia slider, you can now use the attractophobia slider on Horizon. <laughs> That's a good one. The attractophobia. Space oh, yeah. says, He's got a beard now. <laughs> Space Dovican says, I bet a Fallout game is closer than everyone ex- expects. I mean, what do you expect? Fallout 5 in 2032? Unless you think somebody else is making another Fallout game. Cole, you would love another Fallout game before 2032, before you're 80, right? I would love it. And uh, in that one video you're making fun of for getting so many views, uh, I said expect Elder Scrolls in 2025. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, what do you expect? They're going to release Starfield in 2022, and they need four or five years to make Elder Scrolls. So how many 2025 or 26. How many studios well, allowed internally, Bethesda? Like for, Bethesda, for Bethesda, software. Bethesda Softworks? They're going to put all in on, on Elder Scrolls. <laughs> like, the whole team's going to be building that game. That one video you're making fun of for getting so many views. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one video Don't that... Ran. The one video... Yeah, the, ran, 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 meanwhile, will get 300,000 views on shit that don't even exist yeah. on Xbox anymore. <laughs> or a, <laughs> on, a, on a shopping cart. Shopping cart thing. Oh, no, no, you, you guys have... Background video. You get, listen, guys. You, you have no idea I'd be in a party with Dealer and Colt, and they'll just be like... Hey, Rand, Xbox has added a shopping cart. <laughs> and they just sit there and make fun of me. Like, that thumbnail you made for it. I'm like, yeah, 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 that thumbnail I made for it. But the funny thing is, Colt's, Colt's video about that uh, Elder Scrolls one, he was like, man, that video did horrible. We got so many views. The next time I look at it, it's got 400,000. Oh. It's like, huh, Colt Eastwood? Yeah, what a trash video, too. It's weird that they even went anywhere. But, um, Shut up, viewer. Yeah. So you said it would come out in 2025. Did you say in your opinion, or do you say that? Oh, yeah. No, no, I said I said it's... I said we can likely expect uh, Elder Scrolls to come out in 25 or 26, and a lot of people in the comments are like, you've got to be kidding me. What are they doing? I'm like, they're about to release Starfield at the end of the year, and it takes five years to make a big game like Elder Scrolls. Like, like That's easy math. Like To expect Elder Scrolls to come out in a couple years is uh, nonsense, I think. Unless Jez is right, and Jez has been right way more times than I have, that maybe they put another team, or I don't know. How are you going to get that game out so quickly, Jez? They haven't even started it. Well, right. you've got to, you've got to remember, right? The creation engine is named as such because it's easy to create on. You know, it's basically, sure. so yeah. the the whole the whole point of the creation engine, and you know, people criticize the creation engine, but it allows them to make these absolutely vast handcrafted worlds without copy and paste. Uh, unlike you know, a lot of open world games I could name, um, when you enter a cave or something in Skyrim, it's not the same layout ever. It's always like a handcrafted experience. And because that's yeah. because of the creation engine. It's basically just a giant modding tool. So I want to believe, I want to believe that some of this stuff will come quicker. But will it? I don't know. Probably not. Um, I mean, games are only taking longer and longer and longer to make. They're not getting any shorter. So They did show off Elder Scrolls in 2019. 2018, that was, I think. Whatever, yeah. whatever even, even better, right? You yeah. know what else? They, you know what they didn't show off, though, Randall? What did they show off? There's that thousand plus people watching this live, guys. If you haven't, hit mm. the like button. Thousand and, plus uh, people watching live. Yeah. That's a lot of peeps. Spoken like Thank a group podcast veteran. Thank you. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, there's the master of that. It's like, come on, guys, hit the like yes. button, subscribe, 
over I watched Dealer run a podcast when it wasn't even his before he even had his own podcast. He was just he was running the game, running the show, popping the hood, making sure everything was hooked up, and ready to rock. It's funny because I just want to say thanks to the people. Right? That's why I said thanks to the thousand plus people watching us live on a random podcast. I didn't know I was doing it until. On the Anime, Anime Beach Podcast. Anime Beach Podcast. Anime Beach Podcast. Text the dealer ten minutes before the show. Hey, you want to do this show? And he's like, shit, okay, I guess. I've got nothing else to do right now. <laughs> NBA oh, 2K22. we got to get off the Xbox. So, yep. I, actually, I told Colt we should play games hiding offline in secret while we do it, but we decided not to do that, Randall, because mm. you're a good friend. I just missed that checkpoint, dealer. Can we rewind it? No. It's online. Yeah. You can't do like. What? You guys are playing games right now? Oh, my God. No, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We deserve a medal, really, because I mean we're doing pretty well. Pretty, pretty I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know. Like when I don't even think I do a just podcast. Quiet, just, just, as, just as a quiet laugh because he's playing Dark Souls right just now. Always, <laughs> just always. Just there's not a single podcast episode where Jess isn't playing a video game when we mm-hmm. when we record. He's always I, playing a video game. <laughs> that's messed up, Jess. Why? It's the only time I get to play any games, man. I can mul- I'm, I can multitask. I'm a this pro podcast game internet and internet intrusion is sponsored by Ball Sack Cream. Yeah. <laughs> Professional podcasts use Manscaped for your ball shaving needs. <laughs> you Actually, like, my you do a mid-show roll of that ad, Randall. No, uh, sometimes we just kind of like don't forget to use code XB2 at the checkout, twenty percent off. Ooh, like yeah. that. And then and then we drop this code in the in the chat, you know, mm-hmm. you guys get twenty off free world shipping mask to come with a code XP to it, check out. Oh my god. Hashtag mid show roll. Wolf Assassin says anyone want to talk about Roundhouse Studios working on a third person shooter PvP PvP V E game based on a comic book license. What comic franchise fits that? Hmm. Colt, you have any idea? Did you talk Everybody about Roundhouse? And your video I, today? I'm trying to figure out which one roundhouse. There's two small teams on the Bethesda family, and one of them is a mobile team. That's Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. A third-person shooter that's based on a comic? Like a PvPVE yeah, game. So. It's rumored because of uh, LinkedIn projects and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. They think, um, you know, could be something that, one of them are making, or maybe got cancelled at some point. It's an interesting to speculate about. I so now, like, didn't you say that book stuff is pretty popular? We right? talked about it, and I think you mentioned to me that it was maybe cancelled at one or something that you thought it was cancelled. Yeah, it's speculation um, based on like going through all the LinkedIn's and stuff related to the project. But I don't know. Maybe it didn't cancel. Yeah, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's fun to speculate, like Jess said. Punish as long as you tell everybody. Hey, it's speculation. You know, they know what they're in for, and you can kind of talk yeah, but about then, how Superman is exclusive to Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> but that never stops them from writing articles. Oh, uh, dealer, this is what Zocker's video was about with the Batman picture. What? Batman. This is what Zocker's... Remember, Zocker put out that video yesterday with Batman in the corner. Why would you put uh, Batman on a thumbnail about this, though? Like, it's a uh, here... Mick Kumar said that's what Zocker's new video was, because he watched it. Because uh, Mick lost it? a bet. And he had to watch Zucker's video. <laughs> Imagine losing a bet and having to watch Zucker's video. God damn, I feel hey, bad. Hey, Jamie Forte is in the Super Chat there talking about that. how he loves uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. Boyfriend Dungeon. He says, Xbox does have games. I play Boyfriend Dungeon every day. Have a great year. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Dealer is on God time, so he'll experience it after me. 
facts. We played uh, 2K21 last. You know they fixed that? Did they? Did they fix that? It doesn't freeze your Xbox Series X now when you play it. So we were wow. uh, playing that last night and we turned the ball over like 20 times. Uh, but, you know, how long did it take them to fix that? Uh, two years. <laughs> it was great. Mm-hmm. But not even, I talked to Jason Ronald about it. He's like, look, we're working on it with 2K. But they didn't know how to fix it. He said it's hard to replicate. I'm like, just get in a party with yeah. me for 10 minutes. I will show you. Play with kids' um, move one time, and you'll you'll see it. He can't even make it through a jump ball. But it's fixed yeah. now, and it doesn't freeze your box, so that's good. But was that a problem with 22 or just 21? It was, it was a problem it was. with 22 well, as well? Okay. Yeah. That's just tight, too, being lazy, I think. Yeah, it is. The same reason the game's 120 gigs. Ugh. 120 oh. gigs? Mm-hmm. How? Stalker 2 is 180 gigs. They won't, but nah. that's like an open world. And nobody knows how to use that PC pack like that. or anything on the Xbox yet. Well, they do. It won't, it won't launch like that. I don't think so it'll launch. How big do you think Stalker 2 will be just? Uh, I think it'll be beefy, but I think that's pretty cool. Do you think it'll be as beefy as the P&C podcast? Can me and Dealer be your first guest on that show, Colt, on the P&C? Are you actually making that deal? Uh, Colt? <laughs> PlayStation no, Newscast. I can hardly, I can hardly manage one show, let alone, uh, getting one where I Welcome. run it with, uh, This is Colt Eastwood. Welcome to PlayStation Newscast live on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific. Peter Podcast. <laughs> where we talk about the latest and greatest PlayStation news and games. This is what we do at parties, guys. We just yeah. give you some shit and, yep. uh, all Sometimes that. someone cries. And sometimes they don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I want to be better when, when Horizon Forbidden West comes out and they can brag instead of getting mad at other people. They got the fugly slider? Yeah. Fugly <laughs> stealer! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Turns her face into a, fre- you know, freckled red-haired girl into a shiny ball of, uh, with you googly eyes. Into detail. Amazing. But, you know, yeah, something like that. Uh, Chuckle Chuckle says, Happy New Year, Rand, Jez, Dealer, and Colt. Here's to another year of incredible gaming. Uh, Artemis says, Happy New Year's, fellas. Uh, Painful Discourse says, Jez, if you have trouble with co-op in Demon Souls 3 or Dark Souls 3, it might be your sole weapon level range. You can go around that. I can also open co-op. I'm in the EU. So you have a friend there who wants to play, Jez. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I replied to him in chat. I had some issues with Dark Souls 1 co-op. It, the, the co-op in Dark Souls is so convoluted. It is. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. very convoluted. Uh, face. Says between PlayStation and Xbox, who has the better 22 games for Sony? Uh, Sifu for Spaken, God of War for Forbidden West, GT7, and maybe Spaken. Final Fantasy 16. So, dealer, who do you think is uh, when you stack them up? You know, I think m- most people would say Xbox had a better 2021 than PlayStation. Uh, yeah, 2022 might, you know, kind of teeter back in the other direction, especially with God of War and Horizon. Brand. We gotta we gotta kind of take into account everything that is likely coming out this upcoming year, right? Starting mm-hmm. with Stalker Two, if they're counting yeah. the second third party deals, you gotta count Stalker Two. Mm-hmm. You've also got to talk about Forza Motorsport uh, yeah. Eight, well Forza Twenty Twenty Two, because they basically confirmed that that's coming out in Twenty Twenty Two, and I'm looking forward to that. You've also got games like uh, crap. Let's see, what am I? I know there's like four or five big ones here. There's the Warhammer game. Yes, Warhammer Dark Tide, Dark Tide, yeah. Redfall, yeah. Starfield, Redfall, Starfield. And there's even more than that. Uh, there's Atomic Heart. Yes, there's... Atomic Heart. Well, wait, no, Atomic Heart is not exclusive. It's just on Game Pass day and date. Like, I you don't, don't like to... an exclusive, though, you know? I mean, yep. honestly, because, I mean, if people, 
I made this joke on Tuesday. If people hey, are hey, going out and buying dealers. a gun for Destiny 2 for play, on the PlayStation version, they're going out and get Destiny 2 on PlayStation for an exclusive poncho. Like, how, how, how about this? How the about Xbox this, version of a game for the value there? Like, Sifu is this uh, kind of interesting art style, like martial arts, like fighting type. Uh, it's an interesting game that looks really cool, but Xbox has Somerville, which is made from the guy that did Limbo and Inside. That's going to be a big deal. one guy, too, Colt. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Inside. Uh, somebody says Scorn, Somerville. I mean, I would say that Xbox has the better year, though I am looking forward to Ragnarok, like, a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, it uh, and then Bugsy Slider. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a crazy year. It's going to be a good year, because uh, Starfield... I, I think know, it's pretty even, actually. I don't think you can really call it... Um, you can call a win yet, because those are like... They both have really big titles. And uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see how Forza Motorsport and Gran Turismo 7 land uh, comparatively. Yeah, well, I mean, like most people, when when we started 2021, I think everybody was like, PlayStation's got it. they got Returnal and right. Ratchet and God of War and Horizon and Gran Turismo... And all these games, and then half of them got delayed. So one of the reasons why 2022 is looking so good for them is because half their titles were delayed from this past year. And Do you remember how big, remember how big Fallout 4 was when it dropped in 2015? Like it was like a big like. I can't believe. And we've already played Fallout like that, Cole. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? It's okay. You can I'm you can interrupt it. all the time. That's fine. <laughs> and do, do I, I remember going and getting Rise of the Tomb Raider and Fallout 4 on the same night on disc. Yeah, I think Fallout 5, but it's yeah, Fallout, I remember I was mowing my lawn waiting for it to show up because I ordered it from Amazon on disc, and uh, I, I, I would mow the lawn, empty the bag, and go check, and then one of the times I checked, it was on my front door, I'm like, all right, I'm not finishing the lawn today. <laughs> like, anyway, the reason why I brought that up is remember how big Fallout 4 was in 2015, like, this is what's going to happen with Starfield. Starfield's going to be this epic, immersive RPG that uh, is in space, right? So it's going to be a big deal. And God of War Ragnarok is going to be the next big game next to that. Like, they'll come out about the same time, right? And yet, so yes, I hear that uh, I hear that Todd Howard likes 30 frames. Mm. Oh, God. Are you serious? He said it, yes. He did talk about... No. <laughs> uh, Todd Howard said, uh, he, you know, he's going for 30 frames to some crap. You remember that, Ram? He said, Ryan McCaffrey asked him, (laughs) Ryan McCaffrey from IGN asked asked Todd Howard, you know, what do you think about when developers choose to ramp up the graphics and get the best looks and cap it at 30 or take a compromise in the visuals and play it at 60? And Todd Howard said, I'll always go for absolute best-looking graphics at 30. And he said it on the air! uh, And then Ryan McCaffrey agreed with him, which is worse. And to eat all I agree with him too. I'm sorry, Jez, but you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I had to deal with this all of last year before Series X came out. Uh, Jez Dude, was all man. about the filmic 30 FPS man. experience. Everyone was mocking out for that Matrix thing. That Matrix, that demo is 30 frames, isn't it? It sure was. Makes you sick. Well, there you go. Right, Half the resolution, run at 60 frames if they wanted, though. Nah, well, I suppose they make it an option. But I would like I would like the option to see remember, what that, the that game can really doing, do. Looks like. that, that Tecton was doing things that, that most games aren't going to need to do all at once. They, they didn't even try to hide things because they knew players were going to go anywhere and do everything. All right? You can fly around, look at the tallest peaks, and sit at the bottom, look at a rat in the alleyway, whatever, right? There's no real optimization there in terms of uh, shortcutting, corner, corner cutting. Whereas sure. the game, a lot of games are going to hide things and do things certain ways, and they're gonna, things will look better than that Matrix demo. 
You know, that's that's yeah. They can ramp up where they really the game is even using right now for the public to even play. So the next iteration is going to look better. Year two, three, the console is going to get more efficient. You know, these these things are going to look better at sixty frames. Yeah, everything looks better. I will, I will I will sacrifice sixty frames to make it look like that. No, you wouldn't. I saw. I saw. You know, the best part about that is I don't have to oh. use Jez's eyeballs. That's the best part. <laughs> you know what? They're like, not going to give us options, though. Todd I can't tell you game. how many times I've turned a game to quality mode, and I always think it's never worth the frame rate drop to look at this at quote-unquote, as I do air quotes again, quote-unquote better visuals. It's not worth the sacrifice if I have to play at 30 with that fluttery flipbook look. Mm-mm. And oh, that, that's right. why all these games are 60 frames a second now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I remember Rand when, when the Halo went now, we were talking about this yep. as well, and, and they confirmed 30 frames, and people's like, y'all lied about the performance, you don't know this and that. It's like, you don't even know what you're talking about, you don't even understand what we're talking about. It can do 60 frames. I don't know why Ubisoft are not confirming that or doing that right now, but it is right. not because of the hardware, and they eventually made it 60 frames, and people can't go back. Like, it is hard to go back. A tech demo, I get it. They're trying to show you what's possible right now with, you know, that limited team and, and whatever they wanted to accomplish no, there. Which I, I, no, man, I don't care, man. If it looks like that, I'm like, fine demo, I'll, I'll play 20 frames, man. What, what sure. if they yeah. get 10 frames per second out in the 8K? <laughs> it actually looked fine until you took control of it. Like, when you're watching a movie at 24 FPS, it's great. Like, it's it's what is what you've always wanted to see. It looks amazing. And the Matrix demo looks incredible until they give you control, and you're like, you move the camera, and you're like, ugh, and it just flutters, oh, and it has that. playing Elden Ring on the 30 frame per second mode. Yeah, Jez is going to play Elden Ring on Xbox One at 30 frames. <laughs> is, 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 El, is Elden Ring going to have 30 frames mode? Oh, yeah, yeah on the Xbox mode. One. No, it will have oh. a 30 frame mode on the series consoles as well. I will, I will use it at 30 frames. No, you won't. Oh, you, 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 you are such a liar. You are such a liar. <laughs> I'm not lying, man. I'll do it, I'll do it just to He's like, I'll do it. Don't, don't test me. Yeah, and you end up hating the game. Hey, do you, do you guys recall when uh, Unreal Engine 5 was exclusive to PlayStation? I remember when that was only possible on PlayStation. Right? I remember. Uh, only only possible because the IO thoroughput on the SSD, remember? I remember the SSD was so you mean when uh, You mean when Tim Sweeney like supposedly called me out for that Tom's Hardware article? And everyone thought I was getting called out, and then uh, everything was admitted to run just fine on Xbox Series consoles. I remember that. It's, I remember when yeah. he did expose you, and none of that happened that you just said he he owned you on Twitter. No, oh, shut up. After that. <laughs> no, but the idea that there is, like, people legit thought that Unreal Engine 5 was going to be exclusive to the PlayStation. It, well, like, that Tom's Hardware put out an article saying that that was fully playable on an Xbox Series console, and that it was it was disingenuous to say that this could only be only be done on a PS5, and uh, Tim Sweeney got mad and said that's absolutely not true. And I, I did a tweet about that. And I mean, people thought everybody I knew out. anything about that demo, what it was, and what it was doing, and what it required mm-hmm. from SSD. Knew that it was more than possible on any SSD based system, uh, and that they were already confirming that to be running on a PC as well. So yeah, I remember those guys arguing about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun to look back on. A uh, Bright Tundra, who's been a member for seven months, says, Best late Christmas present, all my favorite Xbox casters in one place. I wish you all guys and chat the best 2022. Beyond hype for Stalker 2. Shout out to you, buddy. Yeah. yeah Stalker 2 is going to be pretty cool, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Mohammed says, With PlayStation buying time exclusivity, do you think it's because they don't have enough first-party games ready for the first few years of the PS5? 
No, I think it's because PlayStation is trying to destroy Xbox. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. It's business. Yep. Yep. They want people to buy their systems, and they're going to spend money, and they're going to flout their uh, their um, advantages, uh, especially over with user base, and they're going to try to get as many big games as they can because Jim, like, and it might have been some kind of, like, uh, friendship, you know, Sean Layden, Phil Spencer, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I really do think PlayStation is out to kill Xbox. Like, I think yeah. PlayStation yeah. wants the world to know that if you want to play video games, the only place to play it is on PlayStation. And Xbox has a totally different marketing uh, voice, right? They want to say, like, we want you to experience the joy of play. Please stop using the word play like it's a like it's a noun. And but uh, experience is play. We, we all win. win. Jess, what are you saying? <laughs> what were you saying I'm about saying, the uh, dealer and I had a good laugh about that? Um, that Xbox's attitude is here's we we have all these games. We want you to play them where you want on your Xbox One, on your Xbox Series on PC, on your phone, on your Kindle, on your TV, on your browser, right? So Xbox has this whole idea that we just want you to buy our games, and we're going to make a bunch of games that bring you and keep you in a place where you want to buy your games. And PlayStation's like, only on PlayStation. Hey, this is, this is the place to play the games. So like you you and I have talked about, Rand, they're money-hatting games. They're not just grabbing exclusives, being um, two-year, three-year timed exclusives sometimes. I think that Final Fantasy VII is going to end up being a two- or three-year exclusive. Yeah. Or maybe never, ever come out of exclusivity. The So PlayStation has a totally different – it's not about they don't have enough games. Cause they have tons of studios. They have, like, 20, 22 games in the works from first party. So they're right, they're catching up to Xbox with this new regime, right? So I think they're going to force that, developers to start making other choices because of their stipulations around Game Pass. And if you're working with us, you know, they're going to have stipulations in there about going to Game Pass and doing certain things with Microsoft. And I think developers are not going to choose to work with Sony like they would have otherwise. I think developers see the power of a a community like the Xbox community that's in Game Pass, the engagement there, the facts that are. Now these games do better. The engagement goes up. They sell more DLC. They make more money. And their games live longer. That's why you see them supporting them more. Yeah, they can play with their PC friend. Their PC friend can play with their friend on Xbox. And they can make Xbox games, yeah. Yeah. So I do I mean, think that the size of the Xbox platform, the size of the Xbox platform is still a big issue. The reason we don't have Final Fantasy VII in the end could not, e- might not even be because of the exclusivity deal. It might just be because Square Enix doesn't even think it's worth it. Like releasing the game so late when no one cares anymore, that kind of stuff, and the platform's yeah. not big enough. But I think I think that's Square Enix releases on Xbox. You tell me they're not going to release a Final Fantasy game on Xbox. I think, the game. I think they believe games like Outriders and stuff perform better on Xbox because of American centricity. I think, right or wrong, I think they just believe that Japanese games aren't going to perform on Xbox. I have no idea if that's the case. I don't have any data to back that up. No idea how Scarlet Nexus performed or some of these other Japanese games. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. Like, and uh, Yakuza... Like, uh, there was a huge marketing deal for Yakuza on Xbox, but is that what it takes? Is that what Square Enix wants to get? They're like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the Final Fantasy thing, but we want, basically want you to pay for it. That's, that's what I think. Well, I mean, Square Enix would have lost with Outriders if it wasn't for Game Pass, I would think. 
Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think. That was the situation where it came past and saved them. And I think Sony yeah. definitely paid them to, to keep that to themselves for now. And I think that Square Enix, they're proving that again with Forspoken. Uh, and I think that eventually that stuff will all come over. But at the end of the day, you're right. You know, right or wrong, who knows? We'll yeah. see. Does you also agreed with me that you think Sony's doing this to kill Xbox? Yeah, they are. Sony wants to kill Xbox. It's their entire business model. Unlike Microsoft, Sony's business is nowhere near as diverse. <laughs> their only business is PlayStation. Like, Xbox could die tomorrow, and I don't think it would hit Microsoft's share price. I really don't. Mm-mm. But, like, uh, if PlayStation died, it would be a very different story. And it's weird to try to kill Microsoft, kill Xbox, uh, with their own damn plan, because we all know Jim Ryan snuck through the window and stole Phil Spencer's diary, and it's trying to replicate and duplicate the same things. They're just years late. He's just going. He's going about a little bit slower, dealer. He's like, I'm taking my time. He's like, hold on. He's like, hold on. Like, we we need to go. To, you see what Microsoft's doing on PC? Microsoft's one of the biggest publishers on Steam in terms of revenue. I don't know if you guys saw this, but mm-hmm. the top 11 games in terms of revenue for all of Steam of 2021. Halo Infinite's in there, which was like had a month on the chart. Forza Horizon 5's in there. Age of Empires 4 is in there, right? So you have three Xbox games in the top 11. You have Outriders. Top and 7. Top 7. Well, top 3, 5, yeah. and 7. Right? Yeah, and then you yeah. have uh, Back yeah. for Blood and Outriders, which were two games that launched day one on Game Pass, also in top revenue on Steam. And I guarantee you, like, Jim Ryan's looking at, like, you know, these, these <laughs> games, they keep on getting more expensive every single year. Like, God damn it, God of War Ragnarok's costing me an arm and a leg. But the problem is the same people are going to buy it every year. The same people are going to buy it. Like, it's not going to go from 20 million from God of War 2018 to suddenly 40 million. It'll go yeah. to 20 million to maybe 23 or whatever. Right? So what do we do? Well, we can just release this stuff on PC closer to launch and actually get probably 5 million more extra sales on PC. And that's what Sony's doing. You don't think they're paying attention to the type of money that Microsoft is making on Steam? They don't want Microsoft to dominate Steam. We all know that they didn't didn't raise the price because they had to. They tried to get the industry to raise their price because they want to make more money, right, which is natural. But you've got to put this out there as well. That's on Steam, right? Mm -hmm. That's not counting Game Pass, right? Or Xbox. From Game Pass or the Xbox Store or the Windows Store. Or Xbox Game Pass and Windows, or brick and mortar, that's just Steam. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yep. all this stuff is in addition to that, and you could still play this for no additional cost in Game Pass, and it's still doing this well. And Sony see all this stuff. That's why they're mimicking every single bit of it in time. They're just, they're just, Sony's making, they're making like a dollar on their PS5, and they can't even get them out to the market. Uh, enough to make that money back. And if they went to Steam on every single game, like if they start porting those big PlayStation titles, get those games out there, like we have this rumor that Ghost of Tsushima is supposed to come by February to Steam. And if they just say, look, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, all these games are coming to PC day one. We can't wait to share our games with the world. They're going to double their profits on game sales, I would think. Wouldn't you? What do you think, Jez? Like, how much of a bonus is that? They would make it with God of War, and they'd, they'd done it with Horizon Zero Dawn. Then it with Days Gone. I bet that that really helped Days Gone's profitability as well. Um, <laughs> honestly, he like, his buttons in the background. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> fighting the 30 frames. He, he is an amazing multitasker, though. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't even Keep know. Keep going, Jess. He's, he's so I'm inherent. Inherent. When he, when he talks I'm about fi- playing games. 
I'm, pl- I'm playing a game that's actually quite hard to multitask in right now, so um, maybe I should stop. But you remember um, what you were saying before we interrupted you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually. You said it would be free money other no. than them porting porting the game, like having the studio port to PC. It's free money after that. It's, and free, it's free money, yeah. It's free money. And at the end of the day, they want their games to be as profitable as possible. Days Gone was probably not super profitable until they put it on PC, I would imagine. Which I, honestly, I think, I think my game's uh, super underrated, by the way, Days Gone. Why are the PlayStation fans having so much resistance and friction to them saying the words day and date on PC? I, they're not. You just you're just so used to seeing fanboys that you don't know that the wider market doesn't give a crap. Yeah. The wider market doesn't care. It's like the the problem is we live in this bubble. Why we live in this well, bubble why does it where seem we're like Jim get... Ryan is waiting until he doesn't want to admit that they want to go to PC. He doesn't want to come out and say fanboys, man. He's he's the the fans slowly like a lobster. Yeah, it's gonna happen. They're gonna they'll do that. But how many Jez, you always correct me on the numbers when I say there's three percent of fanboys out there that act like this and you say it's way less. Like is he Jim is Ryan really worried about one percent or half a percent? Obviously. Uh, look at the way they unveiled their, their plans and they are believing in generations and the Spider Man's coming to PS four and everything. The problem, is, the problem is that zero point three percent of fanboys, they set narratives because the press is scared of them too. Yep. So, like, and the press set narratives, and if the fanboys, like, you know, threaten and troll the press, then the press are going to be, like, a little bit more nervous and stuff. And, I mean, this goes both ways. It works on play- Xbox fanboys and PlayStation fanboys. But the press affects messaging, and that affects marketing. So the vast majority of gamers, they don't care about any of this stuff. They've never probably, I'm surprised, I'd be surprised if any of them even know that these PlayStation games are even on PC. They don't care. They're just playing their Fortnite and their Roblox and they're buying their Robux and no one, they don't care, man. No one cares about this stuff. It's just in this little bubble where everyone gets axed. And maybe you don't like that and that sounds fanboyish to you. If you were listening to somebody say the opposite and you wouldn't think that, that, that kind of tells you why you might think that, right? So, I mean, hey, I don't think anything that we've said here isn't at least true from at least our perspectives and that's all we can really offer you, right? Yeah, I mean, I always say there's no way, like, we're not, you don't live in a vacuum. Like, you can't act like one doesn't exist. And we literally watched, in this past year, we watched Xbox get better because of PlayStation. We also watched PlayStation get better because of Xbox. And so, like, when Jez talks about nobody cares if a game goes to PC, like, I have great PC. Uh, I have another really, really good one on the way. I'll always play the PlayStation games on my PS5. I just like that experience. I love it. And uh, that's just how I'll play the PlayStation games. If they go to PC, sure, we'll have some fun and we'll say, hey, look, everything is, this exclusive thing is kind of settled out now. It's not such a big big mess anymore. And it'll be a good thing. And I'll still play them on a console. Yeah. The thing is, like, you, the, people should want both of them to do well. Because when Xbox does well and does something cool and innovative, then Sony might borrow from it and make their platform better. And when PlayStation does something well, like their platinum trophies, which I get DMs about constantly, why doesn't Xbox have anything like a platinum trophy? Um, Xbox is going to, you know, take that as well, you know. So it's, they make each other better. And that's capitalism, baby. You know, I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I, I believe in capitalism and I believe in these companies competing for our money so they ultimately make a better product. For you. It's the only reason oh, yeah. we're in the situation we're in right now, right? Because, I mean, that's why we all spoke out with the doubling of Xbox Live costs during a mm-hmm. damn pandemic. That's why we all spoke out. You know, we don't yeah. give all their games 10 out of 10s. You know, we're just, uh, you know, you want competition. This is imperative. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Space says in the chat that Sony made $25 billion in gaming revenue for 2021, so he doesn't think they're in a rush to go to PC, but... Like, they're proving it to you that they are, actually. Yeah, they're proving it. Jim Ryan just said, like, we can't continue to make AAA games and sell them to only 20 million people. And I saw a graphic on social media where someone showed these big tentpole PlayStation franchises that came out in the past five or six years that all hit anywhere from five to 20 million. And they're like, this is what exclusives mean, right? And that takes into Jim Ryan is looking at that going, it's, it's not enough. Well, he's not too, though, right? He said $25 billion, but they already released multiple games and published multiple games those, on PC over yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, well, those are on PC now, and um, PlayStation is buying a bunch of studios, about six in this past year, and they, you know, they've got cash in hand, right, to buy studios, but they've got to make up those deficits, and they're going to go to Steam, and they're going to make a lot more money so they can continue to keep cranking out big games. And you, you always one-up it. Like, PlayStation wants to make... Horizon Forbidden West, better than Horizon Zero Dawn. They don't want to follow the status quo, and they cost money. I mean, how's Jim, to, Jim Ryan even... remember, right? Go ahead, Jess, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, you have to remember that these games are not developed in a vacuum. They don't want the God of War sales to subsidize the Days Gone sales. They don't want to be like, sure. oh, well, the whole company made this much money, so it doesn't matter that Days Gone didn't make a profit or whatever. They want each studio to be profitable in its own right. And sometimes you have to release your games on PC for, the, for it to be profitable. And we saw in the early days when Microsoft started experimenting with this, they didn't go all in at once. They released, like, Quantum Break first on PC because it was like, well, um, you know, uh, it's... It costs a lot of money to make all these, like, the TV shows and stuff and like they, that. And they didn't go and to become right away, Jez. Quantum Break was they, only on the Windows Store. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they were experimenting with, like, how, how can we tap, bring this to a wider audience? And eventually they were just like, well, this doesn't hurt the console sales at all, so let's just go all in on it. And Sony's on that on their own journey for that right now. And I think um, I think they'll, they'll follow through with it. Yeah, all I'll say about uh, about it, even though Sony's making a ton of money, is that I mean, hey, Jim Ryan was quoted saying that the console console business was frustrating, right? I mean, he literally said it yep. because he yeah. wants more people to play their games, and that uh, the console business is, is is a frustrating limitation of it. And there's more money to, but that's the thing. Like, twenty five billion is good for right now, but is that going to be good in in four years when your investors want infinite growth? Where are you going to get infinite growth from? Not from not from the console. You're going to get the growth from PC and and mobile and else. Another here's another angle that a lot of people don't think about it. Of course, the studios and the publishers want the money, but the developers and the studios want something almost as much as the money, and they want people playing their games. Like a studio wants to see how many million people are talking, sharing, playing, recording, streaming. Just mindset of their big game when it comes out, and uh, when you've got Jim Ryan saying that it's frustrating in the console market that they can only reach an average of ten or uh, five to ten million on their biggest franchises, it's very frustrating. Those studios, they see big games because we always think that God of War and uh, you know Halo Infinite are the biggest games, but they're not. Like Roblox is in the millions and millions and maybe billions of people playing, and the money they make is incredible. And studios want to see people playing, massive people. Like they want their game talked about everywhere. And when you're only on a PS5, like Returnal, or uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, like you're only reaching 15 million consoles, and you only get you know 
what they get half a million sales on that on each game, and that's really frustrating for a studio that felt like they were going to have a much larger reach. And if Jim Ryan turns around and goes, "So we're putting Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on Steam," that game will explode because it won't be locked behind a difficult console to get a hold of, mm. or a niche thing, which consoles are niche. Stop being toxic, Colt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, RRD says, Happy Holidays. Can't wait for Mortal Wombat, Jez. What's that all about? What's Mortal Wombat? Ah, well, well, mate. I was a bit drunk a few uh, days ago, and I tweeted out some ramblings, and I said... A bit? Yeah. I said that should make, um... They should make, uh, Killer Instinct 2, and give a campaign like Mortal Wombat. Mm. Don't don't know why I type Wombat because the W is not Mortal Wombat. Right? That was the least of your misspellings during that yeah. little hour of. of <laughs> <week>. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe. We're having a good laugh. Uh, Dean Brown says he he missed last uh, few podcasts. We might have answered this, guys. Uh, but what was your game of the year? It's Halo for him. It takes too close second. Happy New Year's, fellas. So Colt, I guess I'll ask this to everybody. Colt, what was your game of the year for 2021? Um. Wow, that's that such a tough one because, um, shoot, uh, it's kind of split between Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, but Guardians of the Galaxy surprised me so much. Mm. It was so funny, it looked amazing, uh, and I just enjoyed it, and I did not expect to even like it. So, uh, I don't know, I kind of you put Guardians only of the Galaxy up there. So you, so you can only pick one, though. What is it? Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy? I, I mean... Halo? Of course, of course, Halo Infinite was great and surprised me way more than I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And um, But Guardians was just something so new and just out of left field. I just thought I would hate it, and I loved it. So, okay. yeah, I love that one. Do I mean, it ro- takes... Dude, that's tough. Do the Rose Ears. Um, I don't know. I'm almost through Halo twice. It definitely isn't Halo. There's too many flaws. It's definitely that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fun game, great game, quality game, but... It's got problems, and I think a lot of people realize that in time. Uh, I think that, you know, you got to go for game of the year, meaning highest quality, most complete, cohesive experience, or, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, a big surprise. that, that <laughs> Surprising delight is what comes to mind. It offers uh, everything that you don't expect and more and makes you really, really hope that Eidos Montreal, who are now the A-team for, the, for, that, for that whole publisher, in my opinion, uh, those guys, hopefully they get to make another one of these games because it was phenomenal. But then you got to recognize uh, it takes two for what it's done. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, is a, it is a phenomenal experience that is really five or ten games all in one. Maybe it's a little bit too long, but, it is man, a was I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised by that game, the way it innovated and done things that no other game in history has ever done. I would maybe have to give it to It Takes Two, but Guardians is right there just for how much I enjoy just being in that game when I booted it up, yeah. I was in Guardians. You know, I was I was there. Yeah, so we got so we got two Guardians. Jazz, what's your favorite game of the year? The Demon Souls, Dark Souls, whatever, right? Dark Souls, yeah. nah. Um, Resident Evil Village for me. Like the Resident Evil Village is the, one of the only games I played this year for for work that didn't feel like work. Like I, I play a lot. I'm not gonna I'm gonna do this a lot less next year. Because it's making me hate gaming. <laughs> Playing games I don't want to play just because we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. There was a lot of disappointments this year, actually. Like I thought, like uh, Battlefield was a huge disappointment in the end, and uh, like I was even disappointed by Call of Duty Vanguard because I do prefer the World War Two setting. Um, 
and uh, Far Cry 6, I, you know, m- made me depressed because of how creatively bankrupt it was. Um, so, but I don't know. I just sort of, I'm going to play more indie games next year, I think. I want creativity, you know. Psychonauts is up there um, for one of my games that I desperately need to finish that I haven't yet. But, yeah, Resident Evil Village is hey, Resident Evil Village is up there. Yeah, uh, Resident Evil Village. Mine, yeah, it's, good. Cool. it's very good. good year. Um, my top five would be something like Halo, Hitman 3, um, It Takes Two, like Forza Horizon 5, Psychonauts 2. Have you run like the Guardians? Pick no. one, Rand. You made me pick one. Yeah, you you mentioned a whole bunch. So I know it sucks. It was it, it was actually a really good year. Yeah, I didn't there, expect there wasn't like any one that really like stood out above all of them, right? Like when Red Dead Redemption Two came out in 2018, it was like this is the game of the year. You know what I mean, Colt? Like yes. Red Dead, or uh, you know, so I mean, God of War was the game of the year. I mean, God, God, God of War was, was a close so one. Red Dead, just Red Dead but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> every, you know, every time this discussion comes up, party chat, always the same thing. Me and Colt will be like, Red Dead, and then Dealer will be like, God of War. God of War is one of the best games ever made. Easily. You're comparing Arthur Morgan's bad cough to fucking Kratos? I'm just saying. There was no horseback riding in God of War, though. But there was boat riding. Oh, yeah, there was. There was yeah, a lot yeah. of boat riding. There was boat riding. You went to Cuba in, in Red Dead, though. Sorry, you got to call a spade to spade. God of War, phenomenal experience. Uh, an epic on every level. And surprisingly in depth when it comes to the story as well. So I don't know. It's the best one, Thor game ever made. Mm, uh, Spider Man was so hard. good too. It's it's hard to pick. Not even yeah. close. You know, Spider Man was fun, but that every inch of God of War is just crap. Dealer. I mean, expertly. I got a question for you. Um, I had a, I had a bunch of people DM me in the past couple of weeks, being like, "Rand, is this true? Is this true?" And they send me a picture of this uh, small ass Xbox Series X Elite. Supposedly, and they say, "Is this a leak? Is Microsoft putting out an Xbox Series X Elite in 2023? What's going on?" There? <laughs> I'm still waiting uh, on the Xbox Series B because the X the is a scam. Yeah. Remember, the X is a scam. It doesn't have ray tracing, and it's not very good for racing games. That's do tessellation. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything <laughs> like that. Uh, at least anytime soon. They can't even produce the Series X. You think they're worried about this thing? Unless it's already a revision and prototyping, but. I mean, how how soon? Maybe they're trying to get the system. Not it's let's go digital. It's let's go digital, man. It's the guy that made all the concepts of the PS5 and Xbox Series X and Lockhart. He did all these concept animations. I haven't even seen it. It it looks like a one X with a green stripe on it. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Do you think with the chip shortages, with it really hard to get consoles of any of like switches? Nintendo's talking about how they had problems. The Steam Deck was delayed because they couldn't get uh, components. PlayStation <laughs> looks like it was outsold by Xbox in November and potentially even December because they just couldn't get PlayStations while Microsoft was pumping out Series S's. Mm-hmm. Do you think because of how long the stock shortages will go on, potentially to 2023, that it will extend the life cycle of this generation and maybe sort of force Microsoft and Sony to make a mid-gen refresh in 2025 to kind of extend the light? It would go against their – because I remember Phil talking about this, and they've gone back on things before, but one of the big knocks on the on the 1X over the or the X1 and X1S is they had three dev kits in one, right? We all know that, right? They mm-hmm. developed the dev, development environment to be 
a cohesive thing for developers. They every console in one, they could hit a button and tune for one, then the next, then the next. And one of the things was that most devs didn't have that dev kit. They had the Xbox One, and that was it. And they didn't really want to do a mid-gen refresh last I heard because they didn't want to release another dev kit that creates this this lack of cohesion in the development environment with developers. Like, not everyone will have this uh, this other mid-gen one, and it will create this uh, gap in support, and they'll never really leverage everything. And when you launch everything all at once, like Series S and X, you've got everything from day one, and you can kind of just – developers know what, know what they're in for. They don't got any surprises. They don't got to worry about another version, which there are already so many – I don't think that Microsoft want to do that. Uh, if they are forced to do that, that's, you know, when would they be forced to do that? I guess, you know, they did say that I was going to be the king on the, on the Power Mountain here, but I don't know. I just don't see why they would do it after going through all the trouble to make sure they had everything out there from day one and uh, try to throw everybody off of the Series S. But the chips, though, I mean, Rand, that's like a master, as Gaz would say, a master stroke with uh, how they've got a 20CU box, that they can literally make twice as many of as the Series X. And during a time of a global chip shortage, like to be able to produce more with less than your, your composi- competition is a massive advantage, man. And that's why you got Series S's out there with Series X's, because they can build so many more per console. For what silicon's available, you can do a lot more with a console that needs 20 to use over, over double that with the Series X. So I get that as well. My question to you, Randall, hmm. is how many months do you think the Series S is going to dominate? Because of this, I think I think I talked to Colt about this because I, I was I was talking to him the other day, and I don't think it's a surprise that Series S is selling well for the holidays. People buy stuff, people buy gifts for family members, for kids, and stuff like that, and it is available right in the larger quantities than than either the Series X or either versions of the PlayStation Five. I think I when I told Colt I expected it or. I think demand will taper off for the Series S when you get into January, February, March. When you remember when people were taking photos of it in like, in like August, when someone was like, "I'm at my local uh, supermarket and there's ten Series S's in, in these," uh, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, it's and nobody wants this system." It's because nobody's really buying those systems during those months, and the people that are the target market for Series S's aren't really buying systems throughout the year. However, that target market is buying those systems for the holidays. So I think the demand for Series S will taper off during the regular course of the year, and that's when Microsoft will then uh, will once again focus more on productions of Series Xs because that's what the hardcore gamers will want to buy. So then you'll start seeing the Series Xs sell more during the rest of the year and then it'll flip again for the holidays. When, uh, yeah, I think I think it's less about demand and more about what's smart during a global chip shortage. Sure. No. And, uh, and I think that people like shout out to Brian Harris, longtime listener of I'm sure all yep. of our shows, who have who has just said, you know what, screw it, I can't get a Series X. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get a Series S. And guess what? They're gonna love that console more than they ever thought they would. I'm impressed by it every time I see it. I have one. Uh, Fonz just gave his son one. I did Both see of those that. guys are blown away by it. You should get one too, Rand, just to mess with it and see that little message on the box when you open it. it says, "Hold back next generation with us." You know, well, what was so? What was with what was with what was with the people attacking Fonz's son for having the Series S? Well, like, they're called losers. Oh well, yeah, they are called losers. Yeah. So I mean, they don't have a Series S. They they look and they see these idiots that are zooming in on. Uh, games that are in the 120 frame mode, like most of those guys didn't even think it would be possible to have 120 you know frames what? in any of these consoles. But 
they're the same guys that are trying to take shots at, at games in high frame rate modes. That there's no texture behind that rock, you know. During the meanwhile the meanwhile the the majority of the diehard PC community is playing high fidelity 60 frames at 1080p, which is what the Series S does, like on a lot of games. And they're like, oh, it's old man, you know. I don't want to play at 1080p. It's like, well, guess what? On your PS5, you're playing Guardians of the Galaxy at 1080p 60. So, like. I don't know. They've already shown. They've already shown. They've added ray tracing and everything. Like they've shown that game just isn't super well optimized, and that's not the the common theme on those consoles. Far Cry Six is like 1440p 60 on the Series S. I mean, it's yeah. really good actually, and it's not even using velocity architecture or mesh shaders or FSR or any of these features that I've always talked about being. You know, there's a serious delta there when these these features are leveraged. Um, this is just the beginning, man. Yes, Gordon's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I thought I thought Guardians Galaxy looked amazing. Uh, it does. It, but people weren't talking about it looking like shit until Digital Foundry said it ran at 1080p, and then people were like, wow, right, this looks right. bad. And I'm like, this still looked at the art in that game. Like, I played the first four levels. I'm like, even at 1080p, which, you know, is noticeable on an OLED, and like, that game still is a stunning-looking game, regardless. But I, I need to have those 60 frames, though. Um, you got a few super chats I need to get through. Artemis says, "Will Xbox ever get another Final Fantasy?" That's a good question. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Sony's locking them down for extended periods of time. So, Final Fantasy Sony 16, wants, two years. I Sony wants. Um, I think Sony wants their platform to be associated with Final Fantasy. They always have. Yep. Like yep. Back, going back years and years and years. It's almost like a existential thing for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if you can just expect... If, you, if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you should probably get a PlayStation. Because I don't think Xbox is breaking down that wall anytime soon. But I could be wrong. Crazy thing is money. all the games are on Xbox now, except for the old ones. latest ones. Yeah, every old game. Like, isn't almost every Final Fantasy game is on there except for 7 and 16 coming up? Yeah, pretty much. And they also did a, an amazing backwards compatible port of Final Fantasy 13. Which, uh, look, it look, it looks almost current gen. Like, if you go and play Final Fantasy 13 on backwards compatible, backwards compatibility on Xbox Series X, they did an amazing, yeah, it's a 360 file. Did an amazing job with the backwards compatibility upscaling on that. Uh, it sadly doesn't help the gameplay or the story or any of the, <laughs> of the other stuff about it that sucks, but it, it looks, it's, it looks pretty. Looks pretty. Yeah. Well, let them let them do that, uh, Jez, because guess what? I mean, going forward, Xbox is is turning the tide, as we've all seen. We've all heard so many of these media guys flip flopping on their own opinions from six months ago, even um, over this. Like, Xbox is going to be the place where people go for value and, and things like Game Pass, and that user base is going to increase. And if Square Enix want to make these stupid deals and limit themselves and let these other, in my opinion, far better RPGs get more shine anyway. What's your three decapitates every Final Fantasy combined, in my opinion? I don't care. You know, let let those guys stay over there and do what they want to do. If they want to find a, a bigger audience and, and kind of begin building something in a Western audience-based console, then they can start doing that. But if you want to stay over there on the PlayStation and just kind of do the same thing, then that's their choice, right? Let them. I mean, yeah. I, I, I am bothered, really, because, as you know, I've said to Ron before when I said on the show that Final Fantasy VII like the original, not the remake. The original is one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably the game that sort of took gaming from a, a hobby into a sort of passion for me when I was a little kid. But the modern Final Fantasy games have all been trash. 
like, let's just be completely honest and frank. With the exception of Final Fantasy fourteen. But um Final Fantasy like basically since Final Fantasy ten the series has fallen you off. You didn't like Final Fantasy fifteen, Backstreet Boys are back alright? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was awful, man. It was it wasn't awful, but Frank it was called me, he cried during the uh, the dance solo. It wasn't a Final Fantasy game for me. It was just <sighs> The game played itself, man. I hate, and it's like Final Fantasy Thirteen as well. It's kind of played itself. Really boring games. I don't know. I got the Marlboro in Final Fantasy Fifteen. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be an epic boss fight, and it was like, oh my god, it's so easy, brain dead. And I finished that game, so I can say that, all right? Yeah. So, so I, I reviewed it. I think. I think I gave it seven yeah. out of ten. Mm. I think, which was a outlying opinion. I think. The Miami Magpie in chat says, High tide raises all ships, which is very true. Uh, Christopher Jetster says, What are your opinions on PlayStation not having any next gen first party exclusives for 2022? Um, well, I mean, that's a turnaround from the whole uh, We Believe in Generations thing. Like, geez, I remember that was the whole thing for six months. And then it turns out Xbox will actually have, like, Starfield, Redfall. Forza Motorsport presumably will all be next-gen only, while God of War and Grand Turismo 7. 7 and Horizon Grand will be PS4. Um, I, think cross, I think this will be the last year. I think cross-gen ends basically 2022. Like, I think that's when everybody moves on. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't. I, I, we, maybe there's other games that Sony has that are going to be PS5 only. I mean, we'll have to see. But their biggest games are also coming on PS4. Um, and I don't really think that's that big of a deal. I mean, Halo Infinite was cross-gen. Forza Horizon 5 is one of the best-looking games out there, and it's cross-gen. Yep. You know, so yep. I don't think I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, at the end of the day, also it's business, right? They need to make money and. Uh, not a lot of people can get the Series X or PS5s right now, so it just makes business sense to put them on as many platforms as they possibly can. So what do you think is their messaging, though, when they lie to everybody? Oh, yeah. you know, their messaging is another thing, which is the only reason anyone even gives them crap over it, but, yeah, Ren's right. Uh, if a platform doesn't need to progress or, or a game doesn't need to leave a platform because of its game design, which is what doesn't scale, then God of War can exist on a PS4 Pro and look phenomenal. Yes, and Shakespeare agrees with you. So, <laughs> I didn't hear him. Yeah, no, he's, he's barking up a storm. Uh, Flame says the 25 billion numbers from a fake graph last year that was ready to bunk by Zhuge on Twitter that was false. No, Sony made a good amount of money. I think it was close to 25 million. It was they had 10 cent at 13, and 10 cent, if you've been following the industry, is number one. They make more money than Sony. Um, so what, were, so, what, what was the answer with Zhuge? Because he said this keeps getting shared around and it's not true. But I never saw, like, where was the true information? I, I don't think he provided the true information. But, like, it was like Sony was number one at $25 billion and, like, Tencent was two at 13 But like Microsoft's number three or something. Well, like, yeah. Nintendo was three and the Microsoft was four. But from what I know, or at least from what I remember, Tencent's, like, number one by, like, a lot. Like, they make the most. And then it's PlayStation, and then it's Nintendo and Microsoft. So, yeah. Uh, Facebook, you, know, you know that. What? Go ahead. Well, you, you, I was just going to say that that uh, <laughs> Xbox really seriously does not, and it's not like a, a deflection, but Xbox does not look at PlayStation as their competitor. It really is true. And I've heard it from uh, people that know. 
I don't know, whatever. I mean, Phil's even said that in interviews. You know? Yeah, and I've I've heard it uh, from other people that work with him. So so they're worried about they're worried about Google and Amazon. They're not worried about PlayStation. So well, anyway, I think I think Xbox itself competes with PlayStation, but Microsoft surely does not see Sony as competition. No, no, to Microsoft they're not. But I don't I don't even care. I just want good games, and yeah. uh, we all want quality games, and that's it's kind of what's starting to roll in, which is which is awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, face of a. I just want more Souls likes. Starfield. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even care about the generous. That, nah, I'm taking over this podcast now. You take over. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. I don't even care about other genres. Just give me more souls like. Look, this know. is a fact. Yeah, you my... will come out of this. We we. Have I will not. Money. You will. I will not. It's an addiction now. This is this is this is my life now. They don't like the word addiction now. Oh, they, they don't. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say games are addictive. Nope. You're not. Uh, you're not allowed to yeah, say that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Kind of weird. That's why my Forza Horizon 5 review did horribly that uh, Xbox struck it. Yeah. They want you yeah. to they want you to experience <laughs> the power of play. A play. Ugh. Everyone's addicted to endorphins, man. They can't they yeah, can't but not Xbox biology. doesn't want to be held responsible for people uh, you know, not mowing their lawn or oh, shaving man. the balls. Yeah, it's, it's just I don't think I'm ever mowing the balls. Speaking of shaving the balls, shaving your balls, man. Oh, so that's B2. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Holidays might be over, but you shouldn't stop shaving your balls. I ain't getting paid. Code XP2 in the... XP2, <laughs> you know, um, speaking of not mowing your lawn, has any, have, any, have any of you guys tried lawnmower simulator? <laughs> no, Jez. Uh, <laughs> I heard it looks really 60, bad, but I heard it's... Uh, 60 frames, really... I mean... 60 frames, yeah. <laughs> no? 60 frames? Did you really sit down and play that, Jez? It's a, uh, it's a Matt Stella said that it was like super therapeutic, and he couldn't stop playing it. I want. I'm gonna. I tried it. I tried it a bit, but it was a bit rough when I tried it. I might try it again. Mm. But it's uh, not. It's not a Souls like. It could be a Souls like. I guess. I don't know. You know what is oh a Souls like in terms of its lack of innovation is that uh, Serious Sam, <laughs> whatever it's called. Serious Sam. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. It innovates in running on one thread. Uh, when you shoot an enemy, the frames drop. Like Does it? Um, I heard they uh, actually Kitsu said they've been patching it. It's getting better, so. But I don't think I'm gonna like the game anyway. What was that super you had? Uh, Face four nineteen, the man with a million. Face added you and said, "Cold Starfield is a new IP. It's not known. It's not established, and it will not have the same impact as Fallout 4." Oh shit! So he's he's right, he's right about that, I think. But um, that will market it by saying. From the creators of Fallout and Elder Scrolls. They're already marketing it pretty hard. It will have a bigger impact. Todd Howard already said it's in Game Pass. Skyrim in space. So he already said basically that uh, the enjoyment you got in Skyrim, they've tried to translate that immersion and that RPG feel into the space opera. So oh, anybody man. who uh, doesn't want to admit Inject they... Inject it into my veins. Yeah, that, that'll break the Fallout fire the Starfield probably. Yeah, it just feels like It'll have a bigger impact because of the fact it's on Game Pass and all that stuff. You guys just saw Horizon 5 do 7 million or whatever it was in the first week. Like, I know Fallout's huge, but, I mean, Game Pass. 10 million. Pass, did 10 million. 10 million. Game and th- I think it's over 13. Fallout, it's over 13 Fallout, million now. Yeah. Fallout 3 and uh, and New Vegas were big, huge games, but they were also a bit decisive. Like, there are a lot of gamers who wanted nothing to do with Fallout. So... It's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, Starfield is a big, huge RPG. It's a brand-new IP, so it has quite a just for that. So, I mean, time will t- We don't have to wait that long to see. Uh, Lucius 
says, that list that came out showing the top ten biggest video game companies based on revenue is fake. Just lies being spread by Sony guys since April. Yeah, I did see him spreading it on Twitter. Dark CMF says, Jim is easily frustrated. He only dances to his drum beat. Phil fires up the band, and Jim gets frazzled. Okay. Okay. Shout to Dark. Uh, the Wise Old Gamer says, It Takes Two is so good that it made my kids convince my wife and I to get a divorce. Hopefully now I can stop playing with dolls and become one. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, man, welcome to the rest of your life. Yes. Uh, Dead Planet says, Elder Scrolls and Fallout are both household names. How does Xbox get the word out to casual audience that Starfield is the next one? Uh, having marketing spend is how they need to do that. Um, which they are, they are marketing quite a bit. I've seen concept videos. I think they just did like a, a sit down with, um, that, that, that Cole, you covered that video, right? Where, where Todd Howard sat down with a couple people and talked about it. And they're actually yeah. talking more about Starfield in the lead up to launch than they were talking about Halo Infinite, it seems like. They can talk all they want. They need to show gameplay so you can have an idea what that game's going to feel and, and look like behind the controls. Once they do that and you feel like I'm going to get that Skyrim Fallout mix in a build your own character and spaceship and explore a galaxy, like that's where that game's going to take off. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. Yeah. Uh, so McKinney says, "Where's? Hold on, I got to say something real quick. Say it. This this whole thing about uh, you know bug Thesda, bug Thesda and Fallout seventy six is the be all end all and and the poster child of what X what Bethesda is like. This is like coping mechanisms to the nth degree, I think, because I saw it so much because that video took off where I covered for Starfield and and uh, their upcoming games like that. A lot of people are just like, I don't want anything to do with." Starfield because Fallout 76 burned me. It's like, it's so asinine to approach Bethesda like that when you know for two decades you'd loved all of their games. Like, I just see that so much. Well, I, people I think, understand that ZeniMax were literally cashing in milk and we don't got to go into detail on all this again, but I mean, that's up to them right. to figure out on their own and you can't, there's too many of them to sit there and correct all of them, but at the end of the day, you take a product for what it is and you don't judge. Um, you know, Rocksteady's racing games or whatever, and, and take that into account on their Batman games, right? You just kind of take each product for what it is, and it takes two, two as a prime example. I think that is – I can't believe it's made by the same dude. I thought a that way made, out was so that made a way out. crash in certain, in certain areas. And compared to uh, it takes two, I think it's a different caliber. It's hard to believe it's the same guy to me. So just take each product for what it is, and right off the work, take the microphone and, and just give us uh, your real thoughts on what you had for breakfast today. Uh, I actually just ordered some from Dunkin' Donuts. I had a, a <laughs> steak, egg, and cheese uh, with the bagel before the show. I needed some That's energy. Perfect. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was actually pretty good. Did you slap some Flintstones vitamins in between the egg and the cheese and let it all simmer and melt together? No, no. I um, <laughs> Like the past, I, I was, I was, I was telling or something. I was t- Wait, I, you told me they talk about Chick-fil-A on the show. I wanted to segue. Who talks about Chick-fil-A? <laughs> Someone's around. Did you write the stream? Huh? Round, round, round. Did you write the stream? Why? The stream. The chat sign. The stream's broken. Uh, I mean, we're still live, but it it went and had me watch a uh, ad, and I skipped it, and it was. I mean, it's it's live on my end. I was getting a notification from YouTube that there was uh, buffering uh, problems, but 
Uh, I'm still getting the stream right now. Yeah, I mean it's still yeah, the stream's still live, but you uh, a, bu- a bunch of people dropped off have to rejoin. Yeah, I did see yeah, a, a, a bunch of people. We had like 1,200 people, then it dropped really quickly to 900, and then it got back up to 1,100 and dropped back down. I can see that in the analytics of the stream. So, That's strange. Now it's 450 on my screen. Oh yeah, yeah it says 450 man. watching now. So there was another. Hey. Yeah. Hey, all of y'all hit the like button on your way in and out. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you get. A, can you get to your window and see if there's like a raging storm going outside? Uh, we are supposed to be getting a uh, storm tonight. It so, is pretty easy out your window theory. right now, or are you wearing pants? Uh, I'm not wearing anything right now. That's, that, 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 that's, that's the thing. Does have YouTube Premium. Um, you know what's funny? Rand has YouTube Premium, so he doesn't have to see ads, but... One of the reasons why I haven't seen, uh, I haven't added YouTube Premium, because I like to know where ads are and when they are and what kind of ads are dropping on. Screw so, that! I, I, I like, I get so sick of going to a video I and get want to buy rewards. Join the Domino's app. Like, shut up! I pay the ten, <laughs> I pay the ten dollars a month or whatever it is for YouTube Premium, uh, and it's well worth it because the amount. Yeah, of, I agree, Randall. I joined the YouTube Premium train, and now I know who has the uh, Badger Steel app running on their uh, 